0: Well, we may be mere days away from Dom becoming a complete asshole, but we're here to talk gibberish, aren't we, Dom? Uh, why? Why am I an asshole? Uh, for those of you not, you know, Dom has upgraded himself, and for his cell phone.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I switched from the the BlackBerry because mm-hmm. apparently. I was, BlackBerry phones aren't cool anymore. The kids ain't down. The kids ain't down with the Blackberries no more. I challenge you to remember
0: when and I when
1: a BlackBerry was cool. I think Blackberries were cool when people seen them in movies back in the early, <laughs> back in the late nineties, early two thousands.
0: Like maybe during the Matrix. Maybe that's. No, that's when them. you had the
1: Nokia Sliders. That's yeah. when they were cool. But yeah, I've recently upgraded to the iPhone XR. It is a, it's a pretty good phone, but I have, two, major gripes with it. One, mm-hmm. you can't just put music on it. Right. You can't just uh, I mean uh, what phone are you rocking? You're rocking the Huawei Honor, Honor 10, Honor 10. You could plug that into your computer right now and just drag and drop songs over. Yes. I have to buy all my shit through iTunes, which by the way Apple just can. Oh, that's fucking Apple great. just shut down iTunes. Well, motherfucker. <laughs> They've moved it onto their subscription service. I think you can tell yeah, Spotify it to. Yeah, I've still got Spotify. That's where my music yeah. comes from, but I like to customize my phone. I've had the same ringtone since Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Come and get your love by Redbone. Yeah, I, I want to keep that as my ringtone I had to pay a pound to get it on, on this phone Shit. and I as a huge Street Fighter fan I like having my text message tone being the Hadoken noise that Ryu makes in Street yeah. Fighter 2 I had to pay 99 pence for that not a fan of that but apart from that everything else with the phone is great it loads hella quick compared yeah. to my BlackBerry uh, I still use the BlackBerry because this thing is a thirsty motherfucker the mm-hmm. battery, if I listen to Spotify when I'm sleeping it would chew through a lot of battery, so i just turn this off, Blackberry still works, I use Spotify through that to listen to music while I am sleeping. the Blackberry still functions as my alarm. Right. But, uh, and also, I can't use headphones with it, there's no headphone port. There's no headphone jack. And, which leads me on to the second point, the headphones that they give you are utter garbage. Well, see,
0: this is where we're gonna, this is where Dom will become an asshole in about a couple days from now. Because I'm going to start looking into some
1: wireless options, aren't you? Though I've already got wireless options. I've got my uh, Skullcandy True Wireless earbuds. I'm not looking at the AirPods because that's where I was going with this. I was if going the, with the AirPods or anything like the actual wired headphones that they give you, I'm not using them because at any point it, they feel so loose in your ear. Because I'm used to wearing the earbuds that you get with the little plastic bit on it. Yeah, it goes in. That go in the ear and it's secure. And especially yeah. on my Skullcandy Indies, they've got the other little rubber bit that fits into this the top part area. Mm-hmm. So that it's nice and secure. I've been out jogging with them. Been at the gym with them solid don't fall out yeah did the same thing with the wired uh iphone head uh, headphones and they're fucking awful <laughs> i took them out for a, i took my dog out for a walk that lets you know the speed that i was going at it was just a nice walk along I had spud next to me and every so often spud wait put the headphone back in they feel <laughs> fucking awful so i <laughs> i've left them in the box never to be touched again because they are so fucking bad yeah
0: I just I'm waiting. I was waiting for you coming in today with the with the little tusks at the side of the head that let you know you're a complete asshole. No, the I would never of wear that far. Unironically wearing those, like it started off as kind of like one or two people had it as a joke when they first launched. Now it's just a commonly accepted thing. You can just wear those in public, like it's not a big deal. Yeah. You look like a fucking twat. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I have the uh, the the two wireless headphones, but I will never buy a pair of earpo- uh, AirPods just because of the because it's the same type of headphone. Yeah, it's just wire. They just cut the wire off. They just cut the wire off. Speaking of cut the wire off, certain people in my university have been getting the wired iPhone headphones I and mean, be cutting the wire off so it looks like they have AirPods in. I've seen that done as a joke. <laughs> people do it because it's cool. It's the same remember when uh, the 3D cinema first became a big thing and yeah. people were buying those 3D glasses? Yeah. Then after the cinema they'd poke the, the the 3D lenses out and just wear them as nerd glasses. I've never seen that done. But I can imagine it happening. It happened quite a lot, and I see quite a few people going, "Oh, wear glasses now." Those are that says real three D on the side. <laughs> Fucking take them off. <laughs> Stop appropriating my spectacled culture, fucker. <laughs>
0: it's culture cultural appropriation of fucking fake
1: glasses it just pissed me off it? Why? I mean that's why whenever I see Bernie on Rooster Teeth I always kind of bugs me like, I can there's no lenses there take the fucking glasses off <laughs> he tried it he said
0: that he did it a while back by the way uh, Rip Bernie uh, he's he's done with the RT podcast he's yeah. stepping back uh, so there's a lot of Things going on changing at Rishteeth. Fuck touching up the 10 foot pole. Um, but he is stepping away from doing the RT podcast and will be us. But I mean, he gets to do what he wants. He's working on stuff. Yeah. He'll maybe make appearances from time to time. He made no promises about that, which yeah. I like because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you know, I'll just be around the corner and oh, I can maybe pop in if you yeah. need me. But I'm done. But he was like, no, I, I probably won't show up until a couple maybe big events. I can not um, understand why, though. He's yeah. just. How old is this son? Mid. Blessing is he's mid for he is mid forties. Yeah, mid forties. Married. Uh he's he's had two kids with his first wife. Yeah. They're now eighteen and sixteen, I think. Mm-hmm. And he has now just had a like a, a baby with his second wife. Yeah. If he wants to step away from being a social media influencer, yeah. which is a game predominantly run by like the kids, yeah. I don't blame him in any way. I I look at that and say that's a smart career move. Yeah. But uh yeah, and yeah. you've got
1: to imagine he's quite active with all the facets of Rooster Teeth. Yeah, he likes to get involved with quite a lot of things. You'll see him, he'll, he'll pop up in the Rooster Teeth shorts. You'll see him occasionally in the Rooster Teeth Life shorts, that kind of thing. So, taking a step back to focus on other things, I'd say it's a smart move.
0: But the, the glasses thing, like he got the, he got, I think he got LASIK surgery. He yeah. got contacts put in and he, he likes wearing them more than glasses. But he was so used, to, people were so used to seeing him with the glasses or were so used to glasses as being part of his personality yeah. and his, his face put the, the like the lenses out the glasses and just wore the frames for a while and it was just as a like a comfort for yeah. the people uh who watched
1: the show every week and you know like, eh, i guess it's kind of nice to do that i suppose it's all if if you're seen as that you know that guy with the glasses you can maybe just stare into that for a bit longer yeah it's a weird one um i actually from
0: last week i promised a show starter a show stopper yeah. Just before we forget, before we get too stuck into this. Yeah. Now, last week we talked a little bit about it uh, was uh, Bill Maher versus James Corden with yeah. the whole fat people thing, yeah. and I weirdly enough found an appropriate uh, weird story about fat people. Okay. Uh, this is the story of Khalid bin Mozin Shari uh, from Saudi Arabia, who was the world's largest living man, weighing 610 kilos, clocking in at 1,340 pounds for those using the freedom uh, measurement. Guess how much weight he lost. What's that in stone? Uh well,
1: so 610 kilo. What's 610 kilo, you said, right? 610. 610. I mean, I'm... It's over 100 stone? I'm... Well over 100. Yeah, well over 100, because I'm... Probably 110. ...17, or I'm 16 or something, and that's 195, like, 95 or 100 or something. Yeah. So, uh, fucking hell.
0: So, he he clocks in roughly about a couple hundred kilos, or a couple hundred stone. Fuck. Um... He got his weight down to 70 kilos.
1: Jesus Christ. At how? one
0: point, he was weighing 68 kilos, which is about 10% of his body weight, 10-11% of his body weight. Yeah, like We've both lost drastic amount of weight at yeah. some point in life. You feel fucking great. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how much... If you can still remember how much you used to weigh, like your body kind of has a weird memory of like, I oh, yeah. used to move like this, like it used to weigh this much. Can you imagine how that guy must have felt? He must yeah. have been like permanently just on X stage. Oh, my God, yeah. everything... Oh, it's every- the colours are brighter
1: I <laughs> yeah, Can you imagine, I mean, when you're that bigger size, you need to take more air in. You, your, your lungs need more oxygen. Can you imagine that first breath of air after yeah. you've lost all that? which was just, oh, I don't need as much air anymore oh. I can run quicker that guy's probably running miles
0: in seconds now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just has the, the the muscle capability to move 610 kilos but in a in a 60 kilo yeah, body like, he, this guy's fucking at man <laughs> <Do you laughs> he sh- can levitate
1: <laughs> he probably can he's probably just like walking about like I, I have all this energy
0: now <laughs> he you're asking how he did it and it was because when he was hospitalised uh, because at a certain point, you cannot care for yourself, you get hospitalised. He was put on, if tried to get him on like a kind of calorie-restrictive diet, doing light exercise. And if you're that heavy, when you do a tiny amount of exercise, it reaps massive amounts of benefit. Mm. You can do literal just arm raises and drop weight. If you put a small weight in your hand and do the arm raises, you just start flying weight off your body. But of course, there's so much weight to yeah. lose, it doesn't seem like much. But um, the Saudi king, uh, Abdullah, was at one point touring the hospital saw him in the bed and was like oh fucking hell no <laughs> <laughs> you're not like this is this, this thing is when you're that fat you become famous for being fat Yeah. and if somebody goes oh he's that fat guy from this country if you're the king of that country you probably go wait this guy is a representative of my people and he's a representative because he's fat what the absolute hey, shit is I'm going on i none of that so uh King Abdullah stepped in gave him personal trainers diets best uh, nutritionalists in the world and he just hammered them to drop the weight and that was his sole goal like he was basically just financed by the king lose that fucking weight it's it's is inappropriate yeah <laughs> he, <laughs> do
1: you bring the nation the, the, the reputation of my nation into
0: disrepute yeah. but he uh he holds the world record for uh the most weight lost um however he's not the heaviest man in history because once you start this rabbit hole you can't fucking stop
1: who's the heaviest man in history then if 610 kilos is not the heaviest man in history it's,
0: it is in a weird way like it's not that far off but then you remember in what part of Britain did they stay in <laughs> <laughs> close <laughs> when you think about like the, the scale of the weights involved like it doesn't seem like that much but then you remember what we're about to talk about is effectively a 25 kilo plate so imagine carrying a 25 kilo plate that's the difference between the world's heaviest men mm. but also remember that these people are at 600 kilos which is what like 12 of those uh, is it 12 of those plates I think so yeah we're about mm. that weight uh, no no it's more than that um, 24 so imagine carrying 24 <laughs> <laughs> 25 kilo plates and then adding another one on top of it like how did he obviously this is the reason they're hospitalised you could not physically fucking move under that yeah weight. heaviest man in history is John Burr Minnoch of uh, Washington State at his peak weight he uh, was 635 kilos Fuck fucking Christ he actually cut it down to 216 which was the world record until uh, yeah. the Gavin Saudi Arabia Weird thing, I like. There were some stats about uh like his life because when this happened, it was in the like nineteen hundreds. So people were like this is a medical marvel, in a way, in a in a kind of like freak show kind of way, and uh, so people started documenting this. And at age twelve, he was one hundred and thirty three kilos. Fucking hell. Heavier than I have ever been. <laughs> yeah. At age twelve, um, there's no record of his height, which is kind of weird. Um, I, but I'm, I I made some guesstimates, and he died at six foot one. Uh, so I'm guessing he was between five six and five ten. Uh when he was at twenty-two, uh he was six foot uh six foot one, clocking in at two hundred and forty kilos. He lived to be forty-one. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. And there's uh there's there's a couple of photographs of the guy and it's horrifying. Like he, he can't stand at mm. all. Like he's just he's slumped in a chair and he's just kind of happy with himself. Like, what are you happy about? Okay, why are you happy? Um he was hospitalized at the age of 36 uh, after cardiac and respiratory failure. Wonder why. Yeah, wonder um, how that happened. And uh, This is probably where he weighed in at about 600 plus kilos. Uh, where he, and then he married his wife, who weighed 50 kilos. They had two kids. How? No, just how. No, just I don't know. know just know, how, but no, but no, 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 but no, no how. I'm no. not
1: going to try and work that out. I don't want the image in my head... I uh, imagine someone trying to bang Jabba the Hut. No, I don't <laughs> want that image. <injured>
0: <laughs> it's literally Jabba the Hutt and slave Leia. <laughs> Thanks, Tom.
1: <laughs> Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. That's how you died. <laughs>
0: Cr- crushed by Jabba's
1: titty. <laughs> Jabba got one ball coat and broke a leg.
0: She suffocated Charlie after. Um, but there there was a guy. I was say when you have these type of people, mm. it becomes a, a study. You you, yeah. you gotta figure out why this is happening. Uh, there was a, a man named uh, Robert Schwartz who studied endocrinology which is the study of hormones and metabolism mm. and he estimated that 400 kilos of John's body was extracellular fluid so it's not actually cells, it's not mass it's just this weird product, like, this kind of waste product that builds up in the gap between like the cells and mm. like cavities in the body there was so much of it uh, that he had a condition called edema it might be edema or edema it's E-D-E-M-A uh, which is the buildup of the fluid, and if you Google this, which I obviously did, mm-hmm. you find that uh, pictures of people sticking their like thumbs into fat people, and then pulling the thumb out, and then the hole is still just kind of there. <laughs> it's, it's fucking horrifying. You look at it and you go, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't yeah. have done that. Why did I Google this thing?" I
1: mean, at what point? when you're gaining all this weight and you realise that your grandkids or your children come up and they can prod you and it, the indent stays there like fucking Play-Doh, do you realise you need to start losing some weight and here's the thing, the image that they take like the the,
0: the first Google image, I think it's the one on the Wikipedia page hmm. that is of this uh, edema condition, is on someone's shin there's a whole ass thumbprint in someone's shin and it's like hmm. a good inch and a bit deep if someone did that to my titty and it stuck, like somebody pushed the hand into like my my chest and it didn't pop back out immediately, I would be screaming on the phone to the NHS.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I would. I think if that happened to me, I would find whatever way I could to just run until the weight fell off.
0: I do, I, I just don't know what I, I I cannot imagine being that fat. But the, the showstopper no. was going to be get to the fucking gym. <laughs> <laughs> I just when I I Google these stories and I research and I I do bits and pieces. I, I come across some stuff that I, it just really refines how I look at humanity. Yeah, this one's definitely a motivating story for me. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but it's just something terrifying about the idea that you weigh enough to crush a a full like
1: you weigh enough as some smaller commercial vehicles. I'm pretty sure that guy weighs the same amount as a Fiat 500. I looked, or like, he's not far off.
0: The reason I looked into this was, uh, do you remember the there was that ape? creature from asia that kind of trampled into north america uh gigantopithecus yeah it's basically a giant orangutan i was like how big did that get and i was wondering wait how big is that animal versus or how big gigantopithecus versus the biggest human hmm. and i was like oh wait we we outclassed that thing at least by a double <laughs> like the heaviest that thing could have weighed was about 200 kilos and again it's 200 kilos a monkey it's not 200 kilos a person. yeah where people just get fat it's 200 kilos of I'm just going to go rip a tree in half <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's 200 kilos of I need to swing from tree to tree or I need to fight my way through things
0: yeah and I was just comparing the two sizes and I'm like I'm so, the gigantopithecus issue is interesting mm. but at the same time we have these massive mega humans that are just yeah. a whole other species I,
1: yeah, I think I, I think it, it comes down to more of when you have fat acceptance and you're happy being that weight and it's not causing you mental health issues or not mental health issues physical health issues mm sure by all means you do you that's the whole message of this show you do you but when it's causing you to be hospitalised because you physically can't move how can you look at yourself in whatever double sized fucking mirror that you're looking at and thinking I'm happy because you're fucking killing yourself by eating too much
0: I just wonder about like the respiratory failure how how does your chest how does your diaphragm have enough force to push up even like a fraction of that weight obviously not all that weight will be on your chest yeah, but imagine just like I know how big my ribcage can get and stuff like there's a certain limit to sizes of the body I just can't imagine being able to basically bench press that much weight yeah. with just my diaphragm you have got
1: to imagine the, the act of breathing gets them out of breath because like you said there's mm. just all the weight and most of your weight is would be caught around your chest because that's where the stomach is and that's where all the fat tends to leak mm. to come from it's literally you're bench pressing what 400 and something odd kilos every time you're breathing out and in yeah it's nah
0: it's terrifying it's, it it's a very perspective shift and it, it's a good motivator for if you're wondering I wonder if I could just give up and just you know get a bit fat yeah, get a bit podgy no. nah I'm, I'm keep, done with that thought that thought used to exist for a while like what if I just kind of gave up and yeah. didn't work out and um, i like you need nope. to keep active
1: <laughs> and I mean that's what, my, that's what my doctor told me I don't have any major weight issues or anything like that I, pe- I have personal weight issues because I don't like how heavy I am right now mm. No, like, I'm not over. I'm not overweight to the extent where I'm like being a crutch or anything like that. But I'm just enough overweight where I notice it and I don't like it. Yeah. But having conversations back and forth with my doctor because I recently found out that I have exercise-induced asthma, oh. which basically means that uh, for every like, every set of exercise that I do, I need to take my inhaler. So before train, before rugby training, I need to take a puff of the inhaler. After, take a puff of the inhaler. Uh, in between halves at a game, I need to take the inhaler and it was basically I had that thought was well if I stop exercising maybe it'll go away and the doctor said that is probably the worst thing that you could do <laughs> and I said how he said because you're exercising right now you're exercising at least twice a week because you're training in games if you stop that now your asthma is going to get worse to the point where if you walk upstairs you're going to be panting for breath and I was like okay so hammer the training is what you're saying like, well don't go too hard because yeah. <laughs> your, your heart just might give up. But uh, yeah, keep keep your training going. Maybe add in a, a gym session. Maybe do some light cardio, that kind of things. So, right? Okay. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. It, it's true. It's the kind of traditional weight loss suggestions of, it, you don't need to go all out. Yeah, you don't, don't do need that. To go ham.
1: Don't stop. You don't need just, to go CrossFit wanker. Yeah, don't go, go
0: CrossFit wanker. Fucking <laughs> love that.
1: <laughs> you do don't I'm, need to lift the. If you want to get in shape often the simpler techniques w- are what work like doing deadlifts that's all you need to do squats that's all you need to do you don't need to do a the, the like the cleaning jerk onto a squat hold the bar behind you then do another squat and put the bar down that is just unnecessary levels of fatigue that you're putting your body through just do the regular squats or do the cleaning jerk you yeah. don't need to combine exercises
0: I, I know it. there's there's the idea of progress like we need to make progress and try new things yeah but did you ever stop to consider why Olympic style weightlifting been around for centuries
1: (laughs) (laughs) why no one tried to improve that formula
0: why when we get something that's really good and we test it for decades and decades and decades and no one's head fucking explodes because of it we go okay we'll put that on the list that's the approved list and the CrossFit guys are trying it but at the same time we are already seeing you guys buckle and break in the
1: long term that's why I don't buy into all those uh, you remember the insanity workouts like P90X, and yeah, P90X and stuff like that. P ninety xi and I don't buy into those.
0: They're just high in, high intensity interval training. Yeah. I, I think they're they probably do work and I've seen a lot of people who have their own personal like weight loss story. Yeah. And I think that might be per 50 on like them uh, them actually putting effort into the, the, the workout. Yeah. But I do I do think those will probably work if you can get the right set of movements that don't result in like damage and strain on ligaments yeah. and injuries and stuff. And I think you could make it work. It just depends on what exercise you're doing. It's the intensity that matters as much as anything. I was like the, the lack of or the the lack of breaks. You just constantly pushing your body faster yeah. and faster and faster. Those I, I I do think those would work, but when you have something like crossfit where it's a weird it's a multi part movement yeah. where you're putting stress on different joints and muscles and stuff yeah. at the same time. That I'm like ah oh, you're getting kind of risky there, mate.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't buy into crossfit. It just seems it seems like you're putting your body under way too much stress. You're probably going to get more of a benefit from the workout itself if you just yeah. stick to the simpler shit. Then maybe. You know, build up, just build up the weight slowly. Try a new exercise instead of, you know. Do you know one weight combining line? squats and kettlebells and shit like that?
0: Do you know one uh, one kind of uh, like gym thing I've started using because I've moved gym from like the thousands of pieces of equipment up at one gym to the much more local, much more simple uh, gym down the road, mm. and uh, I've started using battle ropes.
1: Oh, dude, those things are awesome. Those are
0: fun, but I fucking hate them. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, you
1: hate them, but you just. It, it works it works out because i've yeah. recently th- gone back to uh, the excite gym because i'm a student and i got a discount <laughs> you jammy fucker for another two years uh, yeah. and doing the battle ropes the way i do it, it's just the usual sort of alternating arms but i hold it in a kind of squat yeah and if i want to alternate it i can do half squat full squat yeah. doing the full squat that for 10 minutes fucks you up everything yeah. is
0: everything is so tight and ex- you're just exhausted by any of it and i, I just do um 30 on 30 off and yes. it's Thirty alternating but like four sets of that. Yeah. Thirty on, thirty off, and then switch to I, I should
1: clarify for anyone else who's wondering that's thirty sets, not thirty minutes. <laughs> no no no, no.
0: <laughs> so it's just thirty seconds, just bah, 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 yeah. left right, left, right. And then uh, you go to immediately you just keep doing that thirty seconds on the watch mm. and then you switch to double arms. By the time you're finished the double arms, you're just it's spite. It's fuck yeah. you battle ropes I will fucking snap you you piece of shit there's a reason why they usually
1: play music over the top of people doing battle ropes because you hear fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> it's to
0: hide from YouTube
1: censorship <laughs> <laughs> Fucking motherfucking
0: motherfucking although it's even you see like a guy who's been doing it for decades it's fucking nuts yeah. they'll have like a 50 meter battle rope and, just about, and you'll just see it waving like I maybe it's just the speed I'm playing the video at but there's something about watching do like alternating battle ropes mm. it looks you're like, what the shit is this it looks like an oscilloscope of someone having a seizure what
1: Fuck! I did. I did see someone try to do both ropes with one hand. So like, the ropes are kind of chunky. Yeah, he like, had this weird grip on it, so he was kind of holding it like that. Yeah, I was like what the hell are you trying to do? And I just kind of watched him because I was waiting from waiting to get onto the battle ropes. And he did one set, lost control, <laughs> lost <laughs> one rope, and smashed his phone because his phone was off to the side like that. He held one rope in his hand; the other rope just went crack right on top of his phone. Now stopped. You fucking fought, you asshole.
0: If you could hold, like, if I'm, I'm obviously use my hands, not great at podcasting, but I'm just holding the hands out, yeah. and you can imagine both of them sitting in the same position. But Dom's hand did a weird thing where he was like splitting the fingers to wrap around yeah, the
1: individual ropes. It was kind of. Have you ever been carrying two tins of beer or something like that? And yeah. You kind of do that weird grip where you use your top two fingers to hold one, bottom two to kind of grab hold the, the other. other one. Yeah. Yeah, or if you are carrying, and you've got stuff in between your fingers, it was tr- he was kind of doing that and. As his smashed phone and very <laughs> sore foot told him afterward, that's not the way to fucking do it. Because there's the grip at the end of it. Yeah. It's usually tape or some kind of hard plastic. The that's ones after. I'm using, have got rubber and it's
0: shit. It, it slips up my hand yeah. every time. Yeah. I just
1: grab the rope. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, but uh, you get some really, really nasty calluses afterward. But you need those calluses to do the really fucking sweet calluses. <laughs> yeah, that's why I fucking love doing the. the I think they caught the Olympic bar with the deadlift. Uh, there's the hex bar. The hex which, bar. The, that's the hex the bar
0: because the Olympic bar is just it's a straight yeah.
1: bar. If you just doing deadlifts in general, if you get the good, if you get the right grip on the bar, and you just get those nice calluses afterward.
0: Yeah. An Olympic bar is a slightly thicker, yeah. uh, like just straight bar. Yeah. And so it I, can carry it. it's it's more load bearing. So there's less wobble snap. as well. Yeah. Have you been watching Eddie
1: Hall stuff? Uh, not really. No. Eddie Hall is the one know, of the world's
0: strongest of men. i oh, just just yep. for the audience, but Eddie Hall is uh the one of the world's strongest men. He is responsible for the heaviest deadlift in history, uh, five hundred mm. kilos. Five hundred k, yeah. And you watch that video and you're like. Dude, what the flying fuck am I watching? Yeah. It is absurd, and it's it's the fact that he lifts it, holds it there. Like normally, you would just take that and just re- finish that rep as fast as humanly possible. He has it in his hands, looks everyone in the eye, and then sets it down. Yeah, it is a fucking obscene display of power. Doesn't he fall back immediately though? No, like he puts it down, he drops to his knee like that. You probably, I don't think he drops back. But he,
1: he handles it like a fucking champ. Like, yeah. <laughs> you in fact, no, I remember the clip you're talking about. He does just fall to his knees and just fucking looks up. Yeah. And you see his wife. He he's bleeding out of his nose. Yeah. The volume,
0: like the sheer pressure of lifting that much weight, pushed his blood pressure so high he just ruptured vessels yeah. in his nose. It is it's weird. It's kind of it seems like a, a superhero kind of comic book moment, but then you realize a real person did it. He started vlogging. And when I say a real person, I mean a genuine human being he is yeah. a fantastic hilarious parent I yeah. love to spend a day with a guy
1: have you seen his videos with um, Brian Shaw no uh, you know who Brian Shaw is
0: uh, that's the other one of the other world yeah like, like American four uh,
1: four time uh, strongest man or something
0: he's at the heaviest uh bench press i think it is yeah i actually saw a video of him where he uh burst blood vessels in his peck yeah after uh attempting a, a heaviest bench press i sent it to her friend she's like what the fuck did you just say i'm mean, like that is the coolest most metal shit i've ever yeah, seen it just goes <laughs> black it's just the entire peck is just black of all this yeah. blood that just ruptured inside his chest it's nuts these guys are absolutely like this is the definition of superhuman
1: yeah the video I'm talking about with uh, Eddie Hall and Brian Shaw is the two of them just going through what they eat in a day. Uh, 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 Brian Shaw's just like, I like to keep it clean, I don't like to go to sugar as much. Then it cuts to Eddie Hall, it's just like, wake up in the morning, I make this, and it's like, eggs, bacon, then have a bit of cheesecake. (laughs) A couple hours later, have the rest of that cheesecake.
0: It's hilarious because he's just a, an absolute English lad, Oh yeah. and there's there's videos of him, he's working out, for some reason Paddy McGuinness is hanging out with him and working out on something, I don't know if Paddy McGuinness is just on a fitness kick right now and he's working on something. I mean, if you're um, going
1: to work out with anybody, working out with Eddie Hall is probably going to get you motivated. Like.
0: It's an absolute right, I mean, the the first video that I saw, the two of them together, they have their usual, they're doing the back workout, and he's uh, I can't remember who suggests it, but someone suggests we do kettlebell nut squats and everyone goes what the fuck's that because we're going to take a kettlebell tie it to our nuts and do some squats (laughs)
1: fuck no don't put shit near your dingus (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: it's so bad it's it's obviously very light kettlebells it's only about six I think Paddy's is six and Eddie Hall's is eight but at the same time eight kilos tied via fishing wire to your nuts (laughs) How do you not lose your nuts?
1: <laughs> I mean if you're not stay there you're gonna be hanging low, like to the point where you probably be terrified of flushing the toilet because you flush your balls away. It's uh it, he's he's a very good personality, he's very
0: fun to watch, but he has uploaded one of the most honest videos about his uh strongman obsession mm. and how it has almost lost him everything. Like he he started when he promised like he was kind of fucking around, he explains his childhood wasn't he wasn't that good a child, he was just kind of a bit of a shit and uh, he, he promised his gran that he mm. going to be the world's strongest man hours before she died and he just let it all out and just chatted with her and was like, he became obsessed with that point because he didn't want to let his gran down mm. and it's just the most horrific like harrowing tale of just a guy keeping a promise mm. at the expense of everything else it's heartbreaking he listen to you like dude this is this is a journey I want to be on with yeah. this guy it's hilarious like, check out his videos he's, he's, uh, his vlogs are really well done I think he's gotten some, like, local film students who are like, dude, I need to, like, need a CV. <laughs> I need some credits. <laughs> I, I need a CV and I live in Stoke-on-Trent. There was nothing to film in Stoke-on-Trent. Can I please film you? And he was like, no, I'll make a vlog.
1: <laughs> sure, fuck it, why not?
0: But he, he's done stuff. He, he's working with Arnie on something. And yep. there's uh, vlogs of them, like, hanging out and, and meeting Arnold. And uh, them going to, like, uh, a, 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 apparently something on like an evening with Arnold. Yeah. And it's just, you go up and you, like, ha, like, you listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger speak. Like, who wouldn't want that experience? Yeah, seems interesting. And uh, he's got to have
1: some insights on just the whole bodybuilding thing because he yeah. was how many, how many times has he missed the Olympia?
0: Uh, I think he got three. Yeah, might be even four. I'm not sure. I'm not that big on bodybuilding, but as far as like if you just want to listen to someone who's had the like the wackiest life possible, mm. it's you would go to Arnie. Yeah, I do like the uh, the Bill Burr bit about him. Of course, he thought he could get away with sleeping with a maid. Have you read his storyline? He was uh, an Austrian. Bo- <laughs> he was an Austrian-born uh, immigrant. To the United States, who became a bodybuilder, who became a film star, who became the fucking governor of California, <laughs> who married into uh, the, the the U.S. equivalent of uh, like uh, royalty, which is uh, what's his name, the Kennedy family. Yeah, like he's married wife? to a Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he thought he could get away with banging the maid. Why wouldn't he? He got away with everything else in his life.
1: <laughs> it reminds me of the the Dylan Moran, but you know Dylan Moran is yes. Irish comedian. It's like He just got to where he, he was because he lifted the heavy thing. Like, there's a bunch of people standing around in California going, Oh no, we have the heavy thing. Arnold Schwarzenegger just comes on. Hold on. you have the heavy thing. We, you are our governor now. <laughs> but he's, he's... I don't know if you've seen... A,
0: we're going to talk about Joker in a bit. Yeah. Have you uh, seen any of the trailers for the new Terminator? Yes. And he's back for
1: some reason? I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, cautiously optimistic. The
0: James Cameron just given me a little bit of hope.
1: Yeah, but the... The overall storyline, I'm just thinking, this is just kind of a rehash of Terminator 2, because yeah. you've got... You've Liquid got Metal Terminator. Liquid Metal Terminator, the young child being escorted by the like the supervising female or the overprotective female that's being chased by yeah. this weird kind of robotic, uh, this, this evil Liquid Terminator thing, yeah. except it's some kind of weird particle nanobot thing that you've got this thing
0: yeah, it's got a chassis but it also doesn't because those are also nanobots yeah. just he
1: can split himself so he's got the weird nanobot side and the actual robot side
0: I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, a YouTuber called Peter McKinnon mm-hmm. who is a photographer, photographer and he was given a chance to a partnership with uh, Adobe to do a, a, a premiere thing where he would cut the trailer for Terminator and they gave him their cut of the, the trailer or the footage they used and told him Go well, but you can only use stuff in Adobe. So all their like all the effects, all the music and stuff has to be built into the program. And you're going to run a competition for your fans where they're going to make their own cuts. Winner gets uh, like years worth of free Adobe Premiere, which is not too shabby considering yeah, it's like 150 quid or something like that yes, for the year. It's not cheap. He uh, he made a better cut of the trailer than uh, the actual Terminator one. I like his a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> and then I sat there watching the the cut of the actual like the Terminator version. Like for the cinema, and I was like, "This could be better." Yeah, yeah, this could be yeah, a lot this, better. The, the, the structure this doesn't make much sense. It could be. Oh, like-
1: <laughs> you just reminded me of something that I don't want to talk about, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to that for hang on to that for a second.
0: Nah, go for it. Alright, cool. It was just a, like if you, I just wonder if you'd seen the Terminator trailer, and was like, no, "I've not mm-hmm. seen I've seen
1: a couple of the Terminator trailers, but like I said, I'm I'm always I'm always cautiously optimistic towards these new films because I think they could be good, but the Predators." has slightly spawned me on that because that film was just god-awful from start to finish. It was kind of alright, but I... I That was the the Shane Black directed latest Predator film where they try and weaponise autism.
0: I I just looked at it and said, it's better than Alien vs. Predator.
1: (laughs) I thought it was better than Alien vs. Predator, but none of these films have even been better than Predator 2. And that's... Not exactly a high bar. Yeah. None of these films are even getting to the first one. <laughs> and that's just...
0: it's like, Alien has Aliens, Alien 2, and Aliens. Like, there's like, three good movies in that franchise. Yeah,
1: uh, Alien, Aliens, and... Uh, not Alien and Aliens are the only two good ones.
0: Oh, yeah, it's 1 and 2 is Alien and Aliens, and then it's Alien 3 is Resurrection,
1: isn't it? it no, Alien 3 is just Alien 3. Alien 4 is Alien Resurrection, and that's where Joss Whedon just came in and went, I'm going to make a Joss Whedon movie. <laughs> What do you mean she doesn't want to fuck people? She's a woman, isn't she? Dude, she's Ripley. Josh said that. She, <sit down. laughs> she kind of wants to go a bit above the baser instincts, but I think they're trying to redo that again. But Sigourney Weaver's just sitting there thinking, no, we've done Alien and Aliens. That's all we needed. You brought me back for two other movies that no one liked. <laughs> we, we nailed it twice. Yep. Nobody does that. So i trying to nail it guess. a third time. I mean, everyone's trying to remake Aliens. Everyone's trying to remake Terminator 2. It's not going to fucking work. The only people that done that successfully were the guys that made Halloween because it, they had the original The John Carpenter was on board for that as well wasn't he that was his
0: I can't remember if he a producer or something like that I
1: think he, he was involved but yeah. he from, gave the blessing at least yeah. yeah. the reason why that worked is because they just thought right fuck it there's so much shit out there that we need to cut out let's just cut out Halloween 2 start from the end of Halloween 1 and just do a time skip from there and let's make our own story that wraps this shit up and it works, uh, and then doesn't, and doesn't because there's And doesn't because there's what Halloween Lives, then Halloween the End or something fucking coming out soon. Yeah, but again, the first one was that good. I don't really care. So I'm hoping that Dark Fate is going to be less. What was the other one? Genesis and slightly more T2 mm. because it'll be watchable that way. Because you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. If you fuck that up, and you've got James Cameron there, if you fuck that up, Terminator should just stop. You clearly don't know what to do in the yeah. modern age with Terminator if you can't make that setup work.
0: And the thing is you don't need to make a modern Terminator. Just make another Terminator movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't that. know what I want, but I know I don't I don't want what we've already had.
1: Yeah. i like, something that pays homage to the old chip but just builds on it. Like again, what they did with Halloween. They just went, Okay, we recognise the old film, we're gonna make it in that same style, but we're gonna do something totally different.
0: Yeah. We're gonna play with all the known toys, but in a slightly new way.
1: Yeah, that's what Marvel have been doing for fucking ages. But uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about uh, the, the film that I wanted to talk about was uh, Dark Phoenix. Right, okay. Because I was sent, I've not watched the full film and I'm fucking glad that I haven't, but I was sent a shit ton of clips just by going, uh, just from uh, friends saying, Dude, have you seen X Men? And my reply was no, I've been told it was bad. It got pulled from 200 plus theatres in America. Mm. And I went, No, you want to see why it's bad. And they showed me the ending scene and I thought, and then, the end of the scene was split in two parts. So it was about five minutes worth of really, really boring fight, mm. and four and a half minutes of really, really bad exposition from Sophie Turner as Jean Grey. Mm. Again, sounding like a very petulant child, just going, "Well, you, you, you want my power? You're gonna get it." <laughs> and then she lifts up the the enemy in a Dark Phoenix is a race called the Dabari, and they are they worship the Phoenix. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, you—you're the new vessel for the Phoenix. Okay, we're—we're we're coming to collect you. You're joining our team. We know you—you're one of us. The X-Men hate you. Come with us. We—we we worship your powers. That kind of shit. And they're shapeshifting aliens that can—they can't die, and they're all just fucking invincible. And the fight to get them away from Gene goes on for way too fucking long. Right. Uh, Magneto's crushing uh, metal around them, and nothing's fucking happening nightcrawler just looks at the camera and goes <sighs> 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 for no fucking reason because someone dies and he just sits there and shakes I'm like, what the fuck is this this is boring i've never been this bored in an x-men movie before even apocalypse was had enough to keep me going through it It wasn't a great film but it had enough to keep me going throughout it this just kind of limped on and all of a sudden uh eh, it gets to the end and you hear rumbling. It gets to the end car of the train because this I should have said that this all takes place in a train. And they're moving from they're the barrier are moving from train car to train car to try and find Gene. Right. And the closer they get towards Gene, uh, the more X Men get involved to try and stop them. Storm is up top sending them really, really low budget lightning bolts to people <laughs> that look fucking awful. Uh, the CGI in the X Men movies has always been has bad. Always been pretty it's, bad yeah.
0: they, they blow the money in the Quicksilver scene because there now has to be a yeah, Quicksilver
1: scene. Quicksilver dies. <laughs> At the start of the movie, I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna fucking die. Let's get rid of him," uh, and it just it keeps limping on. And then they get to the final bit where uh, it's James McAvoy's Charles Xavier, the prick from Ready Player One, and Cyclops, and Sophie Turner's Jean Grey lying out uh, unconscious on a table. And then uh, Xavier just says, "Take me to Jean." So, he's standing here, mere millimetres away from Gene, and he says to Cyclops, take me to Gene. You could just limp over. I mean, I get you don't have legs, but (laughs) I get that your legs don't work. You have arms, bro. (laughs) Yeah, you could get there. And then it just, it keeps going on from there, and it made me really glad that I, A, didn't go and see Dark Phoenix in the cinema, and B, didn't pay 15 pounds for the fucking blurry, because the YouTube clips were enough to make me think, I'm glad that Marvel Studios now own the X-Men.
0: It's weird that you mention it, because uh, yesterday I watched uh, a video by Fomento, who is, he breaks down cinema and does a lot of weird mm. stuff about uh, writing side of things, more than the actual camera work, but he has, uh, he he re- broke down why he hated the ending of Phoenix, is the actual beginning, two-thirds of this movie are actually pretty good, there's a lot of conflict yeah, the there scene between where they Jean. go to
1: space, and the, 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 uh, the Phoenix actually yeah. takes her as the host, the conflict between Xavier and uh, Jean, saying, Oh, you tried to sh- hide me. You always knew this was coming because it's you're using a... me when you yeah. say we're trying to protect me. Like, yeah. I just wanted to provide you a family, that yeah. kind of thing. Because you, you get the sense that Xavier, even in any facet in any way that I've ever done Dark Phoenix, you get the sense that Xavier has always known that this is coming. Yeah, like there's something out there that hunt that looks for strong telepaths, and she's sh- the strongest of all of us. And there's always been that kinda of, I only did it to protect you, that bullshit trope that been using since the nineties. Yeah.
0: And he was talking about the fact that, that the initial like two thirds of that all that conflict is great. Mm. But then when you get to the new like race being introduced towards the end and then they try and rush through like all of that kind of same exposition again of kind of like, Oh, it's all about protecting people and it's it becomes incredibly stupid towards the end. And he says it's on par in his eyes with uh the, the Martha moment from Batman v Superman. Yeah. And I'm like it's that bad? And you read the comments and people are like, yeah, I watched this movie and made me feel horrific. Like, uh,
1: that- I can't say that's the whole movie. It just becomes unnecessary and forced yeah. because the Martha moment in Batman vs Superman, you could see what they were trying to go for. Like, or oh, these two Titans, essentially. You Maybe can, they're more human and alike than they exactly. think. Exactly. You can see what they're trying to go for but then you've got Ben Affleck who was probably one of the best cinematic Bat- Batman that we've had in a while. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson's going to have a high bar to jump over it. you had them going why'd you say that name how do you know wait how do you know Martha who's Martha I'm Martha No, I'm Martha <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this Batman having a moment of like, absolute crisis <laughs> I'm going, Martha <laughs> <laughs> Alfred's
1: just going Ah no, shit he's at it again <laughs> ah, <laughs> get the gasp master and take your medication <laughs> God, <damn it. laughs> he's just sitting there with a, a tranquilizer just going <sighs> Master Grayson pass me the tranquilizer go master Wayne's at it <laughs> Ten, he's sees a bull trunk bang. I like think the idea that he would constantly be following Batman
0: around—just
1: <laughs> he's always on the next rooftop with a rifle. No, he, he's just—he he, he sends a Robin at the phone. It's Just Master Grayson, is he? He's frothing at the mouth again. Okay, <laughs> 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 Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> I like that her interpretation of the Batman versus Superman Batman is fucking fucking retard <laughs> he's, he's, he's snapped at some point <laughs> instead of going I am Batman he goes me yes me I'm Batman me I'm Batman me I'm Martha man <laughs> <laughs> he takes his mask off and puts a wig on <laughs> me I'm Martha
0: well if we're going to talk about uh, snapped Batman characters it's time to talk about yeah, Joker talk about Joker now, Dom has not seen this movie I have not seen this movie and many of you will not have seen this movie either so I am going to try and keep it spoiler free but these uh this entire thing started because a there was a joker movie we we're kind of interested in it we want to see how it was we saw the first uh test shots of joaquin phoenix coming out of uh a, a building as the joker or as the joker before he becomes uh, the arthur joker fleck. arthur fleck yeah. and uh, we were oh that's interesting that mm. piqued my the, the idea that's more character driven it's more about the acting it's more about the, the passion who becomes uh, the joker
1: yeah it's more the brickwork what the finally
0: got me to actually go see it was when you texted me to say there's oscar buzz about this movie and I'm like yeah oscar buzz about a comic book movie is fucking rare uh the yeah. avengers get it on
1: technical just about every time right, nah, I don't should think, be getting it yeah i think avengers Endgame is definitely going to be taking some oscars home this year yeah, uh, yeah. and black panther they won they won an oscar and fucking Suicide Squad won an Oscar that was best hair and makeup best hair and makeup for Killer Croc <laughs> and Killer Croc looks like a, a roasted Goomba but uh, yeah but, what definitely made me uh, clue in was uh, a few people that I know from uni said they literally went to see it once and as they were leaving the cinema booked tickets for the following day Yeah, because they just thought it was so fucking good and they liked the f- one thing that has been praised was the fact that it doesn't lean too heavily on the Batman mm-hmm. uh, mythos because uh, from what I've seen, again, uh, spoiler-free reviews, it does mention Thomas Wayne. There's a part where he goes to see young Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. so it, it is there because you're in Gotham, you need to honor it somehow. Yeah, but there, they there, don't there's
0: a few. There are Batman tie-ins that root it in the same way that like you can ground something in the real world. This is grounded in the Batman world. Yeah, this is grounded the, in Gotham. Every newspaper is a Gotham newspaper. Yeah. All the news is Gotham news. Uh, the late-night show is set in Gotham. Mm-hmm. It's filmed in a live studio in Gotham. You have, and it's like advertises itself as such. Mm -hmm. Um, You also have, there's the Wayne's. There is um, also, I I recognize the name uh, Kane as a nurse.
1: Uh, A nurse Kane. Kane,
0: I think I've seen that somewhere to do with Joker's backstory or something like that.
1: Kane is quite literally a nod to Bob Kane's wife, and Bob Kane made Batman. Right. Uh, So it's not in the, I mean, there's a a Catherine or Kate Kane who is Batwoman. Yeah, Who, I just, I'm
0: like I think I recognised that name yeah, from somewhere. But I
1: think because uh, I, I watched a, a little, here's all the Easter eggs that you missed mm-hmm. in the movie type thing. That is literally just in there. Is remember Bob Kane's wife? Yeah. So do we. Well, I, I
0: saw that and I was like, it's weird that I can definitely make out her name tag. I wonder if that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but she appears at several points in the story, and I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. that's cool. I, I I knew the Kane name was associated with something to do with mm-hmm. Batman, and uh, yeah, when we heard about the Oscar buzz I was like okay, this is going to be like a Joaquin Phoenix has gone all in on the acting. He has. Yeah. Definitely has, um, but he has. He
1: starved himself for several days. Like. There's something
0: so unnerving about that guy. Yeah. Just his, his body. There's several scenes where he's shirtless. And I don't know, like I, I read up on his uh, biography and obviously he has a pretty tragic backstory of his uh, brother dying of a, a heroin overdose. Yeah. Or cocaine overdose, I think it was. That's uh, I mean, River Phoenix.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, he was very famous child star Kind of parlayed that into teenage years and then just, yeah, massive OD. Um And
0: uh, whacking was there. Um, and he, like, his backstory, like, he had a, had a car crash at one point in, like, 2006 mm. or something. And uh, of all the people to help him out of it, Werner Herzog, the okay. documentarian slash actor, filmmaker guy, pulled him out of a car crash in 2006. What? Who, who the fuck <laughs> you, you couldn't <laughs> the guy like that made this. that penguins movie <laughs> um so he like he has a very strange past and i was wondering about his there's something about his shoulders like the way his musculature is and there's something yeah. like one of his shoulder blades looked wrong yeah everything about like i don't know if that's just something he had and he's playing into it Maybe. and also he's got that uh that face uh the facial defect which apparently is not a cleft palate it is apparently a birthmark oh. um he's stated that several times but there's just something that's so unnerving about him yeah. and he is a great actor. He's so committed to the role. Yeah, He's never not Arthur Fleck. There's some things where he's not the Joker but he's always Arthur Fleck and Arthur mm. Fleck always acts the same way so you become used to the character mm. so that when the character starts to slide towards the end, because this is a, a film that is not fucking around when it comes to um, mental health. This yeah. It's not preachy, it's not polite, it's not uh, super progressive it's not super woke about anything it's very unapologetic about it's way of looking at mental health as part of how you turn a man from just a nobody yeah. to the fucking Joker yeah and uh, I'd, I'd say that one thing you've brought up a couple times and I quite like this way of looking at the Batman and the Joker hmm. is that they're both equally capable they're equals just on different paths yeah and all it took was one bad day to separate yeah. the two
1: yeah and that's why I personally love the character of the Joker and from what you've said I'm mm. so glad that they leaned into that
0: I don't think they are. Really? The way I'm looking at this film, the way I'm looking at Arthur, he was destined or doomed to become the Joker.
1: Right, so you're saying it was more, he was always heading towards this. It wasn't just the case of he had a bad day or... Yeah. Because they've removed the the vat of acid, haven't they? They've removed the Ace Chemicals thing. That was always the backstory of the Joker. He fell into the... There's nothing about chemical
0: vats. There's nothing about that. It's not. That's too cartoony. Yeah, it's all
1: just society, societal pressures, that kind of thing, and his own demons...
0: When I'm looking at Arthur Fleck, I see someone who has. It turns out he has been broken before, yeah, and he has been taped back up together by society. What happens when that tape is removed and the person shatters? Hmm. That becomes the Joker. Yeah, I, this does not feel the same as you have two people who just happen to diverge and become completely different. This is a person who was on his own way down. It was going to happen. I, he, he could have been saved. Theoretically, yeah. could have, no no human is irredeemable. Arthur flight just missed the chances, or Arthur Arthur flight never had those chances. He I never think.
1: afforded the same chances. Mm. That kind of thing.
0: Physically, because he could not afford them. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on with that. There's a lot of stuff about the uh, societal impact of. I mean, Gotham is always corrupt. Gotham has always been seen as city of haves and haves nots. There's always that thing of obscene wealth with the Waynes. I mean, they own a like multi billion dollar yeah. company or several multi-billion dollar companies, yeah. any city... They own, any, I think they own
1: something yeah. like three quarters of the entirety of Gotham. They, yeah. They're they responsible for the... There's always a tram, there's always a train line running through Gotham. Yeah. And that, that's basically the Wayne's gift to Gotham. It's the monorail or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was one thing that...
0: That's part of the original Batman with uh, Rajagul. Yeah, with Ray, it was up yeah, because with, it's a Wayne thing.
1: Yeah, because the the Waynes are seen as... They are seen as Gotham. Yeah, They are seen as the people who have built Gotham up.
0: And there's a lot of stuff going on there where you have the the mega rich versus the 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 poor, the common man. Yeah. The entire film starts off with a, a radio broadcast about the idea of there being a uh, like the garbage workers are on strike. Mm. So there's just trash piling up yeah. throughout the city. In
1: reference to the actual strike in New York, mm. where uh, garbage work uh, refuse workers were just refusing to pick up garbage uh, rubbish because I think it was a pay dispute or something. Mm-hmm. So it, there's. From what I've been told, there's a lot of people walking away from it saying, "Oh, there's not just the comic references, but this actually does reference." There's a lot of
0: lines that you could draw between society now, Uh, not to do the Joker thing, we live in a society, but like we, you can see a lot of parallels between what's going on here and what's going on there, and we'll talk about how stupid that became later on, yeah, (laughs) because it got dumb. Uh, Not in the movie, in real world. Don't Mm. worry, movies consistently great. Yeah. I, I, when people are talking about the Oscar nominations, they're legit. Yeah. Like if that if it doesn't get nominated, it it feels like I went looking for like producers and directors who were involved in this. I don't think I could find anyone other than just the general company of DC movies being mm. involved in both the Nolan movies and this one. Yeah. There's maybe someday one or two people who are kind of crossed Excuse over. Me. I get the feeling they made those Nolan movies and were like, really, we don't get
1: an Oscar nod for this? Yeah. It's no. Fucking great movie. <laughs> well, Dark Knight, the Dark Knight was yeah never won anything Dark Knight did win some Heath Ledger Heath Ledger won a posthumous Oscar yeah. for a Joker yeah but, but if, if he was alive I guarantee he would have won the Oscar
0: yeah but he like there was never anything really given to the, the movie mm. and it's, it, I get the feeling that like they, they made this movie as like a go ahead I dare you to fucking refuse us an Oscar yeah <laughs> watch this shit
1: I think it's also uh, DC kind of realising that we don't need to make movies that tie into a larger universe they can just make little dc yep. side movies and i think that's what the next step is they're, they've done joker mm. and this is the first in a series of movies called dc black right which is where they just take darker a uh, uh, solo character stories and yeah. just make them a uh, live action movies so they've done joker apparently the next one's going to be lex luthor okay and i think that could be pretty cool because you've got this tortured genius and lex luthor is the smartest man in Metropolis maybe even in the larger DC universe at some yeah. points so doing something based on that as long as it's not Jesse Eisenberg I think it'd be fucking great
0: and I before the the film started there was also the trailers so the Terminator one and then saw the one for Birds of Prey the uh, oh shit
1: I forgot that movie was coming out
0: so everyone one apparently uh, <laughs> I, I saw it and I was like I cannot believe these two movies like I'm but see the Joker I've seen how this looks and then you have this uh, Birds of Prey like very Suicide Squad carry on yeah. it's the same like thrilling, I guess mm. from those movies I can't believe these come from the same fucking comic book yes. it's so different this this Joker movie is so muted gritty and real mm-hmm. in a way that nothing that DC has done before like you cannot make this Joker work with other stuff no. you can't go from this weird claustrophobic psychological kind of like not torture but like kind of gradual thriller where everything's mm. like about building pressure and then like Shift that into Aquaman riding fucking dolphins across the Pacific Ocean. Like <laughs> everything about that is wrong. <laughs> I think,
1: yeah. Uh, people, I'll, I think even uh, Todd Phillips himself is the guy who directed Joker. Yeah. In an interview, said this version of Joker will never cross over with other just great Batman stuff. And I think from what you've said, from what you've said uh, here just now, and what I've read on things like Twitter and Facebook and stuff, is a good thing because having one self-contained story about a character that despite being in a lot of uh, movies and TVs, mm-hmm. doesn't really get enough spotlight. Because you always just say, here's this weird torture character. No, let's delve into it, into it a bit. How do you... Do another aspect of the Joker.
0: Because yeah. that's the, the other thing as well. Is the Joker works as a weak, uh, villain of the week. Villain for Batman. Yeah. But the second you put him in the wider DC universe, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> when you have like literal gods running around. like the, I, th- I think I remember it was a, a, a family guy joke where they say, why don't you just throw... Joker in his space. What? I can't do that. No, just just throw him into space, and like, and Superman just goes, grabs uh, the Joker, and throws him into fucking space, and he yeah. comes back and goes, "There we go. Done. Dealt with. Never an issue again." <laughs> <laughs> and then it happened in. uh Oh, what's the one that it becomes this weird spin-off series? It's an injustice series. Yeah. Where <laughs> Joker, like Superman, punches through Joker's heart. Yeah. <laughs> just like I'm just fucking done with your
1: bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I, I quite like that because they. Uh, how else? So would, how else would you respond to someone tricking you into thinking you're killing your worst enemy, but you're actually killing your pregnant wife? Yes. Like, what other reaction, if you're a superpowered being, would not just be ripped the heart out? Yeah,
0: it, it works a lot. Yeah. it's it's a fun like a what if series. Um, it's own like pocket universe. It's, it's great. also
1: fucking insane. That storyline is just weird. Oh yes, So they're funny. all just popping weird kryptonite steroids to yeah. be. Because they all Superman.
0: have to, they have, they all have to base. Like, the injustice is based on like a, a video game. Yeah. So it's like they wrote the comic book to justify the video game. Well, I was like, oh no, wait! Everybody took like mega steroids to be on that level. <laughs>
1: yeah, everyone is on these super pills that Batman never tells you what They're probably just like super steroids. Yeah. Uh, it's,
0: it's just it's PCP and kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> he just like blended it together and was like, oh, drink this. <laughs> He's like, grinding
1: it up on mortar mortar and pestle.
0: But everything like I was looking at this this film and just observing it as. A piece of like absolute filmmaking art and it's mm. fantastic the wow. lighting, the fucking props like f- it's set in I guess the 80s roughly because it feels like it's kind of regonomics, where you've got the split of like the casual people just yeah. hanging out in like hoodies and parkas and like uh, jeans and t-shirts and stuff and then you at the same time can go to the high end like Gotham uh, society mm. and then you have like people in like full tuxedos, gowns yeah. to go see uh, Charlie Chaplin movies on a on a giant project screen, like oh, this is set in the the Gotham eighties or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Because um, at one point it was like Joker's wearing a hoodie, what the fuck? <laughs> He's also reading like a, a like a, a an AM track or an AM track, uh, like a a, a tram. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's all covered in like graffiti tags. And it's all very eighties aesthetic, and it's mm-hmm. um there's a lot of stuff that's very kind of of a certain era, but translates very well to ours. But then you've got, I mean, even like CRT screens. There's like all the TVs are CRTs. It's not a a plasma screen monitor. It's like an old cathode ray uh, tube TV as opposed to something that's more modern. And even like the 80s kind of tame comedy stuff that's going on in the background where like you can't be risky, you can't have any blue comedy on a late night talk show. That's all very good at thematic stuff. But one thing I noticed, and I want you to try and keep an eye on it as well when you go see it. Mm -hmm. Aspect ratio. Yeah. Normally, Avenger stuff, it's all, like, it's absolutely making use of the full screen. Yeah. At points this movie punches in. Huh. There's massive black bars on the side of the screen. I didn't notice it until the very end, but there's points of this movie, I'm like, there's a giant chunk of screen not being used and it's deliberate. Very deliberate because at certain points it is using big broad shots for, uh, like, Joker travelling through his hometown and stuff like that. Mm. The movie is very good at beating you down visually mm-hmm. with, like, language and stuff and the... There's a lot of people who are worried about, and we'll talk about this. But I guess we can start talking about this is that, that people would relate to the Joker, relate yeah. to Arthur Fleck, and become mass shooters because his reaction to being trod up, trod upon by the world is gun violence or violence mm. or is uh, like losing his mind and losing his tether to reality and then hurting people. So a lot of people got very concerned about this and how it would relate to the incel issues that we have at the moment with uh, people who. Are ostracised from society or removing themselves from society lashing out in violence and people would relate to the Joker and in in a weird way for a 20 minute chunk of the movie there was a point where you can see him as the everyman just being twisted and broken and shit on basically but before that is the Joker's very introduction like the very first scene of this movie you can realize that Arthur Fleck is not a normal healthy person when he's he's sitting at a makeup dresser, applying his face paint because he's a clown, hmm. and he pulls his mouth open to fake a smile, and he just keeps pulling, fishhooking himself to the point of tears. Jesus. And you're like, oh shit, we're in for this type of movie. <laughs> that sets the tone for the entire film. You cannot relate to the Joker. If you if you can, you can relate to him in small moments, where the bills are due, mum's sick he can't get, he's just lost his job, there's little moments like that where you can relate to him. Other than that, he is definitively on a whole other wavelength that you are not capable of unless you are seriously, psychologically ill. And he is. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, I see no reason for this hysteria that's yeah. popped up.
1: I think it is, as we touched on last week, I think it's people just trying to somehow, as people, it, it's kind of virtuous, signal do just going Remember what happened the last time they did a Joker movie, someone shot up a cinema? Yeah. Okay, this film's meant to highlight other issues, and if people do see it that way, in no way are we saying that's a point, that's something that we actively promote in our movie. Mm. And also the way the interview was handled with Joaquin Phoenix, where they said, uh, do you think that what you're doing will inspire inspire other people? That is a horrible thing to say to someone.
0: I, 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 mean, I was thinking about this I'm like that might be the worst question that's ever been asked yeah. in an interview since uh, Christian and Guru Murphy got Robert Downey Jr. to walk at that Channel yeah. 4 interview where he was just like, badgering I'm like hey what about your drug use <laughs> what about that part of your life you're really ashamed of can yeah, you he, please talk about that some more no I'm pretty
1: sure he got told to stop it he's now no longer allowed to interview people because so many people get annoyed at Christian and Guru Murphy the, there was, like the Quentin Tarantino one yeah it's just like oh, oh yeah, what are you going to say about violence I've said all oh, I need to say about violence people are still going to see my movies if they want to talk to me about it I'll, I'll talk to them
0: that that Fomental guy I mentioned earlier did a breakdown of when it's okay to leave an interview and used the Christian Guru Murphy Robert Downey Jr. video as an example yeah. and he showed, like, look Robert Downey Jr. has been more than forgiving of this guy <laughs> I, he's like I don't know who Christian Guru Murphy is he's not something I'm familiar with but if someone did this to me I'd have been gone by question one yeah. I'd have been like fuck you I'm gone but like you can see, that question get played down. Robert Downey Jr. is very nice and very calm and very kind of respectful. And like, buddy, let's uh let's walk it away from this and go back to the movie. I'm here to promote yeah, that we, let's that we talk agreed about Iron to. Iron Man Three. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about this Iron Man movie because that's what you're fucking paid to do. Uh, and that's um like the the interviews and all this all this media hype about uh like these this impending wave of violence because of a movie. I'm sorry, you people are fucking idiots. There's nothing relatable about this Joker. He is as a whole other wavelength. Yeah. Um, if there are mentally unstable people watching this movie, it's probably not best for them to watch that if someone's a bit iffy and a bit... yeah. If, if someone has serious issues, this is not a movie for them. This is an intense psychological thriller. Yeah. This is going to... This is about twisting people until they break, and the person who breaks is the main character, if yeah. that makes sense. I would say that... um the the violence in this movie is there's very few instances of violence, but when they're done, they are extreme. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've
1: seen I've seen quite a lot of that. People were saying that the the, the few aspects of the movie that they weren't too keen on were there were certain aspects of uh, the story never really stuck to one key plotline. They just they never they started one plotline, they they left that and they went to another thing. It's just kind of bounced around.
0: I, I don't think they're paying attention to Again, I've not really seen the movie, <laughs> so I can't really
1: comment. Uh, another point was just some guy taking the piss saying, at one point at the start of the movie, they talk about Super Rats. Then they drop this plotline line forever. <laughs> How <laughs> funny would it be if Arthur Fleck goes to open his drawer and all of a sudden Super Rat? I, I
0: think at one point they do mention, actually they do come back to Super Rats
1: though They, they do at the stuff. start They
0: they say, oh, uh, uh, Super Rats, and then the late night show host uh, played by uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, okay. It's fan-fucking-tastic, by the way. Uh, like Hidden, Hidden Gem
1: is, is him as kind of like old Stephen Colbert <laughs> uh, I mean the whole film could be seen as a massive taxi reference uh. taxi driver reference because the scene when he's dancing is very reminiscent of when uh, Robert De Niro's dancing with the gun in yeah. taxi well that that dancing scene like you knew like they telegraph what's going to happen from
0: a mile away mm. and when it happens it's still really good like it's you know that gun's going off you know he's going to be dancing there with a the gun in the in, by himself in the room, and then all of a sudden, you know he's going to accidentally discharge that gun. Yeah, and it happens, and it's still fucking like it's hysterical. I laughed my ass off at it. I probably should not. <laughs> um, but there's been uh, like, <laughs> there, there's like several moments in films that I'm like, I can see this coming from a fucking mile away, and it still hits really, really well. And uh, they're like, like again, Whacking Phoenix's acting in this film is impeccable. Yeah, they will be teaching his performance in classes for decades. Um, and I think that the that this film really ne- you need to see this if you want to see what a great DC film could be. It's just a great it's not even a great DC film it's a great character study mm. and I honestly I left that cinema uh, like with a camera in my bag thinking I want to go film something I don't I know what it is something <laughs> <right now. laughs> I want to go record somebody doing something right now just in case something interesting happens and that's that's how good this film is it's phenomenal I really I cannot wait for you to see this film yeah it,
1: it, it's, on my, it's on my to-do list but yeah uh, yeah, I think. Do you I want think, to
0: talk about the shit show around it? There's been a couple of funny stories. Uh,
1: I've seen, I've seen the shit show around that mainly because of I, I follow Lana Pierce through Funhouse, and I've, I originally uh, started watching her stuff through uh, Funhouse, and I've started I subscribed to her channel because she does some quite funny gameplay videos, and she has some quite uh, good insights on mm-hmm. uh, things. And she was talking about uh, how a lot of people are being triggered by their portrayal of mental health issues, right? Saying that maybe they're too excess and they're glorifying mental health issues, and I'm just thinking <laughs> again from what you've said, there's nothing about this that's glorifying mental health issues. But maybe you'd be able to speak to it more than I could. I, I having seen the film, is that on the money, or is this just people trying to get the views, trying to get the likes on Twitter, being I, woke as fuck? I think it is people being woke as fuck
0: because this movie is not woke and progressive, and it's a view of mental health because it is set in the eighties, and eighties yeah. mental health. If you even read a single like article on it was not exactly... Was non-existent. The, the politest place to be. Pretty sure Reagan wanted them all, like, kind of...
1: just thrown in the river. <laughs> yeah, I think he wanted to put them on some form of island. Uh, and if that island sank, so be it. Um, if, if there was a couple of just government-guided missiles that sank that island, nah. Yeah. We shit. can live. We'll live and live. Shit learn. happens.
0: Adopt,
1: adapt, and prove, that's what we say. <laughs> there,
0: there is a lot of things in this movie, like, you could basically blame the Joker... As, a, 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 as an icon on mental health through this movie hmm. easily at the same time like it's it's showing that this that's why i say like this guy was doomed to become the joker because he's a, a second generation of people with severe mental health issues with no support network and i think you could put that as either being it's mental health's problem or it's the fact that no nobody came to help these people there's a lot of uh, parts to start where it's, his mother it's penny fleck is um, saying that, oh, she knows Thomas Wayne and if Thomas Wayne could see how we were living right now, he'd be stunned, he'd be shocked, he'd buy the building and renovate it just for us because we we used to work together. Turns out that, yeah, she did know uh, Thomas Wayne Hmm. but she has a narcissistic disorder where she thinks that she's more important than she really is Right, and that somebody would step in to save her if they just knew about it so she's writing him letters constantly and she has this weird delusion that she is... She would be saved if only someone knew. Mm. And there, there is a bit of that where you think, you know, maybe maybe somebody should step in to save these people. It's not their fault. They're as a second generation people born with severe psychological issues. Somebody should step in. I don't know if it should be the individual, as in Thomas Wayne, or would Thomas Wayne do it as a mayor, as a governor? Should the state do it? Should somebody get involved? And it's there are those questions sitting there in the movie. There's no answer to it. Um we just know that When you don't have someone, nobody steps and nobody does anything to stop Arthur Fleck from becoming the Joker, all hell breaks loose. Mm. Because the the Joker is an icon of a kind of counter like his first uh, act as the Joker is in the subway. And when you see that scene, it's fucking amazing. (laughs) And it's followed up by the weirdest scene ever of him uh, doing this weird kind of dance tai chi in a fucking bathroom and you're like, this makes no sense and then you sit there, you watch it and you go actually, now that I realise that this makes no sense to me as a normal person to the Joker this makes perfect sense (laughs) that's why it becomes a weird question, there's a weird cat and mouse game that you play with yourself and it lasts right up until the very last scene of how much of this is real Mm -hmm. and the, the film hints at it the film really goes for that kind of is this is this a real thing is this part of arthur's delusions is this part of something the joker would tell himself as an origin story
1: yeah i mean that's always been the thing that i fucking love about the joker is no matter what version of the origin story you tell joker always backs it up with well i like my origin story to be multiple choice maybe you like this one yeah and i think that and that's part of
0: the thing is there is no solid identity the joker yeah, There's a couple of hints. There's a couple of different versions of the Joker yeah. that all have different identities. But even then, those versions of the Joker can be
1: like wiped away as not the real Joker. Yeah, I mean, you had Jack Napier in the original one, but if you look into, because there was always tie in comic books. Even those tie in comic books say that wasn't his real name. That was just the name we were given. Like, mm. Jack Napier has never been a real person. It's just an identity for the Joker. Yeah, and. Again, it, it, You say it was kind of an icon of you know mental health issues gone to excess. Well, he he's an icon of counterculture in that moment because
0: mm-hmm. the um the the, the continued escalation of rich vs poor mm-hmm. is like a, a central thing that was boiling away in the background, and the Joker is the right man at the right time because of his actions. I won't spoil it. Yeah. But because of what he does.
1: He does something that kind of riles the masses.
0: He is the spark that unites the flame. He's the the first man over the top to lead the charge against the the ultra-rich. And it becomes iconic for a lot of people to the point where people wear clown masks in public as a sign of we're fucking done with the rich. That becomes an icon and he accidentally becomes... The, the figurehead of a movement, he doesn't want anything to do with it, and at certain points actually revokes, or he just kind of says he doesn't want to be a part of this, what he's doing isn't political, because he still wants to be a comedian he still wants to be the clown, mm-hmm. as a performer, but he's living this weird kind of double narrative of who he wants to be, and then when you see like, the, the Joker side the not political, but I guess he's an anarchist, so thats in itself self-political when that anarchist side comes out that's when you realize he becomes when he when you see like the anarchist side when he embraces who he really is, it's amazing. Like yeah. the framing of it, you're like, oh, like it is. You can see him. You can watch this part of the film and think, this is a literal ascension moment. You can see him become this uh, yeah. new version of himself, he's, and it's but as like
1: kind of steps up to that that role that you say that he was destined or doomed, doomed to be.
0: Yeah, as they like, you see that the moment of him actually publicly being the joker for the first time you're like this was destined to happen and Mm -hmm. i say like this movie is not woke and progressive enough and it's you because that would be the view at the time it's just very unapologetic about showing it -hmm. it's it's great for that i I like that i I do like that they were this is our stance this is how we want to do this story if you don't like it you're not gonna like it sorry yeah it's not
1: for you there's no there's no redeeming qualities of this film
0: we're not gonna make an apology for us
1: and I think that ultimately helps a film like The Joker if you just try and make the story mm-hmm. based on what happened at the time and yeah. the issues that would have res- that would have came up. Yeah. Being that kind of person at the time, I think you need to be unapologetic. I think you just need to say, "Here's our film, love it or hate it." Yeah, and, and a lot of people love it. It's it's ab- this this deserves the credit, the praise it's getting. I
0: definitely recommend it, and uh, I'd recommend for a laugh. You go read the, the 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 outrage, the the drama stories about the people at the screenings of this. I've heard
1: a lot of people walked out because the violence was very very over the top and the
0: I'm, I'm talking about like random like incel fear <laughs> oh, right. like I've not heard of, I, I could imagine someone walking out this and I've had people contact me saying, said I posted up on Twitter and Instagram like I was going to go see uh, the Joker movie and people mm-hmm. were like can you tell me how it is because I don't know if I'll like it or not mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've messaged several people back saying, I don't think you will like this movie, I think this is a very uncomfortable movie, it relies on building tension it relies on uncomfortable moments uh even like phoenix's laugh as the joker is on par with mark hamill's it Ew. is fucking iconic when you read into uh or when you start being shown by the movie this laugh it's not his it's not why this is not him laughing it's, it's a, something it's defense else. mechanism or something isn't it it's a nervous response yeah it's a, it's a weird tick he has, in a way, and when you start seeing it through that lens, you're like, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It adds a whole new level to, like, that laugh, and it adds a whole, like, it adds several layers to that character, and when you start to realise what sets it off, you're like, oh, and then there's a little bit of explanation as to why that might happen, you're like, okay, this makes a lot more sense from a very kind of damaged individual point of view. But is it like it's it's terrifying and it's it's uncomfortable for long periods of this movie. You you don't know what's going to happen, and that's part of the fun of the Joker is when he snaps. What's he going to do? Yeah, he can be stable for forty five minutes during a dinner conversation, and at forty six minutes, he flips the table, shoots up the fucking restaurant, and disappears through the ceiling somehow. You have no idea he had that planned the whole time, but he just has that in him to yeah. go from zero to hundred in less than half a second. But the uh, <laughs> the stories that have come out about the, like, people being ejected from the cinema for being a bit twitchy. Mm-hmm. One guy just had, like, a bit of a, a, a t- like, a neck twitch, like, he just had thing, and uh, he was ejected from mm-hmm. the cinema by security. Oh. There was, uh, I was watching, I think maybe, it might have been in Nick Ricada's stream, actually Ricada Law for more of the Vic Mingana situation, mm-hmm. um, and he has, uh, there was a guy in his chat claiming to be, uh, like, private security, he says, I have worked the entire weekend because of this fucking Joker movie. I've been posted at a cinema just in case that happens. I couldn't do shit about it, but having security guards there apparently has uh, been a, a fairly standard procedure in the US. Obviously, we have none of that issue because we don't have any uh, gun violence. We don't have access to guns, but still, yeah. I think... There was two people ejected in the Chicago theatre as well for uh, blowing smoking people, which is basically being a dick. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with it. But all these... Uh, like comic book websites, desperate for clicks, are printing all these stories. So, oh my god! Yeah. The 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 ridiculous behavior of the Joker movies. I'm like, dude, two people were ejected in Chicago. Like, it's it's not a Chicago movie unless somebody gets dragged out by the fucking police. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a theater in Chicago. Do you know what Chicago's an absolute nightmare nowadays? Like, it's not. Yeah. This is not bad behavior. This is just like this is statistical behavior in a cinema when you have hundreds of people sitting down and watch a movie. This is nothing but you're you're wasting. Time reporting on this. I, I sent out a tweet this morning from, uh, like, retweeting, it was comicbook.com or something like that. Yeah,
1: comicbook resources or something
0: like that. And uh, I said, if you'd asked to print this in a physical newspaper, the editor would have slapped you in the face for wasting fucking ink on this yeah. story. It's a non-story. Get the fuck over it. Yeah,
1: it, it's, it really annoys me because it is just more clickbait bullshit. It's people just going, oh, the geek community's being prejudiced for being asked to leave a cinema. Like, No, it's people... It's people are heightened because of you know what happened the last time a Batman movie came out. Mm. Not, I mean well before Batman vs Superman the last time Joker appeared in a Batman movie, bad things happened, which is why I think in Suicide Squad they cut Joker way the fuck down.
0: And it's just because we're now more aware of what's going on with the incels yeah. and this violent. What's toxic going on with other that people that could exist. be influenced by this movie? And people who do there are a lot of these guys that do view the Joker as an uh, an anarchic icon. Like yeah, he people is. People see
1: him as a as a guide, and it's definitely <laughs> it's the wrong person to be following. Yeah, I mean, be more Batman, less Joker. <laughs> yeah, I, you can in um, fact maybe not be Batman because Batman's kind of he's got his own <laughs> issues. He's got depression. He's got obsessive compulsive disorder. He's got
0: he's, he's his own whole like b- bag of issues, and just
1: yeah, poisons himself with the most dangerous poisons known to man, just so he can build up a body immunity to it.
0: I I don't see why there was this massive uproar. About I mean maybe it's just because we're in the UK we're immune from the whole yeah. shooting up the cinema thing, um, but I do not see this wide hysteria. Like the hysteria yeah. of this is more of an issue than the actual idea of violence by people in a the cinema. There was probably the amount of wasted ink has yeah. gone into this and I mean I fear just, this has caused for people like this is probably like it's had a phenomenal opening weekend it's something like 98 million yeah, or something a, it's a great opening but I for think- October weekend it's fucking absurd like it's a yeah. great launch but at the same time like you've probably kept people away from the cinemas from seeing a great piece of cinema yeah. because of some weird like preordained bias mm. against people
1: who don't like women on the internet I think it's just again uh, uh, from the from the people posting the articles, I think it is a complete fucking waste of your time because all you're doing is just, you're you're stirring into this mass hysteria, this mass fucking chaos machine. And I think that's definitely the wrong way to go because I'm going to go see it. Chances are I'm going to fucking like it because it's it's a good DC film. And we don't get those that often. We don't get those Oops. that often and it's a good character film. Yeah. So don't dissuade people from going to see it because too many people just go, oh fuck it, I'll download it. No, actively go to the cinema, support your local cinema, go and see this. And seeing people, or, oh, or saying uh, other people saying mass hysteria because of uh, what could potentially happen, maybe at some point in the near future because of Joker. Yeah.
0: You may also get hit by a bus on the yeah, way to you the You may scum. also
1: get eaten by a shark that flies out of the fucking water and decides to chomp yeah. you. This, this yeah.
0: idea that we should let fear govern our lives is yeah, it's, disgusting. It's stupid. It is really stupid. And it, it really annoys the shit i to mean hear it because it's it's just not the way you're supposed to live. You're not supposed to be governed by this fear and it's very telling that it's only the media that does this. Yeah. No, there's not people in the cinema. There's not people going up to each other and the street going, are you scared about going to see the Joker? Because
1: you make a shot. Yeah, it is, It's definitely, it is, again, I think we're lucky because in the UK we don't yeah. have widespread access to guns. If you want access to guns, you need to be some kind of armed response unit for the... Yeah. police farmers can have shotguns farmers can have shotguns but I think it's something to do with the ammunition that they use yeah. the it's, it's
0: certain types of shot and uh, you've yeah. hunters and it's very limited yeah. access to we don't
1: have that and we're we're very comfortable over here thinking the worst thing that Captain does is we might get knifed or you might get the shit yeah. being out of us yeah. but most people in the UK and most people probably around the world just realise that this is a movie meant to highlight a very very disturbed character Yeah, it's not meant to highlight those same characteristics in other people yeah it's just meant to, th- it's meant to be entertainment
0: it's a portrait of a very broken passion yeah. and pretty good odds that no one you know is this broken yeah. let's hope so but I yeah, definitely recommend it ignore the fucking nonsense coming out because this thing is it's only designed to drive clicks
1: it just tells you oh, 100%
0: all these people live in an economy fueled by fear and they are going to make you scared to keep their jobs yeah it's fucking disgusting but, but
1: I, th- I think that this whole Influ- this this whole this claim that a lot of people are a lot of people are stating that should, this will influence other people it may influence a certain group of people but I get the feeling if you were if you were inspired by this movie you were going to do it anyway yeah if you were if you were inspired by this movie that is just literally the spark that set off the bonfire
0: yeah it, but, it's not even a spark that set off the bonfire it was a spark next to a bonfire that was already raging yeah but there are one other group of people who are affected yep. by this done Yep, Who is. might those
1: people be? Uh, there's one other group of people that you might not think would be affected by a movie like the Joker and it's the it's the group of people that always get affected by any new comic book movie that comes out any new popular piece of media that comes out and those are the cosplayers <laughs> because uh, those cosplayers will see uh, or certain certain cosplayers, not all cosplayers will see the fact that this is how this Joker acts and when they cosplay this character that's how they need to act right. and that is probably one of the worst things that you can do and I'm using this as a very loose segue into talking about my adventures at MCM Comic Con last weekend no yeah last weekend yeah I think it, it was last maybe two weekend, weekends yeah. ago it's been a it passes by the week after Comic Con always passes hella quick
0: and that's because you have the flu and you get all kind of drowsy oh, yeah fuck it I was, I was flu floored for two days
1: Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't my nose was all stuffy and it was horrible but it was from for the most part I'd say it was just a really really good uh, weekend uh, I got to meet some really cool people. I met the guy that voiced uh, Beerus, Jason Douglas. Really fucking cool guy. Happy to sit and chat away if it wasn't for them, massive queue of Dragon Ball fans behind me. Met Ian Sinclair, voice of Weiss. Again, just a fucking good dude to talk to. Really happy to talk about. Annoyed that his character's not in Dragon Ball Fighters. I would be too. Because the first thing I asked was, uh, Do you think you'll ever. I said, How annoyed are you that uh, Weiss isn't, isn't in Dragon Ball Fighters? And I said, You're annoyed. <laughs> Every time I play Beerus at the front of my team in Dragon Ball Fighters, I have to see me warp in and stand to the right to let Beerus <laughs> come forward. And I went, you need to get on to Bandai Namco and just hammer them, say, we want Weiss. And it's like, well, they might be doing another season. And I just went, if there's a vote, I'm voting for Weiss. And it's cool. It's really, really cool guy. I met uh, Nolan North.
0: I want it to be Weiss, but like in brackets, holding back. <laughs> we, we weiss holding back. Weiss eh, you can go to totally behind his
1: back. <laughs> or it's just, yeah. I think I'd be cool just seen Weiss actually go full bore on someone because you see him when he fights uh, Broly mm. he, he's hitting them on the he's head with just his... toying with him yeah he's just like oh cool this is
0: funny <laughs> he's been uh, we talked about uh, how heavy the dumbbells are quite a lot mm-hmm. he's the announcer for that show and he is going ham on the mic. He's absolutely—he's just leaning into it. It's, so, it's such a ridiculous show yeah. that he's—he's he's perfect for it because as Wheeze he's got this ridiculously kind of charming but funny, weird yeah. personality. It just comes across great in that show. But he—he—he he sounds like a cool guy. To hang oh, he's out a with.
1: really cool guy. And he—he was—he he always does this thing where he's just—he's willing to sit and talk to the fans for fucking hours. And uh, there was a little—there was a woman there with her daughter. And her daughter was a huge fan of Ian Sinclair, and he was running around the con with her. They were going up to stalls. Like Ian Sinclair was carrying her around and shit like that. Dude, you're going above and beyond. You don't need to do that. You could just sit behind your. I mean, you could pull a Steve Cardenas and just. uh, Steve Cardenas, the Red Ranger from the old Power Ranger show that we used to watch. Fucked off for two hours and didn't come back. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) No one was in his line. He just went, I'm out. He just disappeared yeah. for two hours there was people there waiting on him and they were trying to get in touch with him but he just disappeared for two hours
0: did you see the the video I think it was on uh, Philly D last night and it was the uh, the YouTubers who charged like 50 quid for a meet up yeah and did like a photo up with like the four of them and then they had a fan come in and none like nobody like perks up for the photo everyone just kind of uh, and yeah, and they're all just Hard kind of the, photo done. they just kind of like, yeah, just get on with it. And it's it's horrifyingly like, yeah. when you have these fun experiences that you have, and it's like get like, to meet his passion. it's yeah. so professional. It was so fun, but it was like it was personal. But I know at the same time he's gonna have that same interaction with like hundred yeah. people behind me. Like when yeah, you compare ridiculous. that to what this video is, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> how much do you how did you like do you you were you're waiting in an autograph line, right?
1: Yeah, I paid for to meet. Uh, Jason Douglas and Ian Sinclair that was £50 because it was £25 each which is not too bad that's not bad it's not That's a bit normal it's not great but the most expensive one was Nolan North at 36 quid.
0: but that's Nolan North and that's so. Nolan
1: North he's there each year and I bought a t-shirt the, the new retro replay t-shirt
0: yeah. if you if you don't know who Nolan North is Google Stop. a video game character <laughs> Yeah. he voices that <laughs> Google
1: Uncharted Last of Us now just
0: Google a video game
1: character yeah just Google any video game you can he's actually the
0: original Whack Whack Noises from Pac-Man yeah, yeah. Big 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 facts. Big facts. Big
1: facts. We're dropping big facts and big knowledge.
0: Yeah. Big brain time. Big <laughs> brain
1: IQ plays. But yeah, I was sitting talking to him and I, I when I went to meet Nolan North, I had this uh, this art print of uh, Deadpool. And I said, could you sign that and ask him to put a quote from uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three? Yeah. It's just says, Feel the love of a hyper combo. And it was like <laughs> okay, that's pretty fun, I'm gonna get that put yeah. down. And he was uh, he noticed me limping, he went, I, I was, like, I, I said, I noticed you limping over there. Is your knee all right? And he went. I went oh yeah it's just an old rugby engine. and he went oh you play rugby I was like yeah, yeah. and then I noticed the queue was standing behind me I thought fuck it Nolan North's talking to me I'm going in and I was like this is a, uh, where do you play and I said front row and he said it's said just out of interest how many injuries you had and I said I've had plenty but none of them have been concussions and he went let's see if you were American football you'd have been retired by now <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool and it was just uh, it's just a really fucking cool guy to talk yeah. to but talking to uh, some of the other people that were waiting in line behind me again uh, people with Power Rangers t-shirts on, just going Oh, I, I went to see Steve Cardenas yesterday and he was just going to... Thank you. Literally signing next, shit. Next, next. Just, next oh, yeah. Get this done, get this done. Frisbee photos at the Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got the human ray of sunshine at the end of the row that is Charles Martinet, Mario. Oh, right, yeah. He was just fucking happy. He was he, Yeah, Mario was Holy there. Holy shit. My brother and James met... Uh, Argic met him. Fuck it. I hate calling him by a streamer name. <laughs> uh, our, our buddy James was there... Uh, Uh, and he was just he came up he came up to me at the end of it and he got his copy of Super Mario Sunshine and he went dude find something with Mario's face on it and go and talk to him you need to go and talk to this guy and uh, when my brother was around getting his copy of Skies of Arcadia which is an old school Dreamcast RPG where he he played a character called Vigoro, who was this kind of over amorous like playboy type thing who's uh, had this oversized cod piece where he had his gun right <laughs> he had this weird club gun thing and his main attack is he would put the, the gun in front of the cod piece and it would extend out <laughs> it's a very <laughs> Japanese game and he came over and he, he opened the case and went oh Skies of Arcadia why do I remember that and my brother said eh, do you play the character called Vigoro and he went shit I did I <laughs> and he went yeah he did and he went oh I remember now and he started signing quotes from it and he sat and spoke to Gordon for so long that the people behind him were just going, this is cool and all, but hurry up. <laughs> really glad you're having your moment there, but come on, time yeah. is money, Just people. absolute human race, of sunshine. We went to see a panel with uh, Jason Liebrecht, who is uh, in a yeah, Champa from uh, Dragon Ball Super, right, yeah. uh, and I had Ian Sinclair, Jason Douglas, uh, had, and Charles Martinet with it, and they were just answering questions back and forth. And nine times out of ten the other three guys just put the microphone down because Charles Martinet was just taking up so much of the time <laughs> he's just like I'm going to give you my experience because I've been doing this shit a long time and yeah. the interesting thing is every single Mario game that he's recorded for yeah. two hour session full game because huh. what does Mario say? he does jump noises he does <laughs> like that's, it. No, that's <laughs> it It's not much like, he said uh, he, he recorded Mario Kart uh, Tour which is the new mobile game yeah. done that whole thing in an hour and a half yeah because it's just like, he has to do the, whoa, 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 whoa. like when he's spinning out, he has to do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like, have
0: to, like, have dialogue with Luigi about, yeah. like, their dying mother or <laughs>
1: He's like, Luigi, mother's a dead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she died of the
0: cancer. Who make it the pasta now? <laughs> eat
1: up a mother. Eat, eat up a mama. She's trying to spoon feed us dead <laughs> <laughs> meatball
0: The meatball thrown in the chest. <laughs>
1: Just spilling onto your newer trousers.
0: <laughs> Mama, no. <laughs>
1: Luigi, it's time to face effect. Mama, dead.
0: <laughs> I like this Luigi. Mario just has to deal with the fact that Luigi can't deal with Mario's mom's dead. Daisy's
1: sitting there in the corner, just black eye, just going, I tried to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just meeting the people was so much fucking fun. And we went to the retro replay, plan- uh, retro replay live show. Right, which they just fucking ramped up from last year. Because last year it was just introdu- introduction, sit down, play games. This time they came out. They had bits. They had uh, a cyanide and happiness animated shorts. No way. Yeah, they have done like they came out with uh, they came out singing to, uh, uh, Africa by Total. Right. They came out singing to that, and they then en- but they played the game for a bit. And then the two of them just started running around the room singing. Uh, what the fuck's the name of the song from Aladdin? Whole the oh, world. world, yeah, and the, the two of them are just like taking the piss. Uh, one of the people who I know from high school, her, her sister's phone got nicked. Troy mm. Baker was just running around recording himself with her phone. <laughs> so if there's a, I think uh, her name on Twitter, if you want to see the video, is Ginger Bexigram. It's oh, her sister. Right. right, her sister got her phone nicked, and John uh, Troy Baker's just running around with her phone. It's pretty cool, and the two of them just fucking killed it. Uh,
0: I did have a good laugh and I saw Ginger Bakes post up a, a, an image of a t-shirt she got and it just says hentai you know that love story between that girl and the octopus
1: <laughs> oh there's tons of those I saw that I was
0: like oh shit I wish I had that
1: shirt I don't oh, know I, did. I, I mean I can get you one alright nice. dude if you want one I can get you one interesting next month I can get you one
0: <laughs> <Next> <laughs> if I give you the money now if you
1: give me the money now next month I can get you one okay right, I will shake your hand right All now right. if you want one
0: deal's done ladies and gentlemen you heard it Excel. audio proof is uh, you XL to... or two XL?
1: Uh, at least double XL. All right, cool. Because I have, I have it large and it's tight. So uh, right, definitely double. I've got the double XL, right? It yeah. should be actually come out about ten quid or something.
0: Ah, oh, that's dirt cheap.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll get you, if you want one, I will get you one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I don't know where you're getting it from, but it sounds like something I, I have my ways. I have my ways. <laughs> I, I got my connections. <laughs> All right, uh, like I said, meeting people and uh, even meeting people that are also into uh, retro replay. Yeah, and the convention was. Uh, and after the show which is fucking amazing because uh, at the end of it they threw out free posters mm-hmm. and for some reason if you throw something at me even if I'm not looking I'll catch it <laughs> so they were throwing posters over my head and I was sitting talking to them I was like yep, oh, fuck, I've already got one
0: <laughs> I'm sitting there with that Dom, I guarantee you, you're going to regret saying that on a podcast you're, someone is going to you meet a fan and it will just throw shit at you randomly from across the street <laughs> just will, to see what happens I,
1: I mean, if you're going to throw shit at me I will throw it back at you so <laughs> be wary of that caveat emptor, bitch <laughs> I will catch it and I will return that motherfucker <laughs> and I got a mean right arm, by the way <laughs> I, got, I, I got a good throw But it, so there were posters getting flung over my head and I was just like really like, there's people behind me trying to catch them i'm just i'm really sorry i can't stop <laughs> so i'm just like grabbing them throwing them behind me just i, I mean I, I got one for myself i was like right put that into my bag and i was like oh, there's gonna be another one stop throwing them this way <laughs> i'm a fucking monster <laughs> eventually there's someone standing in front of me going i caught one but did you really need to catch them all i went, i can't stop
0: <laughs> i have accidentally trained myself through rugby to catch everything that's thrown everything at me that's thrown at any, at me. any angle <laughs> And they were, you didn't need to pick up the lassie in front of you and lift her up was, catch one
1: <laughs> no but one one poster the poster that I actually kept got thrown in front of me and I just went I know this guy's going to grab it but fuck it <laughs> I stuck my hand out and caught it then they all just kept being flung over me I was like eventually one of their handlers one of the Troy and Nolan's handlers came over and went did you keep all those posters like no I was throwing them behind me Yeah, and she went well, you didn't need to catch them all I went I know I didn't. (laughs) I couldn't stop. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. (laughs) These hands. (laughs) Why are they so efficient? (laughs) But my main issue with Comic-Con this year is, once again, every fucking convention I go to, y'all motherfuckers is nasty. Because you don't wear deodorant. (laughs) You don't bring deodorant with you. And half of you have got these little fan things to cool you down that just blow the smell at me.
0: Oh, the little electronic... No, it's like a fan. Like an actual
1: Japanese... What Geisha fan. Geisha fan. Yeah. And they're just blowing the stank smell at me. At one point, there was some dude that sat in front of me at the Charles Martinette panel, and he just sat there, and he kept doing this to try and air it himself. Just as
0: rotating his shoulders, by the way. Yeah, like, I was
1: like, he, but he didn't do that. It was like he was flapping his arms. I don't know, but like the, the full shoulder the rotation is like yeah.
0: with the arms out, so you get yeah. the whole shoulder thing.
1: He was just trying to... Uh, get some air about him and the smell was just getting blown at me. I unashamedly sprayed deodorant at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what did you do? I went, dude, the smell. And he went, oh, it's Comic-Con. Everyone gets a bit hot-sweating. I went, yeah, but most of us go and freshen up with deodorant. Nasty. <laughs> you, <laughs> say, you motherfucker,
0: just smile at people and you don't have good teeth, yeah. so shut the fuck up. <laughs>
1: but that was... I will say this. It is getting better. A lot of people, a lot of people that I'd seen this year had diligent and stuff in the bags because there's yeah. people walking about and you know how they have the side pouches for water bottles mm-hmm. if there wasn't a water bottle in there 8 times out of 10 there's a, a tin of dilgent just to spray it's and, fresh just, and
0: it, it. it's weird to think of that as a like a outside, of, <laughs> outside of the context of a geek convention that's weird like yeah. could you imagine doing that down the high street to go to the shops that'd be just yeah. you like, what the fuck is wrong with that person
1: yeah it doesn't make sense but
0: but in the context of a geek con actually yeah, kind of no, nice to see
1: and, and there was a few times we were walking uh walking through the kind of main conventions because like, you've been there the big uh, everything goes in kind of queues yeah. you just kind of shuffle behind someone you're like children learning to walk because you can't walk quickly you just have to waddle behind someone Yeah. Uh, there was one point where uh, some there was a guy in front of me and he just sprayed the ocean over himself and it caught me in the mouth he went oh dude I'm so sorry I went no you don't need to apologise you're doing the right thing you're, you're
0: doing f- your part you're doing
1: your part join <laughs> the militia
0: salute Eden <laughs>
1: <laughs> well done sir uh, went, oh, oh cool uh, you and I was coughing at the time I was like, are you okay? And I went yeah I'll be fine just I'm glad people are taking the fucking hint right so you're getting better with your hygiene it's mm-hmm. on the up but where you're on the decline is being harassing dicks because so many fucking stories after the convention happened because I'm on the Facebook page mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just called MCM Comic Con Scotland I'm on that so many people just going why is it when I wear a costume that shows off a bit more skin people just think they have carte blanche to grab, poke, prod ask me to do weird sexual things and I just thought okay, I I did a bit more digging into this and I I just kept looking down, I won't name names because they had enough to deal with at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll keep it all neutral Uh, there was people that were getting asked uh, particularly cosplayers that were wearing maybe Sort of scantily clad costumes, like pl- cosplaying female characters. Like, hey, could you bend down and point, like, could you bend down and look directly at the camera? like you're just trying to get a cleavage shot. Mm-hmm. And then that was pretty bad as it was. And people getting harassed when they're eating. If there's a cosplayer sitting eating, they has got, oh, can we please get a picture with you? And like, I've just bought a eight pound hot dog. Can I just eat the hot dog?
0: Can we at least enjoy it while it's warm? Yeah.
1: Like, right, And people getting photos taken, a cosplayer's getting the photo taken while they're not paying attention. So people just walking up, sticking the camera in their face. That's pretty bad, but uh, a few that I seen were uh, cosplayers who were just getting the pushy people coming up to them. Because I will say that most of the people that I seen uh, getting a picture taken, because uh, a few people, uh, James that I was there with, he uploads all this shit through his own Twitter, mm. through his own Facebook page. He, he genuinely likes taking photos and he likes getting talking to people that way. So he was going up to saying, "Do you mind if I take a photo?" Mm. Being completely respectful, click done, Have, shake hands, having
0: them. a basic amount of human
1: decency. Yeah, I mean, just be a decent human being. Yeah, and. Uh, a couple of times I was, they were asking me, oh, Can you hold this for me? That's fine. But uh, other other people are just going, Oh, can we get a picture with you? And I'd rather not than now. I'm kind of tired. Like, oh, come on, it'll be fine. Just like come in, like, forcing their arm around them, bringing them in, snapping a photo, and there's no smiles in that. Yeah. And then it gets progressively worse from that when uh, there's cosplayers with uh, props. And they were going, oh, can I can I touch the prop? And they're no, I don't want you to touch the prop. It took me a lot of time. It's very fragile. Just mm-hmm. can you leave it? No, I want to touch it. Come on, it'll be fine. Five minutes. Yeah, come on, <laughs> like, ripping it out of their hands and shit. Because there was a there was a Thor cosplayer who made his own Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. The thing was fucking huge and it was pretty pretty weighted. You can tell that he used maybe denser or uh, foam. Mm-hmm. Like they, he carved it out of the foam. And uh, some days said, oh dude, can I just hold it for two seconds? He went, nah man, it's like it's kind of heavy. I'd rather just keep hold of it that way. I don't lose it. He went, nah, come on, it'll be cool. And he literally, he said, you can, um, he can let you look at it, I'll hold it and you can look at it, and the guy just went, "No nah, man I want to hold it, and took it out of his hands and at that point, he was with his friends and he went, fucking give it back <laughs> or we will get you kicked out of the con and it just kind of limped on quite a bit and then more stories came out of uh, cosplayers wearing cloaks and stuff and people saying, oh can I touch your cloak and they go, no, 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 and then just aiming for the breast area a right. couple of people getting grabbed, a couple of asses getting grabbed, a lot of people asking can I lay across your thighs Like, can I lay my head against your thighs that's a weeb thing,
0: I mean, that is an unashamedly weeb thing, it's a thing that happens yeah, but it's still a good thing to
1: ask a cosplayer in the middle of a con, a lot of people, a lot of cosplayers have now said they're never going to cosplay again because of the experience that they've had and the fact that uh, MCM have done nothing about it except put up a few posters saying we run an anti-harassment policy Yeah, it's not good enough, I think the next step up from that would be have people literally just wandering around the con? Volunteers just keeping an eye out for this shit.
0: I I don't have, think you can Give con that to a volunteer. I think it needs to be staff. I think yeah. I think
1: staff paid staff. Even fucking security yeah, wandering around like the halls.
0: The, the the actual elevation of security. So security going around saying you're in breach of our cosplay is not yeah, consent anti harassment policy campaign. uh you're being ejected from the con. Yeah, get out. No no I bullshit.
1: Think, I think unashamedly they need to start doing that because yeah. it's not just it's not just you know what you prototypically think it's young males going up to females doing this mm. it's vice versa yeah because there's a lot of people that do the like go the full cosplay right if they want to play a character that's maybe a bit more bulky and muscular mm. they will put in the effort there was a, a couple of people cosplaying as a uh, Gokin Vegeta that had a bit of definition a bit of muscle about them And they were getting harangued by older women just going, ah, come on, let's get a fucking photo. Like, grabbing the guy's biceps, putting a hand around the shoulder and kind of putting a hand on the thigh and stuff. Mm. And you could clearly tell that these guys are uncomfortable. It's not just a one gendered issue. It's all these people, and it's turning people away from cosplay. And that's part of the reason why you go to a convention is because cosplayers want to meet other cosplayers. If you're slowly and systematically eliminating those people and removing the fun for those people, the con itself is going to become populated by... Just regular people that just want to go there and buy stuff and don't want to interact with each other. It's just going to become a blinkered event where people are just going, I want to go to this stall. Thank you for your purchase.
0: Or even worse than that, you have your layers of a cosplay community being destroyed, which Mm. is a shame because part of the joy of a a geek convention is realising you're not alone. Yeah. Your geeky passion is shared by thousands of people who all live in driving radius of you. That is honestly... That is the
1: beauty of Comic Con, especially in Scotland because the anime community is not... As thriving over here as it is in the other places.
0: Yeah, there is a pretty good community. There's enough to put on like film festivals yeah, stuff. Every now it's and getting again. better,
1: but it's it's but, still not yeah. it's still not when as big we when we were in school. It was just, oh you like anime? Oh cool. Now it's just it's more of a. There's two of us now. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah two yeah. of us now. It's, <laughs> it's becoming better and better yeah. from that, but it's still I think there's still the overhang from that where yeah. just anime is this weird well, subculture thing.
0: Geek geek communities when you realise how big it is. It's very reassuring. It's very good for someone to realize that it's not just you in your bedroom alone at night talking to like thirty strangers that you know on the internet, yeah. and then you realize, oh, actually, that you recognize that pe- wait, that person's from my high school. Yeah, that's weird. Like that—that's that's good for a young person to learn as a yeah. nerd, because um, then it also makes you realize, oh, wait, you still have to have some social graces to yeah. avoid being this type of deck that we're talking about here. Yeah. But if you if you get rid of uh, cosplay communities, like people who are cosplayers are probably going there for the same reason as other geeks. It's nice to see that your geeky hobby in cosplay has a community there as well. That must be so reassuring that there's other people you can talk to, you can network, you can branch out, you can meet other people with similar interests and you can, you know, get talking to those people so you have a, a community around you, which is nice, or get involved in the community. Hmm. Um, you, If you take away those people, if you got rid of a core cosplay community, the worst scenario possible is that that community, that group, has a few people who have bad experiences, as a group, they reject the cosplay next year or they don't get involved or they just don't go next year. Mm-hmm. Next year, a bunch of really green new recruits go in, like new cosplayers, people who kind of got into it last year, yeah. go there for fun just to see what it's like and then all of a sudden are uh, ambushed by the same issues that were happening last year yeah. if the con doesn't deal with it. And they have an absolute fucking nightmare of time. Could you imagine if you had uh, like somebody in the first six months... To a year into cosplay who wasn't there last year yeah. doesn't know what happened to the cosplayers at last year's event going in and receiving the same treatment, that person is gone they're done, they're yeah. out of the community the nerd community, the cosplay community, they're, they're just gone they disappear and they carry a resentment around with them for the rest of their lives Yeah,
1: I, I do think that's that's something that realistically the, the cosplay community that's uh, present in Scotland is probably going to have to face because more and more people are seeing what's happening to them just thinking this is happening year and year Mm-hmm. so many people are going to these conventions and getting harassed we're just going to stop doing it and then they become the sort of the old head of the team that steps away yeah. the new players come in and they just think oh well if this is what cosplay is like I'm going to badmouth cosplay because I don't feel safe yeah. I'm going to tell people don't go into cosplay because this will happen to you that will happen to you and that ultimately just make the cosplay community disappear it'd be a it'd be a terrible thing for it to happen because like you said the company of going to these com- going to the comic cons and realizing that there's just this company about it, mm-hmm. just think, alright, oh, you cosplay, I cosplay, and it's just this fucking friendships that are developed because of it. If you're not creating a safe space for that to flourish, you it basically will Basically, constrict. Yeah, it will die, and you're constricting a whole group of people that like to do this thing, and you're mm-hmm. removing that platform for them. Essentially, yeah.
0: I've been I've been lucky enough to have a couple hobbies that I've really enjoyed throughout my life. I cannot imagine what would have happened if there had been just one event that it just threw me off of one of them yeah, and just absolutely like I would have lost faith. like if you lost faith in the nerd community as a whole uh, because of one event that would be that's heartbreaking like yeah. imagine like, like, having horrendous. an entire life of passion or even just a couple months of like absolute investment in an idea in learning new skills or building yourself up to this uh, moment of being part of a community and then all of a sudden it's like oh it's fucking toxic and disgusting I'm Again. out that'd be absolutely heartbreaking no one should waste that time people yeah you need to have a better convention that really does stick to the cosplays not consent, no harassment yeah. policies I, th-
1: I think it's it's part of a naivety on behalf of Pop, who I think they leave it up to the convention goers to sort it out themselves which I think is just complete naivety I think they need to, like we said earlier, you need to have some kind of security, paid security, wandering around going, wait you grabbed that lassie clearly not into it she never gave you permission to do that. You're out of here. I don't think that you don't need operate a strike system. It's just get out. Yeah, you're you're clearly damaging to this whole convention. Get the fuck out. And I can maybe see them doing that. But they don't even do that at San Diego. They have security placed at checkpoints, and they have security at entrances and exits exits mm. to the convention. But ultimately, they don't even do that. Yeah, because as far as I know. You probably know, might know differently. that Harassment might not be as big an issue in San Diego.
0: That's a bigger convention. Yeah. It's with San Diego Comic Con. It's, it's a good example because it's the flagship, and it became part of a release schedule for mm. like by studios like Marvel, like Disney, to yeah. unveil new properties and stuff, new movies they're working on. It it shifted away from cosplay in a way. Yeah. There's other events there are that still are more people, famous for cosplay.
1: Yeah, there are still people that show up in costumes. But I think that's more. I'm not here to debut my weird anime character. I'm here to show that I like comic books and I'm dressed as Magneto or yeah. something like
0: that. I'm here in a more general geeky outfit. And yeah, I, you know, it's it's not all in on cosplay. Like I'd say, an event like BlizzCon, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all in on the cosplay. Balls to the wall on cosplay for Blizzard ca- characters, although <laughs> maybe not this year.
1: Yeah, um, well, they, they've got their own. Blizzard's having the issues the world, this right? year. Yeah, and um, I, have, I have some things to say about that as well, but
0: no just uh, we'll go back to conventions and just say yeah but it's, if,
1: if you're actively not policing this it's more for you because
0: you will suffer for you this. will
1: suffer for it you will suffer massively because I'd say about 70% of the people that attend cons go in, go in costume there's a lot of people cutting about in costumes
0: I haven't been to a con in a while actually no was, that's that's a very high number I would like, think about it. I'd, I'd it, actually it, flip it to about 30
1: yeah I'd say 30-40% to 40% of your people are showing up in costumes yeah that cosplay element disappears. Just say it. Just say we'll go for the go for the jugular and say the if we're acting on the the influ- the information that has disappeared, you lose two hours of your show because you don't have a cosplay masquerade. You lose a massive chunk of your uh, panel time because you don't have anyone t- coming in to talk about cosplays.
0: Just your door revenue from cosplayers
1: who are jilted cosplay's and not want come yeah. through, and you lose potential guests because of guests who are into cosplay. Because I remember they had the. Uh, Someday, Doom Ivy Doom Yeah, she showed up one year in a, in a kind of panel. She was the panel judge. She judged the whole cosplay contest, her and a couple other uh, American cosplayers. Uh, you're going to lose people at like that because they just see how... Yeah. Wet, if the how local
0: cosplay community isn't in good shape, the internationals won't come. Yeah, you never And no gonna one's going to come to, no one will ever debut any of their costumes that yeah. they want to make. Nobody's going to do that if there's... Not a community there that's kind of grassroots, the local community. And nobody will actually show up yeah. for that. It,
1: it, it's definitely they would be they would be the worst for doing it, and I, I don't think they will. I think they will get out in front of it and, and hopefully like, stop it because a lot of people have been. Yeah. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of people on a a lot today, but quite a few of the the con patrons have put in the evaluation form, just saying this is this is not on. This is unacceptable. Mm. Angry parents as well. Mm. Uh, friends of people saying this. What ha- this is what happened to my friend. She's a close friend. Please make sure this doesn't happen again. And it's not just people uh, that. Like, I don't. Wanna, I'm trying to phrase this very gingerly because I don't want to say it's happening more to people with mental health issues. Because there's a lot of people with autism mm-hmm. that were there that didn't really know how to react. It's happening to you know the people with autism and other mental health issues as well as it's happening to the quote unquote. Regular normal, eh, uh, the Joe public average. The Joe version. public average, yeah. I, I wasn't really sure to say that because, like, oh, there's the, no right way to say yeah, it. There's, just, there's the autists go and then right, there's basically. the fucking, yes,
0: yeah. normies, notists, so. yeah. The, the normies, notists, <laughs> and now they both say re, so it's really hard to figure yeah, out. Now, who now, he does now most.
1: We, we can't find that line. No, um, there's no,
0: no, there's no correct way to say normal, so yeah. just say normal, yeah. I'm sorry,
1: it's happening in both types of people, so you can't say, oh, this is happening to our they're just know. being oversensitive. It's like, no, this is happening to no, this is happening to both works of people, both male and female, transgender. And there's a lot of change in the cosplayers as well. It's a it's basically a bright beacon for your yeah. conventions. If, it's we a, have it's a really a common factor that yeah, people we can have enjoy. A, we have an inclusive cosplay scene, or we had an inclusive cosplay scene. That is what you might say if this goes away because you failed to police a simple thing of con security. Mm. Maybe just having a couple of people walking the con floor, talking to people, just saying, "How are you getting on? Are you good?" that's a uh, nice costume has anyone has anyone said anything to you just have someone walk on the floor it takes no time at all you could have volunteers or if you really want to police it heavily and cut this thing out at the base yeah. you get paid people in there, paid security I guarantee you'll get paid security that will happily do this
0: have you seen nerds? they're not going to pick a fight with a 6 foot 6 security guard <laughs> exactly
1: even if the 6 foot 6 security guard is covered in fucking dragon ball tattoos they're still yeah. not going to pick a fight with them
0: it's, it's not going to like, and you can feel free to. I would honestly say, if you're a con runner, feel free to be harsh about this because yeah, you're nope. protecting a community of creative people who draw attention to your convention, mm-hmm. who bring who a are the face of your attitude, convention, um, who can be their own stars in their own right and make great things for your convention and draw mm-hmm. attention to it over a community of shitheads who just want to grab an ass or take an annoying photo yeah
1: or just be generally unpleasant towards people
0: people who should just learn the rules of social interaction yeah I would honestly advise support those creatives those yeah. those cosplayers over shitheads yeah
1: because <laughs> you'll get you'll get the regular Joe Puppet person like myself who will just go to a con if I see a cool cosplay I might snap a photo of it but I'm more often than not going to be respectful about it like yeah. not even more often than not I 100% of the time I'm going to be respectful yeah. about it
0: all, all it takes is hey do you mind if I just quickly put yeah, like, like you just hold the phone up and just point you and say, do you mind if I just quickly yeah. take a
1: photo and or just go over introduce yourself well, I mean what I do now is just to make everything ultra clear if I were to take a picture I go up shake the hand do you mind if I take a photo I really like your the most recent I mean I haven't taken photos at a convention in fucking ages because mm. I don't like doing it on a phone I'd rather do it on a camera and mm. my camera that I, I was running up until recently was 3-4 years old so it wasn't really taking the best quality the pictures. But the last time I went up to a cosplayer, they were dressed as a character from Fire Emblem Awakening. He said, Real let your costume to have to take a photo? And I said, yeah, sure, of course. And she did a couple of different poses. And that's genuinely how she do it. Because if you say, I love this character that you're portraying, and I think your portrayal is awesome, it makes them so much fucking better. Yeah. If you go up to someone, and this is genuinely what happened to someone, if you grab them by the shoulder and spin them, and say, can I take a fucking photo? <laughs> don't be surprised if that person causes you to lose some teeth because if you did that to me I'd fucking jab you in the jaw (laughs) knock you the fuck out be respectful like don't be a cunt build the community you want to see get some (laughs) no one wants to see this this bullshit nah no one wants to see this and it seems to be every year I go to Comic Con or go to any convention I have to call out the same two fucking things your B.O. y'all fucking smell (laughs) and y'all fucking nasty
0: (laughs) And those are two entirely separate sentences. Yeah,
1: and it's not you're nasty because yours, but you're being nasty because cosplayers feel like they can't come out anymore. They can't come out to these cons and they can't show off their cool fucking fire emblem costumes, their cool Batman, Superman costumes. And those
0: those people can make a day like not in a big way, but in yeah. a kind of like nice. Like you just kind of yeah. like you catch at the corner, and you're like dude, that's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had that uh, at this at last week's con. There was a a good Omens cosplay and it was genuinely it was the only person that I'd seen that they got the hair right they got everything right and I went you've genuinely that's the best a costume that I've seen today mm. uh, this weekend and the person I said to was like oh dude you have no idea you just fucking made my weekend Yeah. and uh, there was and that's
0: guys, two nerds who just walked out there yeah. happy and ecstatic and I guarantee you're I coming back you. next year
1: same thing with uh, there was a guy cosplaying as Sir Robin from uh, Monty Python's um, right. Holy Grail <laughs> and I went brave Sir Robin and he the look on this guy's face he was just like somebody gets it You'd, you'd, if you don't have the, the con system and you, and you don't have this, if you don't have the con cop system or the not in the ejection system where people just write, you're being harassed and get out, you lose that. And I think it's just as simple as you don't even give them strikes, it's just you out. Yeah, you fucked up. I don't care if you paid for weekend tickets, get the fuck out. Yeah, you fucked it up, it's on you. And if they are happy with that, we want a refund
0: take up with management <laughs> <laughs> good luck getting it yeah you and things you can you can probably write your ticket in such a way like write the, the terms and uh, terms and conditions that if you you could probably write it in a way that you would
1: say if you are ejected by con security you'll lose all right to refunds and I think that's yeah. probably what they do because if you're ejected... have uh, it's not something I've seen a lot of yeah. but if you if someone does get ejected by the convention security they lose any right to come back in the following day if they're yeah. in on a Saturday they can't come back Sunday security won't know who they are... Yeah remember who they are and say nah I kicked you out yesterday Did you ain't getting back in
0: mm. and uh, if you have to be harsh
1: be harsh and I think that's how you do it you you stamp it out at the source before it gets too before it gets worse, before it gets too unwieldy mm. and before people just start saying I will never come back to this convention I was this, I was that mm. if you're going to lose one arsehole at the con that's going to be generally, generally creepy and unpleasant Yeah. fine but if you lose a creative that's willing to show off what they've made and is willing to contribute to the community as a whole, you're fucking up. Mm. Because you want to keep that dickhead in because he pays for the weekend ticket as opposed to someone... So does the cosplayer. Yeah, so the, the cosplayer will pay for the same weekend ticket. I guarantee you, you're not losing much, not losing many sales if you kick out wee dickhead Jeremy and all these wee dickhead pals because they want to come in and grab some titty. Yeah. Or think they can grab some titty and get away with it. Yeah.
0: You actually talked about uh, voice actors. And yeah. uh, I remembered seeing something this morning... Was the uh, do you remember? Was uh, the Lion King the original? Yes. There was a story today, but the uh, the guy who did the the singing voice for young Simba, mm-hmm. his uh, is he was offered two million to play the role. For two million to play the role originally back in like ninety three or whatever. His mum rejected it in exchange for royalties. That is the smartest fucking business decision that's that a has fucking ever 200,
1: been. <laughs> that's a no. That's a four hundred IQ play. That is huge. <laughs> can you imagine, dude? Like two million now over what? Like, can you imagine re-releases in the cinema, Blu-ray, four K?
0: They put it in the vault, so it's got that twenty-five year anniversary edition. Yeah, it's, dude, it's nonsense. You're like, dude, that is big brain time. Yeah, that
1: <laughs> I can imagine. He, I, at that time, he's just going, "Mom, you just cheated me out of two million dollars." Just hand She's on the shoulder time. It. Give it time. <laughs> this will pay off. He's
0: just sitting there with a glass of whiskey. Now we play the waiting game, son. <laughs> that guy is paid for life.
1: Yeah, it's like, now we wait for the mouse money. What's yeah. mouse money? You'll see. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see. Then cut to now. He's just like, thank you. <laughs> fucking thank you. And, and that's, uh, I mean,
0: TV these like the lottery winners. Hmm. that get like a shit ton of cash and yeah. immediately fucking burn through it, destroy their lives, ruin all their friendships. Yeah. And there is actually lottery programs that suggest you should take this as a check. Like, as a once a year thing. Don't go for the big cash yeah. out prize. You actually get more apparently if you just take it over Taking time. installments, yeah. Um, but if you, if you just cash it out every year, if you win, apparently somebody won the biggest U, uh, UK lottery thing mm. like last night Um. and apparently there's a winner in the UK somewhere. Um. So there's like a series. Yeah, they'll be keeping that quiet. <laughs> I fucking would. And you just take it as a series of like yearly installments. Say, look, every year I'm going to get 50 grand for yeah. the next 50 years. You know, if you can take that just work out how much basically just give yourself like a rough estimate of when you're gonna die and be like yeah. I could probably make it to seventy, yeah. I'll take it for the next forty years. You know, give me the money right up until I yeah. think I'm gonna grow just and keep then keep as much out of it as you can.
1: Just keep cashing those checks. I, I'm I've never I played s- the lottery in my life though. Never played the lottery. I, I don't I'm a terrible player of games of chance, which is why I always roll low in D and Pathfinder. Yeah, I have never my average roll is about an eight. I never do great in games of chance. So
0: That's a D twenty as well. That's kind of impressive.
1: It's not consistent though. I am seeing it oh. average. It's it's all lower end single digits. It's, right. it's not fantastic. <laughs> I have the worst luck. Yeah. I had a I played a gunslinger that I had six attacks. I rolled ones on all six attacks. Shit, my guns blew up in my face and blinded my character. I had to kill him.
0: My <laughs> my best one was I was playing Warhammer forty k down in uh, Nottingham. Was mm. at Warhammer World and we we're doing uh, a 40k mission. It was like sixth edition, Deep Strike Terminator. So dropping randomly on the board, and uh, one of them happened to land in terrain just because it scattered a little bit. Mm. The scatter was unlucky, really unlucky. Went straight into terrain, uh, and once you do that, you have to take an armor check to avoid being damaged. Um, so I rolled for one dice for everyone in the, in the squad, five dice, two plus armor save. So two or more safe, mm. all ones. Fuck. At that point, I nearly packed up my entire thing. I just went, "No, I'm done. No. I'm done with
1: this. Here. I'm going to go get a job. We're
0: done here. <laughs> we we need to do nothing more." Like I just immediately just went, "Ah, oh, fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still. I think about two years later, somebody brought that up. I was like, "Right, okay, I get it. Thanks." <laughs> I
1: fucked up. I get
0: it. I fucked up in public at the greatest place in the planet. Fuck off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of D and D, I recently delved into the world of a uh, critical role.
0: Interesting,
1: and it's. It's a good show, really fucking good show. It's uh, the premise of the show is, uh, I won't get into the premise of the campaign because I'm just getting into the yeah. campaign just now.
0: Broad strokes of the the, the show itself. Broad though.
1: strokes of the show itself. It's a dungeon. The DM sort of host of the show is uh, Matt Mercer, huge voice actor. He's been in Attack on Titan, Fire Emblem Awakening. He's been in Resident Evil. He's been in Persona. He's been in a lot of fucking big games. He's in the new. Um, Yakuza spin-off Judgment oh, yeah. he plays one of the main characters he's a fucking huge name in the voice acting uh, world and it's other fucking huge voice acting names there's uh, Travis Willingham and mm-hmm. his wife Laura Bailey you have uh, Marisha Ray who's uh, quite big in the Persona games she plays uh, Elizabeth no Margaret and you have a, ca- a guy called uh, Sam Regal again does a lot of voice acting in anime he voices Phoenix Wright in the Phoenix Wright anime right And you have another uh, Phoenix Wright alumni A guy called Orion Akaba He voices uh, Apollo Justice In the Phoenix Wright Games and anime Uh, Who else is in there You've got a guy called uh, Talizan Yefe Jeffy He he plays a character Called Percy Who's just This gunslinger But he's like A proper fucking Lothario Pretty awesome And you've got uh, Ashley Johnson From The Last of Us Alright Who plays Ellie She plays a I think a gnome Cleric And as you can probably expect when you've got a big hefty voice cast like that, the voices are flowing. Oh, and also Liam O'Brien, he's in there. I don't... I Why don't know, if, I know his name. He's, he's been in most things that you've played. Right. As some, He was in uh, Darksiders. He voiced War. Ah, right, yeah. Uh, really, really good voice. Really recognisable voice as well. Uh, so you've got all these sorry, big name voice actors and they have all these really, really cool voices. And uh, it's just literally they're playing through a D&D campaign that as far as I can tell from the one episode that I've been listening to over the past two fucking days. They're long ass <laughs> episodes, very long episodes. Uh, I think the shortest episode that they have is two hours, 15 minutes. The Shit. longest episode they have is six hours, 40 minutes. Okay. With some specials going up to seven and a half. Like the one shot specials got up to about seven and a half minutes. But your average episode at its longest will be six and a half minutes. Hmm, and that is a lot of listening, dog. <laughs> See, I I do the two times podcasting, like double speed. Yeah, you, I'm still
0: going to struggle for that one. Yeah, but it, I want to give it because I hear so much about
1: this. Yeah, show. and that's definitely what got me into. it. Yeah, again, going back to Comic Con, talking to people in Comic Con, saying, "Oh, the London show is so much better. They've got all the Critical Role guys." And I genuinely asked, at the risk of asking, opening a Pandora's box, should I start listening to Critical Role? Do you have you played D and D? Yeah, pretty much religiously. Mm. Uh, used to put back in high school, whatever, and the guy that I was talking to said, "Oh yeah, definitely give Critical Role a shot, but try and binge as much as you can. Otherwise, the next, the current season is just going to take over you, and then you're going to be finishing season two just as season three finishes. <laughs> so you're just going to be constantly playing catch up." And release. "So it kind of sounds like what you're saying is don't listen to it." But I've now started listen to it. It's a really good show. The characters play off each other because they've all worked together mm-hmm. outside of this. They're all just fucking stellar A-plus actors.
0: How is, excuse me, but how is production? Obviously, it's episode one. The
1: Production is kind of rough in the first episode. It went no. weird and distorted as I was listening to it on the way up here. Right. Kind of sounded really tinny. I thought, this better not be my headphones, because I just fucking bought these. <laughs> uh, but no, it wasn't the headphones I skipped forward. Audio got clearer, but still kind of a little bit fuzzy, because you can tell they've taken the audio from a stream mm. and put it in a podcast. Yeah. And I think as they get towards campaign two, they have... Clearer, better mics, and okay. they've got a better setup. But again, I haven't really listened to it yet.
0: It's because you you explained that they, they stream it on Twitch. I think it is. Yeah, they stream it on
1: Twitch. I think they through Geek and Sundry.
0: Yeah. So stream it on Twitch, take the audio from it, cut it up, make it in a podcast. Yeah.
1: Throw in some uh, adverts and shit. Like that.
0: Yeah. How how many adverts? Obviously, it'll change
1: and, your listening season one. Yeah, I'm listening to season one right now. It's just it's a kind of like what we do uh, to get to break up the episode uh, and let people go and. Take a piss, get some ju- get some uh, booze, right. get get some snacks, that kind of shit. Uh, they'll do that maybe once in the episode, or depending on how long the episode is. Right. Now, I can imagine with a six hour episode, they'll be doing that maybe two or three times. Right, which is only fair because you can't expect a human being to sit in the same place for six hours and you know drink uh, drink beer and guzzle mm. crap <laughs> and not expect them to go for a piss or yeah. you know.
0: I just when you were talking about uh, like why you got into moves, you told me was you wanted a longer form podcast.
1: Yeah, I wanted. I, been searching for years it feels like yeah. for a good d d podcast and oh, there's yeah. been several several attempts mm-hmm. some of them several got really close some of them got really close some of them fell way off the mark uh, there was a podcast that someone directed me to called Drunk D&D and that just becomes <laughs> an absolute shit show because I remember we, we played d d before with some drinks in us and that was horrible Back when you were staying in bonus,
0: yeah, I remember. I know exactly the yeah. game session you're talking about, and that was that was hysterically funny. It you, was not dungeon. Run. It was thirty seconds of an introduction, and then immediately just memes, <laughs> memes that weren't memes, just shitposting posting and in we, verbal form in the same room as everyone.
1: Because if I remember correctly, we had to jump over lava. We all fell into the lava and died within about three minutes.
0: There was something we were sc- we, we, literally because I had to have some myself. We were literally screaming some phrase that really was. It was just something to do with ejaculation. I cannot remember what it was. There was something about it and just all six of us were sitting there in hysterics at this one joke about busting it up. Yeah. But it was just this dumb idea of like, we can do this after a couple of beers. This will be completely
1: fine. And yeah. it just devolves into hysterics. Yeah, I think we just, we ended, we ended up ditching the, the D&D session. We ordered some takeout and just sat and drank for the rest of the night. But that's basically what this podcast, Drunk d d was like. Mm. But except there was no fun to it there was just kind of it was just six guys drunk off their ass playing dnd <laughs> like, oh fuck i lost the dice again fuck it was a 20 i swear it was a 20 like. <laughs> you can trust me <laughs> you know, trust me <laughs> who do you think it brought the boost <laughs> <laughs> so now that we know that i have a critical role and it's it's professional it's well done it's very professionally done the production side of things in terms of sound design could be a bit better but like i said i'm on episode one when i eventually when i get through the Episode one. Hopefully, getting episode two. Hopefully, the production value goes up. But if it doesn't go up at the season one, it will definitely shoot up in season two because these guys are getting money thrown at them mm. by uh, Wizards of the Coast. They've now been bought. The the uh, Critical Role board game has been made by Wizards of the Coast. There's now a separate adventure path written by Wizards of the Coast. Holy shit! Based on uh, Vox Machina, they've first campaign. They divide the, the two campaigns. One's called uh, Vox Machina that's campaign one. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm listening to just now. The second campaign which is either still on the go or is on some kind of break right now mm-hmm. is called the Mighty Nine. N-E-I-N, N-E-I-N like German for no. Mighty Nine. Okay, right. And that's the second campaign which I'll get on to probably sometime in the next two years. <laughs> depending on this. Because just out of interest I looked whenever I want to get in a new show I look to see how many episodes there are done some rough maths on critical role campaign one if i want to listen to this it's going to take me 25 days 23 hours and 20 minutes that's a lot of listening dog yeah (laughs) i don't know if i have the time but if it's on in the back
0: that's 25 days of just pure audio files yeah right
1: i think it might have counted both campaigns in that but regardless it'll still take me the better part of three weeks to get through that might be four weeks it, it doesn't count re-watches,
0: but I have a, a my anime list page, which can, calculates how much anime you've watched. Mm-hmm. I think I'm up to 31 days. That's all the anime I've watched in the mm. last two to three years. And you know I have watched an absurd yeah, amount of anime. you've watched a
1: lot of anime, though. All
0: of that devoted to a podcast. Hmm. Yeah. I, and I understand the fanaticism of fans of the show. you
1: fucking need to be...
0: It's Stockholm Syndrome at this point. Yeah, you need to be
1: dedicated <laughs> to the show. And it's something I, I talked to certain folks about and they've always said oh it's just it, it hooks you for the get-go and i will give you that it, it was something that i was looking forward to just oh, i need to finish the i need to finish this episode and it's when i'm on the after we finish recording this as i'm heading home i do whatever i'll probably listen a bit more it does definitely hook you but i don't know if that's more the campaign itself because the campaign itself takes a backseat to the actors yeah. And how they bring their characters to life and their dumbass interactions with the world itself. Yeah. And how quickly uh, Matt Mercer has to react <laughs> really to, all back in. Yeah, it's just like okay, uh, you're familiar the giant bear is now in the middle of a fighting pit. How are you going to fix this one? How the fuck am I going to fix this one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh you can move the bear.
0: <laughs> remember kids, the key to a good D&D show is an absolute shit show.
1: Yeah, and critical rule is that it's just it's a well-constructed shit show. It's very funny. There's a lot of critical fails where someone rolls a one and then they play off that. And there's a lot of shit that they don't expect, but the DM picks up on it. Okay, so you're running about here. Who's taking care of the bear? <laughs> oh, shit, the next, bear. Next thing you know, because they're in a city called Craghammer and they're surrounded by dwarves. Yeah. And, uh, which leads me least to something that we need to talk about because a fan, uh, a fan of the show sent us a, a request, a message on Twitter. Okay. Son of Korax. Matt uh, uh, Mercer does. We're not
0: it. punching a dwarf. Stop asking.
1: <laughs> Conor's just gonna punch me in the face. I think I'm the closest <laughs> thing to get to a dwarf, but uh, Matt Mercer does a okay job at a Scottish accent. Yeah, it's not great. He still pronounces uh, "fuck" like fook Yeah, like, you're all fook doop." <laughs> like that's not how we fucking talk. That's Canadian. That's it. you're a dupe doop." Yeah, you fucked up, buddy. <laughs> you fucked up, eh? Hey? <laughs> uh, so they're in this uh, town called Craghammer the population is like. 95% dwarf there's 5% other population but uh, the the giant bear familiar is called Trinket and it belongs to one of the elven twins there's a uh, Vexalia and Vox something uh, they, they call them uh, Vex and Vax mm. so uh, Vexalia is a uh, giant uh, familiar bear just standing outside and it's well trained so he's not going to attack anybody and he's just sitting there minding his own business and all of a sudden these fucking dwarves just surround him (laughs) and they're sitting there with warhammers at the ready to fight him and he says you get back outside and you realise that you left Trinket unattended (laughs) and now they're going to arrest him and he's like shit we need to deal with that and they just kind of forget that they have this thing attached to them so they go back to the bar after their uh, lodgings afterward Yeah, they leave Trinket downstairs and they have this big dwarven fighting pit cut out so the bear just jumps in the middle of that and next thing you know the champion for the the end just wakes up and goes, ah, a beer. Let me at it, <laughs> <laughs> and they, it. they have to deal with that. It's it's pretty fucking funny.
0: Yeah, that's what I guess we'll be, both be listening ve- to. This it's
1: very chaotic. It's it's a lot of it's got a lot of just still, reacting to the chaos of the.
0: Still got those D.5 books sitting next door. Yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> is gonna start something, kids. I'm very sorry for what this podcast becomes because fucking. <laughs> we're D&D announced, that, uh, <laughs> we're <here laughs>
1: announced that we're here announced. Pressures now becoming a D and D podcast. <laughs>
0: We we couldn't find the podcast that was an absolute shit show talking about D and D, so we decided to make it ourselves. Because <laughs> that's the American spirit. I, <laughs> in Scotland, don't
1: don't get me wrong, dude. I was tempted when yeah. I couldn't find the D and D show. I was like, I have a Pathfinder group. How how, how well much would do it make costs? How much do mics cost and how well would our group translate to <laughs> uh, the to a podcast? But then I remembered we spend a lot of time figuring out the next step. So you just hear. What are we doing?
0: Fuck. <laughs> It's boring when people have to. You listen to people think about the game. Yeah, that's you know, basically what just, most just, of just be the game. Yeah, that's
1: what that's what my group would be like. And it'd be a lot of just, oh shit, my my fucking perception's only plus two, and if I do that, I'm gonna fucking uh, ha I have this. There'd be a lot of that, and <laughs> now nah, that wouldn't work well. Plus, I don't think too too many people think, oh yeah, I'll fucking do this. Then when it comes to actually recording, like, no, nah, I don't. I don't want it. That's a private thing. So yeah, don't uh, don't get me wrong. Was it always tempted to do a. D &D show yeah but trying to get a group
0: in and around here is a nightmare
1: uh, trying to get a group in and around here and trying to get a consistent group would just be an absolute shite so yeah
0: and uh with that we'll take a quick break and we're back and uh i we we end up discussing what what comes next and uh the the answer is it turns out just netflix animation yeah uh i i smashed my way through uh netflix's season three of big mouth which uh, dropped on I think it was like a Thursday night. I'd finished it by like Friday morning.
1: <laughs> Oops. Uh, I did the same thing with a. Uh, no, no, it
0: was Friday night, Saturday morning. I'd finished it because my brother was like, "I haven't even thought I didn't about even know it." it was there. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother was like, "How did you do that?" And I'm like, "I have no idea. I just I stayed up late." I had, like, you got
1: to power through that little voice that says, "No, we'll go to sleep."
0: You gotta just shut that voice up with a big fat can of monster, and you just <laughs> just
1: mainline the monster.
0: Mainline the monster, and then you just deal with it. Um, I did the
1: same thing with a uh, season two of the Chef Show with John Favreau.
0: You end up watching that show and feeling so inadequate and hungry at the uh, same yeah,
1: time. I could never make the guy. The whole point of the sh- the show is, uh, John Favreau made the movie Chef. Mm-hmm. It was all about. Uh, he was inspired by another chef called Roy Choi, who basically, he was unhappy cooking for other people and cooking crap. Yeah, uh, that he didn't want to make that he bought a food truck and built his own empire from that
0: to, to be fair as well we should point out he is a Michelin star chef Yeah, like he's a, a god tier chef
1: yeah Roy Troy is a fucking
0: a, and threw it all away to be a food truck yeah. guy and you, just amazing yeah. like story of like fuck you I'm doing this yeah.
1: so uh, John Favreau wanted to learn how to properly cook to, tell, to, to give the story like the proper sense of weight, and so the food doesn't look like it, it's just all pre-prepared mm. he wanted to actually make the scenes of him cooking look actually look decent, mm. not just oh here's this I have this random collection of ingredients. All of a sudden I have this perfect pot roast. Yeah. No, he wants to show the process.
0: I want to show you the prep, the cuts, the yeah, like and the, the it-
1: seasoning and the proper way to do it. And, and it, it
0: resulted in a lot of praise from chefs. Yeah,
1: it was a really really good movie. It really, it was not a film to watch hungry. Watch it on a full stomach because <laughs> you will want to make that delicious, fucking delicious uh, cheese toastie. Yeah. They, he
0: makes a cheese sandwich and there's an entire episode of Chef Show dedicated to showing Bill Burr, the comedian, how yeah. to make a cheese sandwich. And you watch this thing and you think, I will never put this much effort into anything in my life as this man puts him put into a, a fucking cheese, cheese sandwich.
1: sandwich. And the or the episode with the, the moho pork, I wanted to make that shit. Oh, yeah. But the, yeah, I did the same thing. I literally just had it on. I was engrossed in every episode. I didn't even... They made this uh, clam spaghetti right like clam, it was like clam linguine or something I don't eat shellfish and I was like dude that looks fucking outstanding <laughs> I am goddamn hungry
0: they make shrimp and it's like they made shrimp in one of the episodes I saw and it's oh, they like, oh, you gotta you gotta wood fire shrimp and I'm like who the fuck are you people
1: <laughs> <laughs> are they big enough they do an episode just completely devoted to oysters and clams and things how they mm. catch them it's just, they go out to this bay they go out to this kind of body of water and it's just there's these lines of oyster catching equipment yeah. stretching all the way along the body of water it's just like oh we don't touch that stuff that's not ours and they go to this big massive batch of baskets up, up the back yeah. and it's just all of them bursting with these clams and oysters yeah
0: it's it's as someone who it's has watched fantastic a, a decent chunk of uh like reality cooking shows stuff like uh, gordon ramsay not even to like kitchen neighbors but like yeah. his actual like cooking shows yeah I'm I'm used to this type of entertainment, and I do find it very interesting, very yeah. educational. It's very good edutainment, especially yeah. if you're vaguely interested in cooking, just yeah. even for yourself or like friends, or just doing fun stuff in the kitchen. Or want to make it more, make uh, cooking more interesting for yourself. The like chef show is on another level, though.
1: Yeah, chef show will make you think that you could, you know, cook all these things because the, he, he never makes it look complicated. Mm. Like I made the they made this pasta in season one. I managed to make a version of it. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, I guarantee I've not done this right, and it's only six ingredients: mm-hmm. you, need chili flakes, garlic, the pasta itself, lemon, and one other. I think it's a pesto or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just you make this delicious pasta.
0: And it's uh, that's it's I think that stems from the food truck side of things because there's yeah. there's the kind of Michelin star ultra high level cooking, but then there's also I need to create thirty of these consistently for the next hour yeah, because I have a line of people orders. who want to eat this stuff from food truck. Yeah. I need to just keep churning out this rea- this result. Yes, yeah, so it's a great keep practical going. way of doing things yeah. is that you ignore the the pomp and circumstance and go. I need I need to make this. Yeah, I, I need to make hundreds you. of these things.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a good progression from the movie because the movie is just, I want to show the proper stand. I want to show people that being a chef is not just you go out there and you make the food and you're happy at the end of the day show them the watch and all it's just yeah. you're going to cook food for other people and you're going to cook food that's the way they want to do it that you're not going to be happy doing that but if you do it your own way put your own spin to it it's going to be more fulfilling and i think the chef show just shows that john favreau did a shit ton of preparation for this and he's now just wanted. he's now so engrossed by the world of you know yeah. being a chef and cooking that he's now willing to just lift that curtain completely and say oh no these guys are doing what i did in the movie yeah Here's he, a look at this fascinating subculture. Yeah, and here's a, there's a guy, he runs a, he, did, he did a show on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of uh, Korean-inspired food, because that's his background. Mm. And some of the meals that he's making, I'm just thinking, I would never normally eat that, but fuck it. If it looks like that, I'll try krill. I'll try watermelon radish. Yeah. That looks fucking delicious. But before I go on about Chef Show constantly, you were watching Big Mouth.
0: No, I, I actually <laughs> just... It's, it's funny to talk about Chef Show, because I... Uh, I've been a culinary fucking disaster for the last couple yeah. of weeks. I fucked... I make a good jerky. You've had the jerky. Yeah. I make good. good jerky. I fucked it up. I had to prepare it for a McMillan Cancer morning. Fucked it up completely. I uh, gave up and went and bought like, random stuff from the local store to bring to- <laughs> It was either you buy it or you bake it. So yeah. I, I bought it because I couldn't bake it. Um, And then, like, two nights ago, I broke my, uh, like, my chili pot that I have. Mm. Absolutely shattered it to pieces. Uh, I, it broke... Uh, well, I had chilli in the oven and just came in. There was a nice big crackle on the side of it. I was like, oh, no, no, the juices are leaking out. So I have to clean the oven from, like, top to bottom again. Came in I was like, right, I'm going to take it out. I got the chilli out of it. It's uh, salvageable. And then as soon as I went to pick up the uh, the pot itself to, like, put it in, give it a quick clean then throw it in the bin... Mm. The rest of it just came apart in my hands. Like, I lifted up my hand <laughs> and took out a chunk of the pot with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... A, I, I burnt bacon. I've never burnt bacon in the last, like, five years I've been cooking. Mm. Um, I have just fucked up everything that is not simply just put a pizza in the oven. It has been a fucking disaster for the last two weeks, so... I need to go back to the chef show Sensei and just learn, <laughs> just take notes from Roy Choi. <laughs> oh my god, please teach me something. I need to make it as simple as humanly possible because right now yep. I'm I'm eating the last of the the mince uh, that cost me my, my cooking pot, <laughs> and uh, it's that's all I've had except for I went obviously to Joker uh, yesterday and had uh, a, a burrito from uh, a local place. It's, actually it's improved. I went there a couple of years ago, had an absolute disaster. Mm. Came back, had a, a weird uh, uh,
1: haggis burrito. Oh, is, it, is this on Printer Street? Yes. Taco Mazama or whatever. Yeah. You All right. I was going to say that's that's the better place to go to. There's that's, a place up. It on, used
0: to be bad. It improved.
1: Yeah, it's better now. Yeah. I've been to. I've only been to. now, but right. I've been told by people that work there so that oh, people like the food now. Mm. There's a place up on. I think it's near Earl Grey Street. That kind of row of uh, businesses up there mm-hmm. called the Bar Barbareto. That is what I like to call a post-wall burrito. When <laughs> Trump puts the wall up and sends everyone back home, that is the shitty Mexican food that we're going to be resorted to. Well, the, the it was fucking atrocious. The beef bit me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the place that uh, me. I was at had
0: uh, I saw sauces on the wall. and like, Oh, what do you want? And immediately it was like, uh, the, it goes from like a, a nice uh, pico de gallo uh, salsa, pico de gallo so, uh, salsa, people. and it went straight to. Uh, pineapple and ghost pepper I'm like that <laughs> it is delicious it so you've is you've got amazing. the
1: sweetness for the pineapple and then you've just got ashburn ghost pepper
0: <laughs> yet for the arseburn still waiting on it it seems to have worked I think the, 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 the raw amount of sugar in the pineapple right has done a lot of uh, neg- negating the, the effect of the ghost pepper gorgeous though yeah. Ab- like weird to have like haggis and pineapple and ghost pepper in the same thing and say yeah. this is actually pretty good yeah that sounds
1: like it worked but just you mentioned pico de gallo reminds me of the fact that the one good place, locally, is fucking gone. Okay. It's
0: not. I'm not ready for it's
1: this. It's not. It's not cool. I miss. We've probably heard us talk about this in the show before, but we are both fucking loved a little sort of cafe place in Falkirk called Habaneros. Yeah, confirmed it sh- deceased. It is shut down for whatever reason. Getting a bowl of nachos with a little bit of pico de gallo, some. I don't fuck with salsa because if you've got the pico de gallo you don't need salsa well pico de gallo is salsa yeah I mean uh, the traditional uh, Dorito salsa I don't need that give me the pico de gallo with a little bit of sour cream some of that Texas queso that they have because it grew on me it took me a while but it fucking grew on me (laughs) with some uh, pieces of chicken in there hit up it was fucking delicious it was the highlight of my month because I would only go once a month otherwise I would be six times the size that I am now it it was a legitimate and now it's gone
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was part of my decision making process is now I'm gonna spend more time in Edinburgh because there's no point in going to Falkirk for me other than tattoos. Which I, there's a couple of oh, shops up there.
1: There's some good places in Edinburgh that I could I could show you yeah. to.
0: There's there's places now that I'm like it's it cost wise, the the cost of a a train is more expensive to uh, go to Edinburgh. Yeah. But the cost of the cinema is cheaper. Yeah. And I can get more access to more interesting foods. There's a ramen yeah. place just up the road from the the cinema I use. So mm. that's hey, what cinema out. do you use? Uh, the it? View Cinema and Omni Center right yeah dirt cheap yeah it's good it's £4.79 or something the to get fucking in. chair yeah oh. dude oh,
1: <laughs> talk about revolutions uh, the cinema that we probably both used to go to the, sh- the cine world in Falkirk yeah it uh, was fucking horrible uh, for a regular ticket for me it was about £9 because I was using my student discount but was everyone else was a, uh, it was 10 it was £10.80 use that money £10.80 you can get you fucking uh, Edinburgh back you're paying 4 pounds to get into the, cin- the I cinema, I
0: save. I can go to Edinburgh, which is a absurd. thing. I can I can travel twenty five miles, yeah, and enjoy a cinema that's better for about two quid cheaper, yeah. than going up the road.
1: And even like if you even ten if, miles, yeah, exactly. And, and even if you go the have you tried the the uh, the luxury seats? No. For I think your ticket averages out at about five pound flat. Yeah. So if you go for the the luxury seats, you're paying two pound more. And you get the big fucking lazy boy recliner yeah. with your own drink stands in each. And Ooh. it's right at the back, so you're getting the full view of the cinema. And there's no, and the seats are evenly spaced so that everyone gets to stretch out. There's nice. no stretching your legs out and kicking it even in. And
0: even a standard seat, that's a comfortable seat. Exactly. It is so fucking good.
1: That's why if, if anyone says to me, oh, we're going to the. We're going to the cinema. Where are we going? Cineworld. Fuck you. We will go to the... Train. Omni-Center. No. <laughs> Omni-Center. Livingston. There's fucking two relatively close to us. Let's go to that one. Yeah. And I... I, I Ridiculous. And they let you bring your own food in. Oh, you got your own food? Cool. Thank you. I did not know that. No, you can bring your own food in. Hmm. Only Cineworld get assy about it. Hmm.
0: I, I didn't bother. I was, I was running late to see Joker, and I was like, do I want to stop and get a drink, or am I just going to ride this one out? It's only... Yeah.
1: 100
0: minutes yes, 105 yeah something like that and just ah fuck it <laughs> yeah just tough it out yeah uh, Big Mouth the yeah. the weirdly inappropriate uh, show about puberty returns and it's okay. it's Dom's never seen Big Mouth never, no, never taken was. time uh, I, I think, think it's should.
1: more to do with Nick Kroll I'm, uh, I've not seen his humour much I've heard of him I've seen him in shows like Park and Recreation but I've not really seen much of Nick Kroll
0: I don't know his comedy style but mm-hmm. if it's anything like the show, it's absurd and great. Because say he's playing around in an animated format, and mm-hmm. he, it just the the ridiculous story they want to tell about puberty and what they what you experience, why you experience it, what influences you, is best told through the medium of
1: animation. Yeah, if you if you tried to do that live action, it would not go well, I think. Anyway,
0: All I just imagine is uh, was the the there's the, the main characters which is uh nick and andrew which happen to be stand-ins for the the show's creators mm. uh jesse and um, we've had um i'm gonna really forget her name and it's on the list of like the main characters people who've had a, a big kind of debut uh this season i mean jesse was in the first couple of seasons she is the main uh kind of romantic interest for uh nick but mm-hmm. then they realise it's not going to work, so they're just friends. So it's kind of like they tried dating, and it's like nah, yeah. not going to
1: happen. Oddly, oddly grown up for a show, but puberty.
0: Um, it is. It's weird. It's it, it's very obviously a show written by people who have spent a lot of time in therapy, based on their puberty. <laughs> uh, and Missy, Missy is I'd say maybe the, the other main character in J. Um, the the voice cast for the show is hysterically like overpowered. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you look into that IMDb credits, you're like, wow, <laughs> there's some serious star power in here. Um, they have been doing the show now for a couple of years, and it is just about um, the worst moments of puberty. And I, 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 my theory is this is everyone in the writers' room shares the most embarrassing puberty story of like this one time I went to masturbate and uh, my dad walked in like that on crack, <laughs> and they just try and combine all these weird stories together to tell the show of uh, kids basically trying to survive puberty. Um, mm. and it's amped up by the I'll say. During puberty, you're horrifically hormonal and you make the dumbest decisions of your life based on the hormones. Yeah. So, they personified the hormones and the influence they have with the hormone monsters, who are just these beings of chaos who exist to just fuck with everything that's in the show. <laughs> um. They have the male hormone monster, which is uh, mori They have uh, the female hormone monster, Connie and they have been introducing, season two they introduced an older, like, decrepit hormone monster at one point, and they have a younger, more immature one. I cannot remember the name of the old one, but he does have a very hilarious voice. That he just, I, I, I learned to imitate it. I would constantly just be using that voice mm. in random conversations with, like, my brothers who both watched the show, and we would just wind each other up, and I would just jump in with the hormone monster voice and just annoy the shit out of them even more. <laughs> um, But they've been very good at Introducing these weird manifestations of characters and that led to season two's fantastic uh, shame wizard. Literally was just a giant floating specter, uh played by I have the name here. He's only in it for one episode this year, which is an absolute fucking shame. The um he, he shows up whenever a character has to deal with shame and Andrew, uh, one of the characters uh from last or who's been part of the show from the start, but season two, uh Andrew was dealing with a lot of shame and uh, the Shame Wizard voice by David Thewlis David Thewlis yes fucking hell and it is the most amazing fucking thing. he stole every fucking scene he's in by just being this creepy judgmental presence in a way that only a great British thespian can be yeah including a musical number about shame <laughs> there's it's, there's a weird musical kind of undercurrent in the show uh, the, the, sh- the season starts with their Valentine's Day special which came out on Valentine's Day or the, like the day or two before And they have a musical number about hating Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. You you listen to it, you're like, this hits a little too close to home. (laughs) (laughs) This, like, yeah, I get that feeling. I know this one off by heart. I've sung this melody myself. I never knew the lyrics to the song. Um, And then you have, obviously, the Shame uh, Wizard song from season two. And in this one, they have uh, a a musical number about... um, It's basically not being in a relationship but having your good friend and just agreeing to just have a relationship with someone cuz it's been a a gay guy and a girl and like look we will never be together but we will be the most fabulous pair of people you've ever met in your life and they just have these weird musical outbursts that are just hilarious and uh, there's one from episode 8 cuz i went back to rewatch that and it was to do with um how nobody sees the like, it's a weirdly narcissistic song mm. about how uh, nobody knows you're perfect because they just don't see you in the right light or anything like that it's fucking weird that they just have these weird outbursts of song that when you think about it, again it could only work in animation but also it only works in the context of a show about puberty because puberty doesn't make sense unless in a weird kind of musical way you sing about your feelings and it's a great idea that they've just kind of latched into with this weird undertone of uh, music because yep. they also have uh, they have a ghost in the attic all right it's the, the ghost of Duke, who is played by uh, <laughs> Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. <laughs> Jordan Peele is in the show as a as a, a kind of sw- a swinging fifties uh, ghost type guy. It's hysterical. It just the weird shit that he comes up with, and it's one of the things that you forget now. With uh, Jordan Peele's very successful acting directing career, you are yeah. like, "Hey, oh, yeah, that was a comedy guy!" Like just five years yeah. ago, he I still has his comedy be. jobs.
1: I think he's going to become more and more known for his horror yeah it's kind of weird to see him oh he's he he can he has comedy chops but
0: it's it's, he's a very surreal character um because he's he just he lives for the the the, that weird kind of bachelor lifestyle Hmm. in the 50s where you could spend all day in a house coat (laughs) and just spend all day blitzed drunk because you were good at piano 50 years ago and you just made your money and you retired and you just lived retirement for Thirty years or whatever before you died of like uh, liver failure, and they've it's just a weirdly um, it's a weird. Progr- it's weirdly progressive for a show that also pokes fun at everything that it stands for in a weird way. It's, mm. it's kind of um, the the main example for this is that they have an ultra modern dad. Nick's dad is ultra caring he really wants to share wants to be part of his kids lives he listens to all these uh ted talks and nprs about how kids really feel but at the same time does not pay attention to his son <laughs> <laughs> but he's always there he's always progressive we get the door open come on anytime we we'll chat buddy and uh he overshares his sex life <laughs> as well so he's like trying to be very progressive with the kids that, you know you, you're in a relationship you're you've got a partner here you got to please uh like guys he's two sons like boys you gotta please your woman like I do your mum and you're like dad don't fucking talk like <laughs> that <laughs> like if he was my dad I'd have killed him long ago with a face <laughs> and i just snapped and just beat him to death with a candlestick or some shit it's uh run
1: him it, over with his own car or something
0: <laughs> there's a lot of uh weird characteristics like uh, this show's uh expression of sexuality has been very fucking on the nose uh, they've had a, a character Jay who is dealing with the fact that he is uh, bisexual but he is expressing it through humping pillows because he doesn't know how to talk down he's a very damaged individual, he comes from a very broken home Yeah, but he likes to masturbate by humping pillows and he gives the, the pillows male and female characteristics so he'll be having imaginary threesomes with pillows where one's a dude one's a girl <laughs> and he just has these weird outbursts in school, that he just will not like. You can't say that type of thing. It would be like he, you right. shouldn't be saying that type of thing in public. And he'll try and walk it back. Like he'll accidentally have revealed something about himself that he shouldn't have. But because he's so ashamed of himself, he tries to hide it. And he's yeah. every character is very three dimensional for a cartoon. Yeah, um, and they've they've made a very good job of creating this consistent world i love that the fact that every time a character acts in a certain way it becomes a certain like it always follows the line that you would expect based on that character and uh, they 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 play around with uh something at the start that during the valentine's day episode is that most of the kids are struggling to start the relationships and andrew has been pursuing missy Mm -hmm. and missy's like no i'm not interested and i'm gonna kind of puts on the back burner but he's like no I can win her over if I just try harder and he puts a lot of effort into trying to win her over only to then be rejected and he he thinks it's because she wants to date a guy in a wheelchair and he spends the Valentine's Day episode like drastically trying to change his personality he puts on like a hat that he has a massive allergic reaction to I
1: thought you were going to say he spends the rest of the episode trying to break his legs so he can get in a wheelchair or something <laughs> worse oh fuck <laughs> Jesus how can you get worse like I'm going to cause myself to become a part he of has
0: f- this weird thought that the guy in the wheelchair is faking it
1: <laughs> oh shit I know where this is going
0: so at a Valentine's Day party he pulls him out of the fucking wheelchair <laughs> wow. it's so horrible <laughs> at the same time it's so fucking funny because he's screaming and he it, the hormone monsters this is exactly the type of thing where the hormone monsters come into play because mm. he gets really pissed off that Missy won't take him seriously doesn't see him as romantic partner blames the kid in the wheelchair Is like it's all his fucking fault. I'm going to get him. I think he's lying about the wheelchair thing. And his hormone muscles like, this is a bad idea. Stop what you're doing right now. And then Andrew starts trying to go for him and like try to pull him at the wheelchair, but he's, he's belted in place. <laughs> so the hormone muscle goes, you know what? Fuck it. Going all in. Do it, Andrew. Get the fucking belt. He's tied in by the belt. Rip him out of the wheelchair. Show these people what's what. Immediately, as soon as he pulls the belt and rips him out the wheelchair, the hormone monster regresses and goes, Oh, this was stupid. <laughs> and you're like, That is exactly what your hormones do during puberty. They take you all the way up through an idea. They say, This is the best thing. Go for it 110%, commit to the bit. Yeah. And immediately, as soon as it doesn't work out, you feel guilty. Yeah, you just go straight back to zero. All the hormones. And you're like, That is a little visual joke, is exactly how some parts of puberty feel. And that's what the show does really yeah. well. Is Do you it- maybe
1: think that's why it's so successful? Because maybe yeah. people are seeing the, the little grains of truth that are put in there? Yeah. Or is it just... I mean, obviously, the, the comedy is what people are there for. Yeah. Then they just go, oh, I remember... Obviously, I don't I not many people that we know yeah. tip people out of wheelchairs, but... <laughs> I will tell you a similar story of... Uh, there was a, a kid in our year who was just... He was in a wheelchair, but he was the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> he would run over people's fucking toes... And he would run over. He would he would go up to people and he would stop dead in front of them when they were trying to move, mm. and he would just say, "Oh, wheelchair's not working. It's getting a bit getting a bit chunky. It's not working." So at one point, uh, four people <laughs> that I had I, I didn't really know uh, picked him up in his wheelchair and left him stranded on the second floor.
0: <laughs> Holy shit! And they came
1: back down because like, I was there when they were talking, and I just said, "So what are you gonna do if he's being a shit?" And they went, "I don't know what the fucking gonna do." Let's, let's fucking do it let's fucking go and do it lad so the four of them carried him up to the second floor and they came back down and went should we uh, should we do something I feel <laughs> kind of bad about it, like, like, that immediate regret
0: and that's, that's the thing is, it's that testosterone charge that young men get Yeah, they go and especially 150%. when feeding off
1: other people are like yeah. fucking yeah let's, let's go and punch him yeah. in the face and
0: a room full of people building up that momentum it's unstoppable yeah. and then immediately there's that crash there's that crash <laughs> and you realise that you fucked up and that's you say this is where those little grains of truth It's comedy that comes from a place of truth. And that truth is based on just a little bit of pain. It sticks around for a a long time. And it's a great show for all those little moments. And it's it's revealed that Andrew is uh, the hat that he put on to try and make himself attractive to kind of peacock. He's having an allergic reaction to it. His hair has melted off. His scalp is boiling. It's all covered in blisters Mm. because of some chemical that was used to wash the hat. And uh, he has basically just put into this bit so hard that when it doesn't work he crashes he has an absolute like shit fit outside when he's told to leave the party he runs around screaming in the like the front garden just in rage in absolute rage he decides to kick a mailbox (laughs) breaks his foot falls over and farts so loud you can hear it through the window and people have filmed it so he's being recorded which is a good thing the show points out is that these are kids who went through like the people writing the show went through puberty before cell phones yeah now take all the dumb shit you did as a kid and imagine someone filmed it and it existed on the internet forever. Yeah. How much does that fuck up a person? Oh yeah.
1: Infinitely more than what we went through as kids. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm glad that my niece doesn't really bother with that type of shit because I realized uh, if she's not bothered with it now, it's going to hit her eventually. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to grow up in, a, in an age where people can just record or take a photo of you doing anything. Mm. I, I remember I was when I was younger. I always, I fell down a lot because I always had a really heavy bag and I was mm. quite short centre of gravity was quite low, so someone could come up to me and push me, or I remember uh, running home after uh, class was finished. Uh, odd, the odd detail that I remember about it, it was uh, RNPS, Right. it was uh, <laughs> religious studies, and my bag was kind of heavy. I was booking it home, because I think everyone else got it before me. I was trying to catch up to, the, to people, and my bag was just slightly too heavy. And I ran and I did that kind of stumble run. Yeah. So I managed to get back to myself, but then someone bumped into me and I fell and just ate shit. And this was before I had glasses. My face was hitting off the ground. I had, I had like scrapes, like red scrapes all over my face. Yeah. I just got back up and everyone was just looking at me. If that was... If somebody recorded that, yeah. I think I would probably just have to drop out of school. Like I would have said, yeah. nope, can't do it. I, like Someone has, has visual footage of me fucking up.
0: Yeah. And that was... That that's the thing is that now people, like kids especially, are so sociopathic because kids are mildly sociopathic yeah. in general. Yeah, that there's no empathy <laughs> the response would have been with a cell phone to just be like, "Don't fell. Like yeah. immediately the phone would be up recording and we'd be filming it and watching yeah. you fall and eat shit.
1: I mean even as we were getting along in the high in the whole high school system, there was people with uh, video phones. Yeah. And it would just record people. Uh, a friend of mine has a scar along his forehead uh, from when he got his first phone, him and his friends would just do dumb shit. Dumb jackass type shit. And then our uh, house That school, was unfortunate
0: that we... The, the cell phone started to come out just as jackass was finishing. Yeah. Oh, everyone was we,
1: like, this is the shit. We were lucky to be alive. We did some dumb shit. Uh, like, I mean, not... I didn't do any dumb shit because I was a fucking... As a generation. Yeah, as a generation a we, did we did dumb shit. I was the most timid child you could ever think of. <laughs> I was like, okay, the big people will beat me up, so I'm going to shut up. But, uh, so... They, my friend, he had the the his a uh, mobile phone out and he was recording some dumb shit. And in our uh, high school, uh, canteen, there was all the I think it's the same with most high school canteens. Hmm. There's the it's the assembly hall just with tables and all the tables are at one side and we had the stage and the stage had a little uh, that sort of metal barrier yeah run along it. And they were just like it's say, just a little lip. Yeah, it's it's just a, just
0: a lip, lip on the edges just to prevent uh, a little the, rubber the boards rubber. lifting up. Yeah, but just instead just... of rubber, which we would use nowadays,
1: it was metal. It was metal. So they were messing around like buying like throwing each other a bit, and all of a sudden, one guy grabbed my friend and smashed his head off of it and like cut his head open. Mm. And I think that's what led, <laughs> led that along to you know let's get rid of the metal, <laughs> put the rubber, in. Yeah. and that and they just kept doing that. And it's like I'd hate for people nowadays to see that because phones are getting better. Yeah, and a lot of people are looking for that shortcut. Oh, dude! If I post some dumb shit on YouTube, maybe I'll get money. Yeah.
0: That viral clip.
1: All it takes is that one viral clip. Yeah. What if I bean my my friend in the head with a brick? Mm. Like, I knock him out. That'll be that'll be I'll be like, fucking savage. I'll be mm-hmm. fucking world star this shit. Like, No, you're just gonna knock your friend out and get <laughs> get absolutely nothing on YouTube. And when the police
0: come, there is evidence all over.
1: The place. Yeah, there's evidence that uh, you could find the brick with your fingerprints on it because you decided to bean your friend in there. Or we could just watch the YouTube clip. Yeah, <laughs> we should watch that. Yeah, it, it terrifies me yeah. that I'd hate to be grown up now, where just at any point because I was, I thinking back on it, I was probably if there was a if there was cameras about that, I'd have been a gold mine mm-hmm. for that kind of footage because I was sick a lot. I was uh, I was short. I was pushed around a lot. I was always overweight, and uh, I was always late to things, so I was always running. <laughs> so some people go, "Oh, there's a little fat Dom, run titties, run."
0: <laughs> you, you you, it makes. It adds an extra layer. It yeah. Adds more potential to bullies who are meaner. And in yeah. a weird way, you gotta understand, a bully is savagely intelligent. It's not in a an it's, it's not in an intellectual way.
1: Predatorial, that yeah. kind of it's instinctual predatory. way.
0: Yeah, there's an understanding of I have this thing. I do this thing. I can combine these two and make a different thing. Yeah, I there's, can
1: satisfy that craving to make him feel small, but I can also look cool to the others, yeah. and I won't get bullied by the others. Yeah. And if this. Uh, just it's actually kind of make me want to watch Big Mouth if that if that's adding that aspect in.
0: There is that layer of like if you under if you remember understand and are willing to look at puberty in a different light. Oh yeah, this is the show for you. Yeah. And it takes it all the way up to modern extremes where because of Andrew being rejected, he actually becomes an incel for a couple of episodes, and they spend a few episodes with him uh, delving deeper into this kind of like weird thing where he hates what happened to him mm. but doesn't understand he did it to himself. Right, and he blamed he-
1: everyone else for his. Flywheel. Yeah,
0: and he turns to the internet and he finds a, a men's uh, activism group. Turns out they're Nazis, <laughs> which there is there's no like kind of oh maybe it's a shade of grey. It's no the guy starts with uh, like the, the meeting of the this uh, men's help group starts with the guy say, or is introduced by the main speaker saying, so my my ex wife ran off with her black husband and her fucking Jew lawyer says I'm gonna have to help pay for the divorce and you're like, hey, Andrew immediately sitting in the in the room goes. Oh, I joined a Nazi group. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's n- no if, buts, or maybe's about it. They're like, yeah, this is this is the, this is how that pathway starts. This yeah. is this intel thing. This that is a sharp um, decline from it goes to hundred real regular. quick, and you will find yourself in the wrong room with the wrong people, and it's up to you to recognize that you're in the wrong room. Like they have a very good message around what happens to Andrew and how it happens, and they actually deal with it kind of the right way, where um, Andrew is honest about it to Nick. Mm-hmm. And he comes to him at one point and says, "Nick, I was in a Nazi meeting the other day, and everyone's it, it like, What? And they like they kind of they kind of console each like he consoles him, hugs it out, and it uh, it's kind of dealt with off screen in a way. Yeah. It does get brought up later, like it, he reminds him uh, there was there's a, an origin episode for Duke, where they like he they ask Duke, who's this big ladies man or ghost of a ladies man, uh, how he lost his virginity, and he he goes to tell him the story, and he tells the whole story. That's the whole episode. But it cuts back every now and again to uh, them telling, like Duke telling the story to the boys, mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew interrupts randomly to bring in various woke points about like how uh, things were different back in the day, and things were that are completely unacceptable now. All these uh, racial stereotypes, these yeah. uh, these words, these what it means, and what real oppression means now, and how we can change things. And at one point, Nick tells him, hey, didn't you go to a fucking Nazi rally, like, earlier this month? Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up, woke boy. <laughs> it's, it's a great kind of, like, little digger, like, shut up. Like, if you're if you're trying this hard, you must be hiding something. Yeah. So, so it's a very good uh, show. It's, it's phenomenal. It's hilarious. Mm. I've been in tears at points. The show is absurd. It's, it goes to places it doesn't need to go to. Just for the sake of a joke, hmm. <laughs> like Andrew, at this point, at one point in season three, tries to bang his own cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not touch that one. Just, oh. But they're in Florida, and then they might destroy Florida, and then they wink, and they're like, wait, did that actually happen? Did we actually destroy Florida, or was it just a joke? And they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just kind of shrugs it off and just kind of drives on to the next, like, there's an absurdist element to this, and you're like, that reminds me. Of the absurd moments you have in puberty, or how it feels to be in puberty, yeah. it's a very good show for that. But if you have the time, I definitely recommend it. Season three you just came out, and it's fucking hell of a ride. So yeah,
1: yeah I'll, I'll definitely look into it. But uh, I recently finished watching a show. I finished watching Disenchantment season two. We I've watched season one. Yep. Season How's one, season two? Season one was great. Uh, season two, it's not as good. Still mm. good. It's uh, still a good ride, but they tend to. They start the the writing takes a little bit of a nosedive the, the, the original story is still there still fine and how they continue that it's it's all well and good, it's all really really good yeah. but they take, if you consider the main storyline of the, the first season it's being you know, being a fuck up uh, getting into her own sort of style uh, her own style and her own way of thinking being her own person with Elfo and Lucy uh, and then she finds her mother, then there's the mother storyline where she's trying to Basically, Bean has access to some kind of ancestral power or some crap like that, right. and she's trying to groom her it, to be that. That storyline kind of takes a bit of a backseat because they resolve that shit with Bean and her mother within the first episode, maybe two episodes, oh. and that kind of takes a backseat for this new plot line of yeah. just more, uh, yet more of Bean trying to figure herself out. I think it, it, it's funny what they do with it, but it just seems like a bit of a thin pretense, a thin. Prete- a thin yeah. Like, I, th- I thought, I thought that was the,
0: the entire purpose of the mother storyline was Bean would figure shit out.
1: Nah, she, they, they kind of let that limp on again because uh, her mother Dagmar is back in uh, I think they, her land is Maru, like the kind of the Kobayashi yeah. Maru. I, that's where I took th- <laughs> it as a cool uh, Star Trek reference. But uh, now she's uh, Bean is back in Dreamland and she's with King Zog and again they're trying to figure shit out. And she writes a play about her struggles, uh, being part of the royal family where our mother and father hate each other and it's all about how women weren't allowed to work in the theatre so she had to sell the story to uh, Prince Merkimer, Matt Berry's character that got turned right. into a pig, and how the pig has to play uh, her father and then yeah. Elfo has to play Queen Dagmar. Right. It, it's pretty funny, but I just thinking, again, it, it's more of being trying to figure herself out. But we do get more of a focus on the other characters because Lucy is a demon. Ultimately, he's not really a good guy. He sells them out when they go to hell. Yeah, but he does it ultimately for a good reason, so that he can get his wings and fly them out of there. But then he loses okay. a, then he so. loses all his powers and he he becomes uh, essentially a mortal. Interesting. He becomes immortal, not immortal.
0: I saying, like, no, but him becoming a mortal is interesting because in season one, Lucy as a demon is just a dick because he knows he can get out of anything he's yeah. like oh no we're all stuck behind bars let me just phase shift through the fucking prison bars and just yeah. walk out of here I don't give a shit And now a it's, demon. <laughs> yeah,
1: demon now that's going to change because he's not invincible anymore he's he, he's not uh, invulnerable he can now die he's lost all his, his demonly powers because he basically betrayed hell that'd be interesting and the storyline comes from Elfo dies at the end of season one right and because Elfo was this fucking boy scout he goes to heaven and part of his heaven is he can look down and see other things and he and Bean finds a way to contact Elfo right. and she feels so guilty about essentially letting him die it's like nah I need to find Elfo and then they say Elfo get down to hell we'll pick you up in hell Lucy will come and pick us up <laughs> and they have some cool funny shit in there uh,
0: I don't remember Elfo dying I, I need to rewatch something. Elfo
1: gets killed by I think he gets shot yeah but he gets, I think he gets shot by an arrow in, at the tail end of season one by something, I can't really remember I oh, do
0: remember I didn't get into uh, Disenchanted Season 1 until a couple episodes in and I was very drunk at that point so yeah. that's probably why I don't remember this
1: but the the downfalls for Season 2 are mainly the fact that the, like I said the writing takes a bit of a nosedive because they, my for my mind is when you're including quotes from our references to other shows it's kind of when you're running a bit of ideas so you're just thinking alright we'll throw in a line about you know a King Zog, who's voiced by John DiMaggio, who also voices Bender, he's out hunting and he jumps out of a bush and shouts, "Bite my shiny metal axe. And, right, okay. And then there's other references to other shows. I'm just thinking, and we could, should
0: clarify: this is a show by Matt Groening, yeah, the guy who created Futurama, therefore Bender, therefore, and
1: and and The Simpsons. yeah. That's the thing. The reason why I like it more, and I'm sticking with it more so, than Simpsons, is because it's something that you've never really seen Matt Groening do before. It's a, it's one show with a a narrative throughout, and obviously it's really really funny I'm, I know I'm saying the, the writing taking a bit of a nose like but it's still all the little one liners all the little zingers, some of the little jokes that they play are still really really good it's a really really well written show and the characters that are in there get more of a chance to play in season 2 because mm-hmm. uh, other characters like in season 1 you had the three eyed Prime Minister, Oddval he's now got his own uh, intentions for the castle he wants the prince uh, what the hell's his name, Derek the, oh yeah, the, the lizard the boy prince, yeah. uh, they want him to be the king because they can control him and then there's the the minister priest woman from season 1 that tries mm-hmm. to marry Bean and Giesbert she's now got a larger part to play in it uh, and then there's the, the elven king or the elf king from Elfwood where Elf was from they now live in Dreamland because their home got destroyed or some <laughs> shit so now they're just uh, nomads in, in uh, Dreamland and then there's other uh, there's the people working in Maru that voiced by like Rich Fulcher and uh, I can't remember her name but she was in IT Crowd she's the woman that beats the shit out of Matt Berry's character uh,
0: Jen? Not no Jen. not Jen uh, yeah.
1: I can't remember her name but, uh, Lucy Montgomery is her name right. uh, she was in She was in the episode of the IT Crowd she played uh, a transgendered woman
0: oh, right, uh, yeah. and she's saying
1: no I'm not from Iran I used to be a man yeah. That
0: is the fucking funniest. Like uh, of all the like when you were being introduced to LGBT issues as a young guy in Britain, that episode of the IT Crowd was fucking, yeah, fucking. hysterical.
1: And the two of them have the fight through the uh, the science department. <laughs> <It's> fucking hysterical. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Right, uh, <laughs> so uh, just just to kind of try and sum up, uh, this gentleman season two, uh, it's pretty good in terms of what they try and do, but it really needs to create a core story then stick with it because they they started the the Dagmar storyline and then they just dropped that they're picking it up at the end of season 2 but ultimately I think season 2 could have been so much better if they just stuck with that because there's a there's a few too many episodes of let's just go do this
0: what are we doing this episode and it feels like it's just for this episode yeah
1: and it's just padding the episode where she writes her own play I get that she gets closer to King's Og but she already got closer to King's Og in season 1 I get that there was the betrayal there where she left to join her mother and stuff but you don't need to do that is, again.
0: Yeah. And this is the big draw for a lot of us: is this is Matt Groening doing a consistent throughline narrative? Yeah,
1: and it's him doing something where you can just do what he wants. Yeah.
0: Netflix. So we, Netflix you're going to pay for it. Uh, like off, just indexing. If you were just, if you had to pick someone as a like look at this person we have as like a not a champion of this platform, but as a as a showcase of what this platform Netflix is willing to do. Mm that would be a hell of a get is Matt Groening
1: <laughs> yeah and have, have Matt is it Groening or Groening I've always said Matt Groening that know. doesn't fucking matter yeah uh, if if Matt Groening is in your corner fucking use him as foolish because I don't think Matt Groening has had anything to do with The Simpsons in fucking decades yeah and he's I think gone for a while he might have just signed his name over to it and then Fox just fucking ran with it
0: I think he's only in there as a, a creator I, think he, it's in the I think
1: he might have name above the door type money he opened the door he made it for yeah. the first few seasons Maybe we should just do it. Yeah, I don't really care.
0: Yeah, it may be show up to writers' retreats, do yeah, a couple of bits of work here and maybe. there. But
1: approve new characters. Maybe
0: might go check that out, see if he is still involved. Yeah, I but doubt it.
1: Disenchantment season two. I'd say it's well worth a watch. It's not going to be as funny season two as season one, but it's still you're still going to have a, a few good laughs. And you're still going to dig the the characters are In there's still a fucking powerhouse performance from quite a lot of the characters. You've got uh, no fielding play Stan mm-hmm. the Executioner. Oh, yeah. You've got uh, Rich Fulcher plays a, a few characters, you've got uh, Eric Andre, and there is Lucy and a couple other characters. You've got, um, is it Abby? I can't remember the car- character's name, but the, the girl who voices Bean is fucking perfect. She fits that character expertly. and It's just, it's just a really good show. It's, it's what The Simpsons could have been if it stayed if it kept just saying, oh, we'll do what we want, let's not do what the executives want. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a better example of Matt Groening's work.
0: And if he doesn't have to reset the clock the same way he does with The yeah. Simpsons every 22 minutes, Sim- uh, Springfield needs to be the same every 22 minutes. Yeah. Once he's done with it, he has to tell his story, clean up his shit, get out. Yeah,
1: if he changes it in the first 10 minutes, it needs to be the, exactly the same as it was before that in the last 20 minutes. Unless it's a minute. big
0: revelation of a character leaving or yeah. dying or
1: whatever. And... I definitely say Disenchantment worth a watch if you're on Netflix and you have, I think it's like five hours to kill, six hours to kill. Yeah, it's like ten episode season uh, one. Uh, ten episodes, uh, half an hour each. Yeah, I'd I'd say definitely pick up. I definitely pick up uh, a Netflix subscription and watch Disenchantment season one. I do. It's, it's a good show.
0: Yep. And there's plenty of good animated stuff coming. Uh, we we're talking about uh, BoJack Horseman season yep. six was announced as the final season, mm-hmm. being split into two parts. um which is weird. I it's, it's a I th- very popular show. Yeah, I it's think got it's very cult following.
1: I think more streaming platforms are splitting the content yeah. because they're realizing that more people are engaging with longer form shows, but they're binging it all within a weekend. So if they split it, yeah. they get to prolong that engagement.
0: I uh, that is part of my theory. This one because there's another one which is uh, that Rick and Morty is coming back as well. Uh, also towards like November. Um, Project uh two seasons are being asked for, or two half seasons, are like October twenty fifth, so soon, and then January in twenty twenty. Don't know what the exact date was for that one, but oh. January. Um, so they're they're ready to go. They're just probably just polishing up the last. Yeah, maybe they're just doing episodes.
1: some editing and.
0: Given last how, cuts. given how like s- story based the show is, I don't think the story is going to change based on anything that happens. Mm. Really, highly doubt that. I just think the. Uh, there's been a lot of production issues for that studio they've been on strike for half of 2019 so yeah. I'd say that they're they're just making sure they've got enough time to put out a finished product yeah and um, I think that's Yeah. I mean
1: I think that's people learning the mistakes from the writer strikes in the early 2000s because you've got two good seasons of Lost before it just goes to shit because of the writer strike mm. it Happened happen to quite a lot of those early shows I mean Scrubs where they just started rehashing ideas where like everybody gets pregnant, everybody gets married yeah I just, I, I'd, um,
0: with with this, I'm looking at the, uh, the, the release schedule. That and, uh, Rick and Morty announced for five episodes, uh, coming up in November. Yeah. If Again, that's
1: related to the, yeah. the Harmon, t- or the Dan Harmon instant, I, I'm not surprised in the slightest. He's just thinking, Dan fuck Har- it.
0: If you're wondering what Dan Harmon instant, Dan Harmon is the instant. <laughs> that's the yeah. best way to describe that. Um, but I, I, I think with these, it is partially due issues going on for production. I've um, I, I got the personal theory that they are just holding on, like releasing content in small chunks for as a pronged engagement, pronged subscriptions because there's, there's something to kind of keep you coming back every it's couple s- months.
1: something to maintain that uh, viewership and it's also something that... Especially since,
0: I, allegedly, Netflix has lost a ton of money this year.
1: Yeah, they did and a lot of people are saying Dave Chappelle's the blame but I watched his special. It's not the greatest special but it's nothing ridiculously harsh. It makes a couple of like, pretty bad jokes. Yeah. I mean, not bad as in the... I, mean, I still laughed at them. But do, still, do you see
0: what I mean when I said that it was...
1: It was mean. It was more. It was meaner.
0: Yeah. It was more targeted. It was, it was yeah. sitting there to lance yeah.
1: certain things that he felt were boils, but... Yeah, but... It, so I, thought, I think that that is maybe the reason why. There was Netflix no mass... Was um,
0: I doubt there was mass unsubscription. The, the, the reason, the issues they're
1: having... There's not many people are buying accounts. They're just buying one account and dishing out the password.
0: Sharing accounts and competing subscription services. That's yeah. thing, Netflix was the man for so long and now Amazon's surprisingly good. Yeah, like Amazon print, they're fucking <laughs> uh,
1: And then you've got Disney Plus, the Goliath, it's that, that, that's going to be...
0: That's uh, going to cause its own monster. I mean, you've got guys uh HBO doing yeah. their own thing and they'll be, in the UK, we do it through like Sky Atlantic, you just get a Sky package yeah. and just buy that service, throw that on top of what you've already got and then you have access to the good HBO stuff. Yeah. you have to see everything but they're Every Everyone is competing now for a piece of what was, at one point, Netflix's pie.
1: Yeah, it was solely Netflix's pie, but I think Netflix... Oh, Hulu. Yeah,
0: Hulu. Don't forget Hulu.
1: I mean, Hulu, we don't really get that over here. I think most shows that are on Hulu in America are on Amazon Prime UK for us. Yeah. So when the Animaniacs gets relaunched, you can watch that on Amazon Prime.
0: Oh, yeah, I hear they're, they're redoing it, yeah. and original voice cast is down for it.
1: Yeah, they've got everybody that was on the show originally to come back. So I can imagine I will tune in just to see because I know it's not going to be for me anymore. I'm just going to see if it's still what I remember. Yeah.
0: Is it is it kind of fun?
1: Yeah. And I don't know I'll pro- if it's good I'll probably just grab the the niece just go, watch this. This yeah. is the good shit.
0: But I I wonder how many of these talks about shows being brought back shows not coming back. Um I wonder who I kind of wonder who makes the cut in a way because I I love another season of Archer, especially the way the the new season ended. Again, more big mouth. We kinda need that because uh, season three ended with a very set end, a very set kind of story ending that I kind of need to see them come back to. Mm. Um, they've uh, I don't know if it was I think it was Adult Swim have commissioned another seventy episodes of Rick and Morty, and that's the first five coming out. And it's been I thought a this year going to be
1: the last episode.
0: Nope, the last. CDs so. <laughs> no Netflix. Uh, they were they commissioned seventy, fuck from a, from Dan Harmon, and I don't know what's going on there because uh, I I don't know how you explain a five episode chunk. I don't know if that's a distribution plan. Again, are, are we seeing companies trying to build a a drip feed of content yeah, rather I'm than th- just dropping?
1: I am thinking that you think you might be on the money on that because Disney Plus are deliberately releasing all their shows in one episode chunks so you'll get one episode one week one episode the next week they're not dropping everything at once Netflix do a Stranger Things for example they're just doing just say The Mandalorian which is one of a few shows that I would actually get a Disney Plus subscription for Uh, they're doing the the open fuck. they're doing the open fuck (laughs) the open fuck (laughs) they're doing the the opening episode and that'll be the first one, that's about an hour and a half or something like that. Then they're doing next week's e- the episode after that, but then a week, then yeah. so on and so forth. But I think the finale, the finales are always going to be about two weeks after. Right. The show, that's what I've heard. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but that's what I've heard after talking to someone who did some research into it. But I, I, I won- personally think that's a dumb no. move to say, oh, you have these nine episodes, but if you want episode 10, you have to wait two weeks.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder what the... Uh- the structures are I wonder what they're playing with I wonder what they're concerned about like yeah. just in general with this, this mass uh, creation of streaming platforms I it should in theory I mean there's always the thing of all oh, competition is good for the market but these aren't competing services in the same way that traditionally product uh, products are they're competing for your time and will use it, exclusives to try and grab your attention and money and this is where we have great experience as gamers because yeah. we have been fucked over for years by this nonsense of yeah. uh, console exclusives.
1: A console exclusivity is dumb because as you you you're always been I always applaud your your loyalty when it comes to console because you've been Xbox. I, I just buy Xbox because it's Cause cheaper. Because it's cheaper, yeah, and <laughs> it's, I, it's what my
0: friends are on. Yeah, I, I, it's, that's the group I play with. That's what you've stuck with. Yeah. It's, yeah,
1: yeah, it's never really done you wrong. Yeah. Xbox, you're always going to be able to play the games that you want to play, but my problem right now is I don't know if I want to get the PS5.
0: I heard something, like a warning about the price for this. Yeah, and that's, apparently
1: Scarlet is going to be pricey, Yeah, but it's not going to be as much as PS5, because PS5, they tend to go a bit artisan with it, they go a bit too far with their consoles, They're like, right. oh, your, your fucking console can make you popcorn and jerk you off while you wait for your game to install it. Right great but at the same time Fantastic. is it
0: worth the extra 200 quid
1: exactly is it worth like I don't want a jerkoff machine that's going to cost me an extra 200 pounds on my console with Xbox has always just been this is what you need to play it's slightly cheaper than PlayStation but it's still going to cost you a pretty penny yeah and there's going to be games coming out on PS5 that I'd want to play but would I want to then shell, shell out for another console when I've already bought Scarlet mm. and it's I hate the fact that I always justify buying the other consoles by saying oh well this game comes out that game comes
0: out. It's not that I'm, I'm loyal to the Xbox. It's that the Xbox is the one I buy first, and then I don't go back and buy another console. Yeah. I'm not going back for that extra couple hundred pounds, even at the end of a console generation, to say I want to go back and play the exclusives. It's just not worth it. I never get my money's yeah. worth at the time I spend with it. So it's it's kind of a up in the air thing, and then it's honestly a question of do I just stick with PC at this point? So I think. With the exception of the, the launchers issue where everyone wants you to download and install their launching software. Yeah, which is yeah. It's the console thing all over again between Epic and Steam. Which is yeah, but
1: Epic, as much as they try to win the, the launcher award, they still lose because Steam is the thing. Yeah, Every th- they, It's like when Epic say, we have this game, then Steam say, we also have this game. And Epic try more of a push, it always pushes Steam sales. I regardless of how much effort they put into their their advertising or their campaigns or any shit like that
0: the the thing becomes though true exclusives because Steam does not have Borderlands 3
1: no it does not because
0: Epic came in and just bought the rights straight out yep we are the only ones selling this game you'll play by our rules and if you don't like it you can suck it
1: yep Uh, (laughs) if you don't like our rules get out
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, if you don't like them just uh, complain about it on the internet for a bit then download or install and pay pay for it through us. Which Uh, is
1: why I say to a few people don't buy it on PC because that just reinforces Epic's bad behaviour. Buy it on console. Works just as well. Yeah. Well, maybe not Mm, just as well. We'll
0: we'll see about that one. We'll wait for some day one patches. We'll wait for
1: the 10th patch.
0: 10? Wow. 10th patch, yeah. On a PS4 game?
1: Yeah, I've been playing it. Me and my brother have been playing it just trying to clean up, get some legendaries and nine times out of ten we've been playing it's just been there's a new update for this game available would you like to wait estimated time for mm. installation and I'm like okay like four, like 40 minutes later it's installing update 8 like,
0: motherfucker
1: Shit. and it's all just little fixes that they have had to do like, you could have saved yourself so much time and effort
0: if you just shipped a finished game on launch yeah
1: I feel most of this is me going to be me most of this episode is going to be me starting an episode, reacting to you yawning, yawning myself, and you picking up on the rest of that. That's
0: <laughs> it's, it's why we work. Back and forth. We, we finish, finish each sandwiches. sandwiches, yeah. Oh, fuck, we said the <laughs> same thing. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Yeah, um, yeah. and right, I, I think we want to kind of talk about like gaming corporate greed. Might as well just touch that China thing. Touch that China button with Blizzard. Yeah, uh, as you know, the uh, there's been protesting and rioting in Hong Kong for 52 weeks now? Yep. No, not quite 52, I think we're, we're close though. We're up to about 40 weeks of yeah. protesting um, against the, the Chinese uh, government trying to influence Hong Kong, which has been previously very independent. It is a fucking mess of a situation. Absolutely. Um, it has seen uh, police in riot gear in the streets of Hong Kong for weeks now using tear gas and uh beanbag uh, guns yeah, on the rubber bullets and, shit. Uh, and at one point apparently not a rubber bullet uh, on a kid and they have been, it's just been back and forth and you've seen various uh, groups take certain political allegiances based on who their influences are and the hottest one on the market right now is Blizzard, the game developers part of Activision now, developed World of Warcraft, Hearthstone and then they have recently sided with the Chinese government by silencing uh, the opinion of a, a Hearthstone champion who came on uh, a live stream mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of partially produced by uh, Blizzard and he was wearing a gas mask and uh, a hat and uh, said free Hong Kong on it and started talking political uh, politically and then the stream was cut they uh, removed the uh, that Hearthstone champion's uh, bio from their Blizzard yeah. uh, the Blizzard uh, because Blizzard was actually a very good interaction with its community. Wasn't um, it, he yeah, an esports player? Yeah, it was a Well, Hearthstone champion esports oh, yeah, yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, so I, uh, I was. So they also apparently fired the two uh, the casters, the two broadcasters that he was on a live stream with. Fucking They're gone hell. as well, uh, and they are just entirely saying we are not up with this shit. We will not put. We we're not uh, on the side of the, the people of Hong Kong with this one because. Hearthstone or Blizzard Activision wanna make big ways into the Asian market, yeah. i.e. China, because there are a billion potential gamers out there. Yeah. They're all fairly if they can get
1: their products out there.
0: I mean that's the that's the thing is if there's one thing that the, the gaming executives love more than the money they make, it's the hypothetical money they could make. Yeah. If they just fuck over some people.
1: yes yeah, they just trample a couple of people, they can make some cheddar cheese, but
0: Yeah. And uh, when you remember like uh, it, this is always been, like people are very surprised to see Blizzard doing this, and uh, if you go on any other subreddits right now, it's fucking hysterical. Uh, the new, uh, the new icon was apparently uh, they want to make a new subreddit banner, just the Chinese flag, but with the central star replaced by the uh, other central hammer and sickle replaced by uh, the Blizzard logo. <laughs> you know, holy shit, lads! Like it's the most upvoted thing on the yeah. subreddit, hundred fifty two thousand upvotes or whatever. And uh, the entire, like, all the gaming subreddits right now are just tearing themselves yeah. apart. Did just rip Blizzard a new one. It's a lot, of, a lot of fun if you're not a Blizzard fan. Yeah. Um, but I you got to remember, this, this is new to Blizzard fans. Mm. It's not new to Activision fans. Activision fans drove Call of Duty into the fucking ground for decades. They drove Guitar Hero into the fucking ground for decades. Activision don't give a fuck about anyone. They just want to make money.
1: Yeah. I mean, you only need to look at the amount of fucking rock band times of Rock band, Aerosmith, Rock band, The Beatles, Lego Rock band, yeah. Rock band two. Why the fuck is there a Rock band two? Just add more songs, dipshit. Yeah, if there's ever an advert for games as a fucking service, it is the Rock band games. But uh, I have I've been uh, being kept uh, clued in the the situation with Blizzard in Hong Kong because uh, a friend of mine is very active in the whole anti-China thing. He's been he's been very much in the free Hong Kong camp. Mm. Uh, and he's been—he posted the article, and underneath it, he just typed, "I uh, typed to uninstall BattleNet," and I just felt like replying, "What the fuck is uninstalling BattleNet on your end?" As a as a person living in Scotland, going to do again, you can show that he's standing in solidarity. Yeah. I understand the sentiment, but
0: it's more to do with—it's not nothing will happen. The Chinese government will not pay attention to that, exactly. but Blizzard will people removing themselves from the service you you talked about earlier not encouraging the bad behaviour Yeah, you have to make your choice and say this is my line, I'm not crossing it I don't want to associate with you because you believe X, because you do Y because you say things that I disagree with I'm done, I'm walking away goodbye, good luck
1: (laughs) (laughs) good luck with this dumpster fire
0: uh, it it is the only option available to individuals when we're dealing with a capitalist market yeah. It just—I refuse to use your services because I don't like what you say, think, do, whatever.
1: I think my stance on it was: what is one person? Because I guarantee there's going to be there's going to be a lot of people logging off in terms of you know people in Hong Kong and other people that are directly affected by this. They're going to probably stop using net, but it's not. I mean, there are certain you know Hong Kong nationals that are in Scotland. If they stop using it, fine. But what is one person who's probably not that connected to it?
0: I I think the idea there is the most important part is you said that person did it and posted it on social media. That's the idea. It's not about that person. It's like you could just uninstall it yourself and no one would know. But the idea is you are part of the ripple of uh, anti-blizzard or anti-corporate sentiment that supports this idea. You publicly do it. You announce that you're doing. it. You're making a big show of it. Uh, If you're sincere in that, if you're just doing it for woke points... Go fuck yourself if you're sincere and you don't want and you're part of the act- mm. you say that person's part of like an activist. No he's is interested and engaged the, in the story.
1: He's definitely engaged in the story, but he showed up to the uh the protests and shit like that. Right. So he's
0: he's part of yeah, he's, he's, definitely part, he's of, part of genuine activism against yeah. Chinese uh the, the Chinese government's push against Hong Kong as an independent place mm. or as a more free minded place as opposed to the Chinese government. Um he has uh he's doing that. To be part of a very kind of social awareness campaign to say, I disagree with this, and to the extent of when someone takes the side of that, I will disagree with them. Yeah, I mean, it's and not, I want you I, to know that, and I want you to consider how you react to this news as well.
1: It was also more; it wasn't a face. It wasn't the fact that this was posted through a private chat. Like, oh, um, a, a private group. Oh. it was like, type uninstall button. It. Was, I did feel like saying, what is your own installation of or you deleting button going to do to this greater thing at large? if he did post it on social media okay yeah. he's getting back in mind he's showing that he's standing in solidarity but
0: maybe if it's if it's in not, a I don't know what this group chat is but if it is a group of maybe close like similarly minded individuals or people who no f- it's or just a general group chat of like it's just a general group chat of,
1: it's like a 10 20 group chat of about 10-20 I, mean, I have 10-15 people and he's the only person that's been actively engaging in this whole Hong Kong protest thing right and it's originally we kind of thought he's always had a bit of the he's always liked the Asian ladies Right. so we initially thought oh this is just this guy going out trying to get some this is the most Asian- desperate
0: attempt for pussy I've ever seen this is, he's trying to get some
1: Asian tasty but and it's just this has been quite desperate I've always seen it as just he's been getting involved in something he's always been he's always been Asian inclined he's always involved himself with Asian culture and i was just thinking is this just the latest thing that he's been swept up in because where my kind of exasperation comes from is just I've known this person for a long time since high school and they've always been kind of flip floppy on things yeah. and he gets attached to certain ideals and just refuses to let it go until one piece of information comes to light and that's that whole previous stance shattered yeah. and then there's a new opposing stance taken from it so I personally just think when he I see that when i seen the message it's like you're only going to change your fucking mind I mean I never typed this but because yeah. I just couldn't be fucked because it it's just the latest in a long line of little activist things that he, he gets part of but I just just wonder the motivation behind it and like you said as you are, are you sincere about it because again I I go to Edinburgh on a daily basis and most of the people in my in fact I'd say about 75% of the students in my university are international students Right? not that many Scots yeah. It'd be like if I hear another Scottish accent on the day that isn't a lecturer or someone that I know not that many Scots yeah. uh, and so I've been I've been uh, spoke to by people just saying this is what we're doing and it's like, okay I understand hmm. so I get the whole the, the reason for the protest, but it's just I can see why they were doing it, and there's people that are attaching themselves to it. And I think it relates back to my stance on being at ra- being angered for other people. Yeah, if you're not part of that group, I think it kind of devalues it by saying, like, yeah, you don't get to be annoyed, I'm annoyed for you. But again, it could just be personal high ups. I get this doesn't really make a lot of sense, but yeah,
0: it's, it's, a, it's a thing you'll get and say, I don't understand this, yeah, yeah. But it, I, of all the things to be worried or afraid of the Chinese government's a pretty, pretty good yeah. target. I'm not gonna
1: lie, I, I don't think it's more like from their. Just one Blizzard, sense. like what is one person installing on their mm-hmm. button it yeah. going to do, but then there's going to be so many other people doing it that if he did it publicly, might send the appropriate message. Yeah.
0: if you did it publicly, and I guarantee you, he's not the only one who's done that today. I guarantee yeah. you can probably I, find I I guarantee entire you. subreddit of fuck Blizzard. Yeah,
1: Um I, it's probably going to be an ongoing movement. I could probably check Twitter and type in Blizzard, and it'd be people just clicking the uninstall button. Yeah.
0: Uh, you could find videos, gifts, pictures of the uninstallation message and yeah. stuff like that. You will you'll find that somewhere, and I'd I wouldn't be surprised if it does take them an ab. If it is a real kick in the balls, because of all the things uh, to side yourself with the Chinese government, really, like, yeah, <laughs> who's who really is pro that regime
1: at this point in time? Yeah. Who's looking at those guys and go, they got it right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I really like their their, their tax saying. policy. <laughs> <laughs> they they really have it down. <laughs> yeah,
1: they got it down part
0: I mean, yeah and I think it's it's good to see Blizzard fans who are, are fanatics to the point of almost being assholes yeah really waking up to realize you're not Blizzard anymore you're Activision Blizzard yeah you want money yeah you just want that dollar <laughs> yeah I uh, yeah, I think we're ready for the showstopper
1: almost almost yeah we have a message oh the, yeah the message yep uh, we got a message from a son of Korax on Twitter yes a good friend of the show been there since the very beginning always been very vocal as vocal as our community gets I suppose yeah. uh, he sent us a video of uh, Lois Capaldi we all know who Lois Capaldi is the guy is a walking meme machine uh, I think I know who he is yep. he's, a, he's, a, he's a singer got a really good voice uh, Scottish singer but he's more known for just the dumb shit that he says he is the guy the Scottish Beyonce
0: <laughs> okay that's one way of putting it
1: genuinely what he calls himself I, I mean why would I call someone Beyonce I don't even know who he is look
0: I'm on I'm on Tinder for a girlfriend? Half of the profiles are. I'm just on here looking for Lewis Capaldi because he said he was on there at one point.
1: Oh, that's his uh, his tour poster. It's his uh, profile picture from Tinder.
0: Right. Okay. So. Right. So what's the what's the video?
1: Uh, it was a video of him going through different uh, movies and TV shows and rating uh, Scottish accents. Right. And uh, I think after my after me being very vocal about how I hate bad Scottish accents and I hate. I think at this point I hate most Scottish impressions that aren't done by actual Scottish people. Yeah. Uh, I thought you'd probably get a kick of it. And I did watch the video. I watched as much as I could before my headphone ran out of battery when I was at uni. Uh, they run through Star Trek, both the new movies with Simon Pegg and the old movies with the Welsh guy voicing a Scotsman. Right. Uh, they go Shrek, they go Fat Bastard, they go Braveheart. And uh, it's mainly been, it's been this guy, Lois Capaldi, just going no I can see what you try to do there but it's, it's shite
0: it's, it's all shite <laughs> like
1: he, he, they start off with a brave heart and he goes really no one decided to check William uh, Mel Gibson on his accent when he's doing but the, you know the speech what? when he's walking in front of the, the line uh, of horses and he goes yeah. fight and you may die
0: when, you, when you're writing and directing the movie you pretty much have nobody who can stop you yeah
1: like did I do a good? I, you can imagine him talking to himself. Did I do a good job of that I was Yeah, I did. Well done, Mel. Thanks, me.
0: When you write it, when you direct it, when you're Mad Max, <laughs> yeah, and you're Mel Gibson, you don't have to basically answer to anyone nah. at this point. He was given carp blanche for that movie, yeah. I think.
1: So uh, that's the kind of things that he wants. And I think what Lance was wanting us to talk about is maybe us rating those accents. So maybe for next week, we, we I'll send the video to you and we'll look through that. Right. And uh, so far, my resu- my uh, results were the Braveheart accent is fucking horrible. Because get they,
0: ready by the way for Shrek to be number one. I'm just saying that right now. I will Naughty. fight and die on hell for our green lord and saviour. <laughs> Shrek. Okay. For, uh, get it's Shrek. all Ogre now. It's all Ogre now. <laughs> <laughs> but, fuck.
1: Uh, so, and I like some memories. He <laughs> did. Memories that were best left forgotten. Uh, so they the first one they open with is uh Braveheart, uh, William Wallace. And the reason why I don't like the accent is because A, it's just not very good, and B, they do the thing where Everyone assumes that a U in a Scottish accent is as a double O sound. Yeah. So, one thing that I used to get called quite a lot as a child was IUE Scunner. She's right. like, yeah wee rascal, you, you wee bandit, that kind of thing. People who are doing a Scottish impression automatically think that's a So, it's IUE Schooner. Who the fuck says Schooner? A schooner's a ship, you dick. <laughs>
0: Uh, and, uh, I, mm-hmm.
1: so yeah he does that quite a lot and uh, fucking bug me there and i'm just not a fan of brave art as a movie and that's that's a recurring theme for me watching this video it's like that video that accent shite why because it's going to keep a willy. it's designed to just be a stereotype yeah. and a uh, shrek fuck shrek
0: we'll, we'll do that for the next episode we'll have uh we'll watch the video we'll yeah. put them in a list and we'll we're gonna have to compare lists so yeah. you you organize yours yeah. and you're you're like in order like spoilers
1: I didn't like any of them best
0: best worst and then I'll come in and just say Shrek and then everything else sucks dick okay yeah. and we'll Shrek
1: notes. awesome fat bastard wasn't as good
0: fat bastard same voice <laughs> fat bastard little racist but not wrong
1: <laughs> accurate for some areas of Glasgow <laughs> fat bastard dad <laughs> fat bastard uncle <laughs>
0: Uh, so we'll, we'll do that for next week. Sorry, yeah. we didn't get to it this week. Yeah. Um, but we'll do that one for next week. You just yeah. kind of come. We'll with just the...
1: compare these shitty Scottish accents. Yeah. But now you have the showstopper sir.
0: So, uh, we
1: a, a measly three hours, three and a half hours.
0: bitch ass <laughs> episode. So I'm talking
1: about. bitch I think one of these days we're just going to go for a four-hour episode, and it's just not going to end. <laughs> I,
0: I'm I'm thinking like we just we critical roll this bitch. We, yeah. we just start recording the entire day as a podcast. <laughs> the the Tuesday the 31st <laughs> podcast. And then we just record, hit record, and then just let it happen. And you we just hang out for happened. the entire day, talk shit, watch movies, the whole fucking nine yards. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: a riff track or something in the background, play some games. I'd be I might finally it. get to play Gears 5. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'll get to it. I fucking swear I'll get to
0: it. we will get to it. And we will sit here and we'll be like, this needs to One happen our death like,
1: hey Colin <laughs> I got to that Gears 5 why, why is my hand shaking <laughs> like, you, obviously you can't see this because it's a fucking audio podcast but my hand instantly did the, like the shaky old man hand holding the cane <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's oh, weird because it, you actually had the hand spacing for it yeah I did <laughs> right so uh, from, uh, from bad Scottish accents to my impression of bad Kentucky accent so uh, we are uh, did you know that Kentucky has a family of blue people
1: It's the Blue Man Group. (laughs) Don't tell me that that's not the Blue Man Group.
0: It's a clan of people called the Fugates. Uh, They have a rare condition that causes their skin to be blue. The family uh, starts in about 1820 with a French man named Martin Fugate settling the area uh, where he married a very pale woman named Elizabeth Smith. And for some reason, there is a very flowery description of her that's been recorded in history as part of this family lore uh, that I'm just not going to bother with. Okay. Turns out that she and he have a recessive gene uh, that they both carry on and four out of their seven children end up with blue skin. Uh and then because this is backwards Kentucky, these people start inbreeding because the blue skin makes them feel bad about themselves. Uh and so they get
1: some sisters comfort.
0: So they're like, well, who else is gonna empathize with me but my hot ass sister with blue skin? Uh <laughs> this uh there's it's this weird thing where occasionally people uh will like marry into the family and have kids so it does stop it from being uh, what I've called a, a Smurf crossover episode, with the hills have eyes. <laughs> but the this is the beginning of the uh, the blue uh, Fugate legacy, which uh, actually continued on to this day. There is a blue Fugate born as late as 1975, and there is an actual picture of this guy alive and well, because we'll actually talk about this, uh, what happened, how this all happens, mm. and uh, how the treatment happens as well, because uh, it turns out there is a cure for being blue. Uh, the gene that they actually they they possess uh, is it represses what's called uh, methemoglobin reductase so it is the enzyme that prevents methemoglobin from forming I'm going to just say by the way I'm probably mispronouncing it because it's methemoglobin I'm just Mm. calling methemoglobin because it's meth and we're in Kentucky so we have a meth problem in Kentucky. it's that that, that <laughs> blue crystal meth? Yeah, it is blue crystal meth. Shit, yeah.
1: I didn't even think of that one. Is Walter White's just hunting them like fucking Gargamel for the Smurfs. We brought it round. We brought it round.
0: <laughs> uh, so these, uh, so you know what hemoglobin is? It is a protein that transports uh, blood, uh, transports oxygen through your blood. Yeah, uh, is a small amount of iron in there. So it's like a little think It's like an iron uh, molecule, and then like a long string of proteins. I think it's a like hundred eleven pairs of amino acids that form this protein yeah. and some people go, I'll memorise it you're a fucking moron <laughs> um, buy a television <laughs> go read something else <laughs> no put one cares put that book
1: down and read the beano like, fucking like, nerd <laughs> read a comic book or something
0: uh, so normally when you have hemoglobin uh, this uh, the iron in there is slightly ionically charged it's got a 2 plus charge hmm. so it's missing two electrons uh, when it's methemoglobin, all that changes is that iron loses another electron it becomes uh, Fe3 and then you've got the protein chain afterwards this stops it from transporting oxygen I have no idea how that works but it does that is the sole difference between normal people and these people um, and actually the average person has a very small amount of methemoglobin in the body it is a naturally kind of occurring thing hmm. that the iron would just randomly change remember I mean you're basically a walking bag of chemicals Yeah. Uh, so if one of them slightly changes a little bit the body fights to return to kind yeah, of it a status. Um, and you apparently have about 1-2% to of, uh, of your haemoglobin in your body at any given point is probably methemoglobin. Um, and this is just natural because we have uh, the reductase protein that comes in and corrects it back to haemoglobin so it functions normally. However, when you get to about 10% of this, so 10 times normal concentration, you start to go blue. Because methemoglobin is tinted blue. Normal blood is red-brown. For yeah. some reason, blue brown is a thing in blood. So this is when your deoxygenated blood, that just can't carry anything, mm-hmm. starts to affect your like outward appearance, and it, it can be as little as like blue fingers, or like a blue tint to your cheeks whenever you get hot and flustered. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently you can go completely fucking blue. There was a report of uh like the the youngest uh version of Fugate. I remember the Fugate family? Uh, was told. By a like a, a distant relative who actually knew like the last living proper blue faced uh, fugate that the grandmother was the worst one of them all, like his grandmother was completely like blue lips like a corpse, blue skin blue like Looked pale like, constantly yeah constantly looks like an like an ice sculpture. Um,
1: I hope you have a picture. I want to see one of these blue people.
0: The weird thing is that um.
1: They don't like being photographed. Fair. <laughs> Funnily
0: enough, and there's 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 the worst photo of all of them, and it's the one that's appeared at the top of every article you can find about this. Is it's a re- restoration of a, a a black and white photo, and it looks so fake. <laughs> like like I believe this is a the thing. There's actually like there's evidence of the uh, the this kind of, uh, methemoglobin like issue appearing. It's where you get uh, if you ever hear that a baby was born looking kind of blue, mm. it's that. Because the baby doesn't know how to create the uh, the reductase protein in its body yet, because it was sharing with the mother, and yeah, it was lo- sharing that combi- protein
1: with the mother, so it doesn't yeah. know how to self-produce it.
0: But eventually, it will catch up and yeah. it'll go, okay, and it'll balance itself out. Um,
1: but or you- they're all frost giants.
0: Ooh, <laughs> one of them could be Loki.
1: it' <laughs> 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 just start snapping baby snakes. Like, I am this shit. <laughs> or just down here, oh, no. like, fuck oh, this no. <laughs> We're not dealing with this. <laughs> I have the all-seeing eye. I Ain't dealing with this shit again.
0: <laughs> uh, so. At about ten percent, this is where you start to have discoloration, where you start to go kind of vaguely tinted blue, and you can go up to about twenty percent before you start having serious issues. Now remember, this is all related to transporting oxygen in your blood, so when you start having issues, it gets real bad, real fucking fast. Yeah. <laughs> At about twenty percent, you're uh, you're going to start to feel a bit of dizziness, a bit of nausea, and apparently anxiety, which is if you um, talk to somebody who's been in part of, like carbon monoxide poisoning anxiety, like crippling anxiety is yeah. a real thing that happens with oxygen, oxygen deprivation um, and then up to you can go up to about 70% that's when you start being at risk of like obviously there's, before then you would be starting to vomit and stuff but at 70% you have uh, like genuine just breathing issues mm. you become more fatigued as the uh, the percentage increases of uh, methemoglobin versus hemoglobin and uh, at a certain point your, your body would just start having seizures and you'll slip into a coma and you can die. But that I think apparently tops out at 70%. So only 30% of your hemoglobin is working as intended. The other seventy percent is basically useless. Um so at this point like I was looking at this going, there's gotta be a treatment for this because there's no way an entire family would survive. I mean yes it's the 1800s so everyone has like 15 kids so some of those kids make it through just mathematically <laughs> they just uh, make it through on sheer survivability there um i will couple say of well, them they go
1: and they become part of the road they just get run over
0: if you if you look at the this is this is so rural kentucky i was reading that apparently the 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 railway didn't reach them until 1910 Fucking
1: hell. <laughs> they were just stuck in this landlocked, inbreeding little fuck pile for... The, the family tree
0: years. looks like a fucking Gordian knot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking horrifying. You're like, oh, you two are like, not even kind of vaguely distant related. <laughs> the,
1: you're quite literally like brother and sister. That is,
0: those people are cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that it shows with the interviews that these people gave, because obviously, again, like, medical science at that point is like, there's a family of what people living around the place? Like, fucking boy people? Alright, let's go check this show out. <laughs> And there's people giving interviews like, "Yeah, I'm kin to myself." I'm like, "Yeah, the fact you say I'm kin to myself, <laughs> that tells me you are actually kin to yourself." <laughs> um, so the treatment for this, um, as, there's, as I said, there's a picture of the last, uh, the, the current uh, kind of the most youngest fugate is a guy called uh, Benji Stacey, and he honestly, looked, a cast name, <laughs> he looks like a fairly normal person. He, yeah. Honestly, he's a bit pale, but honestly walking through Scotland you would not clock this guy he'd no. just be another dude he'd just be another Scotsman the solution to this is uh, actually the solution to being blue is more blue there's a blue dye called methylene blue mm-hmm. actually use it at work to uh, dye yeast cells and stuff like that so you can determine if it's a yeast cell or a bacterial cell mm. and you can use it to determine if it's a, a viable cell as well because a viable cell will actually displace it'll pump out the methylene blue it'll go I don't need this and just vomit it back out basically yeah um but when you have like a very severe stage of methem or methemoglobin uh, poisoning, you give them uh, supplemental oxygen just to give them as much oxygen just to keep them alive. Yeah. Um. But the solution is actually to inject them with a very low concentration of methylene blue. Um. And you do it via IV. Apparently, it's sh- like a very small amount should be injected over five minutes. So it's like basically drip feed it into them. Yeah. Uh. And the the uh, methylene blue has the same effect on the like the actual methemoglobin, and it changes the iron from the three plus to the two plus, so it changes it back to normal hemoglobin. And over time, the body starts to recover. So you you actually have uh, dosage pills. Apparently, this guy's on like a dosage of uh, methylene blue tablets, where he just a very low concentration. He just pops it in, eats it like a normal capsule, and then just like that's his daily like part of his supplements and vials and stuff. Apparently a very, like, livable condition, as long as you kind of manage the hemoglobin levels. But, like, the condition this guy must have lived in, like, the families are like, this is this modern guy, is dealing with it through medical science. Yeah. How the fuck did people react in the 1800s? (laughs) There are just a bunch of rednecks in the woods. Oh, there's Alien Jim.
1: (laughs) He just (laughs) runs around, he's all blue all the time. Oh, that's blue farmer Jim. He, he He brings our cattle to us, but we don't... We don't talk to him. He stays in the barn.
0: But the, it's, honestly, there's a family book, but All the photos from like back in the day look kind of shitty. Yeah. And I'm like, it almost looks like they're wearing kind of like Smurf face paint.
1: <laughs> Someone just caught it in with a blue sharpie. They're
0: all in blue face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you appropriating my culture? You're using blue face.
0: It's 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 a weird condition. I was just reading up and this like, what the f blue people? Okay, let's go for it. And just reading up and I'm like, I I was genuinely Googling this constantly for like a week before we decided to put it on the show. It was maybe gonna appear last week. Hmm. I was unsure, but then I found the fat guy story, I'm like, the fat guy story is funnier, yeah. ties into the James Corden thing. And then we found I found this story. I've been googling this for weeks and I'm like, this is this is legit. This is an actual condition and if it wasn't for the like the fact that it also occurs in babies, I still wouldn't be hundred percent convinced. Like the fact that you can have this happen naturally, and it does kind of affect most people, but then it's just for these guys who, the gene suppresses the uh, the production of the enzyme that controls this all and make, prevents it from happening to everyone. You're like, oh my god, what the fuck is going wrong with people in Kentucky? <laughs> it's it's a problem that could only be funny in the southern states of the U.S. Yeah. If this is happening in Canada, be like, there's some Eskimos with some serious problems. We need a fundraiser now. <laughs> happening in get, get uh, Jimmy Buffett out there. Happens in the Deep South. Fucking hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> happens in the De- Deep South. That's just normal. And that explains why those people need bourbon. So with uh, that in mind, I've been Conrad. I've been Dom Anderson. And we've been talking jibberfish for Almost hours. four
1: hours. <laughs>